whatever. I am on a, a strange planet with my friends, uh, with my friends and colleagues, Brandon T. McClure, Sparks Witty, and Ryan Iliopoulos. We are on a deserted planet with no signs of intelligent life anywhere. Right now, Sparks just opened up the last beer that we have, and I am kind of mad at him for it. It's Baja Blast, actually. Now I'm even more upset because that was the last Baja Blast that I was saving for. We Captain, only had two drinks. Captain, permission to remove Sparks so we can get so we can share the Baja Blast. No, unfortunately, we need that. We need him. He's our uh, he's our science guy, so we we kind of oh. need him. I got a weapon to get the Baja Blast back. We're not going to kill Sparks to get the Baja Blast back. What part of we need him because he's our science guy do you fools not understand? This is too important. I got compressed air. I got a whole case downstairs. He's hoarding! He's hoarding! Can I see that? Look at that. Uh, Oh, that? Okay, that's pretty cool. All right, welcome everyone to episode 280. We have already gone off the rails. Way off the rails. I was trying to do something with the Buzz Lightyear mission log because that's what we're doing. We're talking about Lightyear today. Also, a whole bunch of other news. I've been gone for two weeks, so it's good to be back. And boy, howdy, what did I miss? Um, You know, just the normal shit. We talked about bologna and sandwiches. Did, Hold did on. I miss dinosaurs? I feel like I missed dinosaurs. Hold on. Let me just play the old... Let me play last week's episode for you. We'll, we'll just wait three hours. Okay, three hours later. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Ben, you missed a review of a movie that, I that saw. exists. That it exists. That's there. It's there. Introduce us, Ben. I already did. He did. He, did? he named us in his... Uh, Were you not listening? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought he was... Oh, okay, fine. I'm going to do links now. <laughs> um, it's link time, baby. You're right. I wasn't actually listening to it. Brandon's, Brandon's hitting the grill. He's going he's gonna to put down some links for us. Yeah. Oh, cute. That's Sausage funny. Links. Oh. Okay. Um, just today, actually. Oh, by the way, so there are there are two episodes specifically that should have audio versions. They are not up yet. I've The week got away from me. Today was awful. So they're going up this week. Um, in in defense of the pause menu one, I only dropped it to you like two hours, four hours ago. So and and a normal Sunday that would have been plenty of time to put it up. But, but yes. Um. So, uh, speaking of pause menu, that is the first link in the description. Our basement arcade pause menu, specifically, you guys did a basement arcade pause menu yeah, for did. summer game fest. Hell mm-hmm. yeah, baby! Tons of indie games. Um, a couple big ones. But uh, if you're if you want to see what the next what the hottest games coming out in 2022 and 2023 that probably cost less than thirty dollars, this is the video to watch. <laughs> that's that's linked below. Um, we have a Fake Nerds Watch for Strange New Worlds episode six. Mm-hmm. Yes, six. Yes, sir. The hard one. Um, and uh, Fake Nerds Watch for the boys. Uh, the first four episodes of the boys. Yep, that is now up. The boys that. Very excited. Uh, the boys is great, guys. No secret there. Um, and there's a couple of Jurassic pieces that I want to do in kind of a lead up into this. The first up, uh, Sparks was kind enough to put up, obviously, the Jurassic World Dominion review that we did last week. That is its own separate video. Um, and Sparks did an archive for us uh, for the, the 2018 Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. If you want to hear our initial thoughts, on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, that video is now up on YouTube. Yeah, audio only. Yeah, uh, it's an insane video compared to the fact that Sparks and I also did a discussion. We were the only two who decided to watch all the Jurassic films before Jurassic World Dominion, so we did a discussion. I didn't. I just didn't know we were doing that. <laughs> it wasn't planned. 
we realized we had both done it, so we decided mm-hmm. to talk about him. That makes more sense than what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's the train whistle? That was uh, my house. Okay, I was like, yeah. "Who's going?" Oh, there, I don't I have a wall behind that's the, me, so it's all the door, audio. <laughs> it's that door to the kitchen, the yeah. sliding one. That's what that sound was. Oh, okay, gotcha. This yes, is an I illusionary recall. wall. I recall that door. <laughs> yes, uh, it was an unplanned, impromptu, impromptu uh, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park uh, discussion uh, that we decided to do. So that's there. That was quite a lot of fun. A lot of it was specifically. We, I think I think Sparks and I were, were especially excited to do it because we get to talk about our love, our shared love of the Lost World Jurassic Park. It's true. Um, to the tall grass. Uh, and we also, well, I also talked about my newfound love of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, that is there. And if you want a fun contrast, listen to my very angry thoughts on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in the first video. You listened to that, huh? I did. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Wild. It's not even necessarily that I disagree with myself. It's just it's just weird how like the yeah, edges it's, were shaped down. It's very funny. That's one of the reasons I wanted the audio one up is because Brandon's like hardcore into Fallen Kingdom now. And like I was definitely more favorable, but I'm like I chalked that all almost entirely up to like I knew what I was getting into. Sure. So I was like, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, because of the switch, it's probably still too far. It's probably still too close to it, but maybe like a few more years down the line, I would like to maybe sit down with Brandon and have watch Crimes of Grindelwald just to see if he changes his mind. Ooh, no, uh-uh. Oh, no. No, no, that we, won't no sometimes you just know when things are bad. No. <laughs> No, no, no. I will. I it will. It will be a cold day in hell before I watch another Harry Potter movie. No, sorry, a Fantastic Beast movie. I should say specifically. Yeah. So actually, I want to say a few weeks ago when I forgot what we were recording. It probably was we were when we were recording the main show last time I was on. Fanny watched uh, Secrets of Dumbledore and she fell asleep halfway through. That's all you probably need to know about that movie. Hell yeah. Honestly, I knew everything I needed to know about that movie. Months ago. Did you know that a deer picks the president of the ma- magic? Did you know that there's a president of all of the magical people? Yeah, that's something that was definitely in all of the other Harry Potter things that we watched. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can't wait. do this now. We can't uh, do Honestly, this. I just watched the honest trailers for it. Hold on. Like, wait. A you know deer? Yeah. A deer? It's like Groundhog Day. It's like, it's like yeah, a, a magical deer that Newt's commander finds for for the, the government of magic. There's now a magical president that gets picked by a deer who goes up to you and you're like, you're the guy. I think I think what I want is someone to compile like if they make more of those movies, which I doubt they will. But if they do, I want someone to compile all the facts from those movies that we don't watch, and then just have a recording session where we sit down, someone just reads a list of like, See, is this real or is this not? <laughs> like, that's the that's the thing of like that's the thing of like I, so the deer thing doesn't even doesn't even baffle me all that much because you have to shoe shoehorn in a fantastic be somehow. It's the fact that we've had twenty years of this franchise. And yep. more with the books, and we have never ever heard that there is a singular person that runs every single magical government in the world. And somehow, it's... Grindelwald is now the person who might be it. Yeah, which that's also bullshit because you have the prime minister, minister of magic in England. You but that's the thing. That's the, this guy. This guy that I'm talking about is above them. Yeah, I hate that. I hate He's that like so the president much. of okay. Earth. I, I declare, I declare officially, if they make more of those movies, we're doing the episode where we have not watched them. We're just gonna read facts, man. Yeah, that yes. would be wild. I, yeah. I agree with that because I that. do not want to see another Fantastic Beast movie for the rest of my life. And yet, you were willing to put me through Crimes of Grindelwald again. 
Well, because I've already seen, I knew what I was getting myself into, and it was mostly so I could watch you and your reaction. Uh uh uh. It would still be angry. Anyway, who knows where I'll be in Jurassic World Dominion? Who knows? I don't. I don't think my Dominion opinion will change that drastically. If I'm honest. Yeah. Um. All right. That's that's all the that's all the show links. Yes, that's all the show links. So check out those links. Um, uh, especially the um, Basement Arcade Summer Games Fest and the Jurassic ones. I think those two are particularly awesome, and you should check those out. It's true. Uh, I put a lot of work into that Summer Game Fest one, so I'd appreciate if somebody watched it. I, yeah. was, I was about to say that Ryan mm-hmm. did good producing for that one. He did. And it's in full glorious HD quality, which this is not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> real quickly, uh, Grayson, if, ben, if you could take a look at the chat real quick. All just right, the so first one. Just the first Grayson. one, not the second one. Just the first one. Isn't the scary Thomas the Tank Engine? I want to bring that up. Is that out yet? No, no. no. But we did talk about it in the pause menu, and Ben is very afraid, and we cool. are and very excited. Also, peeking behind, peeking behind the curtain a little bit, today I met up with Grayson, and we recorded some more Super Mario 3D World, and I mentioned to him about this game, and he was all like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, not into it. He's like, oh, but it sounds so fun. I'm like, no, no, it does not. Choo-choo, Charles. Check it out. Speaking of Grayson, there are two episodes for Super Mario 3D World uh, in the description below. 37 and 38 Yep, are there, Ben? That's there. Yep, they're there. We're still going through. I totally forgot what we were talking about in both those episodes because we recorded those a while ago. Uh, I did too, and I watched them this week. I apologize. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, so yeah, you, though, really there was it. jumping and wahoos! There was. Yeah. There was a lot of jumping, a lot of wahoos. There was a lot of frustration, but that could have oh, been last week because of the no, lava I, level. Yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about because one of them's a speed was you have like these pads where they instantly force you into a run and you can't control very well while you're in said run. Yeah, and- that <laughs> one. That one was hell to watch, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. As Grayson says, a lot of death perception issues. Okay, look at look at look at me. Look at me, Grayson. I don't buy it. <laughs> make your excuses make your excuses i'm kidding um yeah so that's in the description below ben you also have a big announcement this week oh yeah I do your old school gamer magazine uh, uh i won't say the announcement but the old school gamer magazine uh you can buy a subscription i've linked the purchase link below because this is my this uh issue right here issue number 28 <laughs> issue number oh shit <laughs> issue number 28 has my first ever uh published american article very cool so sir congratulations hell yeah i want to show it's, you probably won't show up but there's there's my picture right there it's your Look mega man your little mega man audio yeah. listeners it's him as mega man yeah it's me and my mega man hello when they first found saw that picture i forgot what i was using it for they thought it was awesome and hilarious and they thought that the zelda cart i was holding up was actually a beer mug <laughs> they're like yeah pull up the one with you and the beard it's like it's a it's a zelda cartridge but okay do you want to say anything about the article's contents yes i do um it is an art it is actually an interview so it's not just like one of my normal fusion or my osg blog posts it's an actual one-on-one interview with a gentleman by the name of gunther vinson when i was introduced to him my editor of the magazine essentially described him as the AutoZone for arcade parts because he not only orders spare parts from Arcade 1-Up, iArcade, and App Games, but he also has a bunch of 3D printers and prints his own. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, so he prints parts for arcades. So, like, um, he prints... Um, uh, one of the things he prints is, like, certain um, uh, four-directional 
uh, four directions for your joystick so it doesn't go in a full circle it only goes up down left and right and also something i thought was really nice he even 3d prints um cases and uh, displays for the nintendo game and watches the newer ones the zelda and the mario one because he saw the zelda one which is made out of cardboard the mine's fine it's 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 still working and it's not like you know crumbled up or anything but he saw that it was made of cardboard and he's like no i can do better because when this first came out the mario one it didn't have a display case the zelda one does but still it's only made out of cardboard so he 3d prints one and it's in the same color scheme of the unit and it's really really cool that's like, I didn't even consider because like 3D printing has so many uh, so many avenues mm-hmm. you can go. I didn't even consider like making parts for machines that don't like that aren't aren't popular or like new anymore. That's brilliant. That is such a, a good yeah. niche market to be in. Yeah. So if you have like a, a, a arcade one up, you know, like those custom arcade cat or no, not those custom ones, but those smaller arcade cabinets that are a lot more affordable than a real one. Yeah. Say like a button goes missing or something happens and and a button gets broken, you can buy a replacement part from him. Probably or- cheaper too. Probably. And also um, on certain arcade cabinets, you can even put speakers. You can have like a, you can put 3D print stuff to go over the speaker. So it's a little more customized. That's awesome. I got to tell you, if I had a 3D printer, I would just make, I would just be printing out life-size Lego things. Yeah. I would have a hundred different Evangelion figures. (laughs) Right. I saw, so there's this cosplayer I follow and she 3D printed, um, Mira's sword from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, it's it's a crazy RPG, crazy sword design. Um, uh, Ryan, you might know her because she's uh, Pure and Mira from Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the one. Right now. She's the one in white. Yeah, she 3D printed the whole sword, painted it, sanded it, and it looks absolutely stunning. If I had a 3D printer, I would be 3D printing all my favorite video game weapons all day, every day. Absolutely. Well, Ben, congratulations on the published article. I'm really Thank happy you. for you. Really proud of you. Thank you um ryan hey your youtube channel is linked below once again it is i did something this week i played and finished asura's wrath which is just one of the most incredible original action games ever played in my life i played it 10 years ago but now as like an adult and i have so much more of an appreciation for anime and dragon ball z and all these other things like it wears its it wears its its inspirations on its sleeve and it's just so well done because it's basically just like a long it's like a six hour anime with button improvs with uh and there's some uh there's some um uh what's it called like uh God, like like a uh, brawling, just something like brawling you do, but it's mostly cutscenes, like a Telltale game. Um, but it's just such a great time, and it turns out I beat the game, and then it says, "Oh, you beat the game, but you didn't get the secret true ending." And I'm like, "Well, how do I get the secret true ending?" He's like, "Well, you have to get S rank in over five missions." And I was like, "Oh, I clearly did that, and I did it in four missions." And I'm like, oh. "God damn it!" So now I have to go back. I'm gonna play one easy mission so I can unlock it, so I can get the true ending because I don't know what that means. What does that mean? That's pretty great. <laughs> it's anime stuff. What, check does out, what does it mean? Check out those uh, linked below. Um, and then once again, my screen rant work is linked below. Um, I've There are three articles that were published this week. Um, two of them are Jurassic World ones. One of them is a reference, like some references from Jurassic World Dominion. Um, I miss, I think I missed my favorite one, which, you know, whatever. Unless it's useless anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I have a nine best new dinosaurs from Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, which I was pretty happy to get um, and happy to realize that there were more than five new dinosaurs in that movie. Um, But I got to talk about uh, how disappointing the the Giganotosaurus was and how cool the Therizinosaurus was. Uh, So that was fun. Xenosaurus is the one with the super long claws, right? Therizinosaurus. Therizinosaurus. And yes, it's the one with the long claws. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that dinosaur a lot. He's he's in, uh, you should check a prehistoric planet because he's in that. 
Does he look better or worse? About the same. Or, or I mean, the, the design looks the same. Okay. Yeah, it's the same. Cool. Um, she, the, she in because the context of Jurassic World Dominion, she's supposed to be like a pure dinosaur, whereas others aren't. So she's supposed to look like how she did back then. Okay, so cool. it matched up very well with the prehistoric planet version. Awesome. Um, and I apologize. I'll, I was just I was just distracted because I realized that I forgot to link Brandon's and Dominus Rex article in one of the videos, and I just did it. Oh. That's not linked below, but that will be linked below in the videos momentarily. Yeah. Um, and I have a light year video, uh, not video. You got me all mixed up. This is the light year video. <laughs> I have a light year list uh, about all the voice actors who have voiced Buzz Lightyear in uh, the American films uh, and video games. And there have been surprising, uh, a surprising amount of them. I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I was able to get. Are you telling me? Sticks. Are you telling me Tim Allen has not been the only Buzz Lightyear our entire life? Is that what you're telling me? People need to relax? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. But who uh, voiced him in Kingdom Hearts 3? Uh, I forgot the guy's name. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Tim <laughs> Allen. Tim Allen does do some of the shorts, though. Um, but there is a guy. Oh, well, yeah. They, yeah. But not all the shorts. There's a, Specifically, he didn't do the, the original short films. Yeah, uh, for Toy Story, hmm. uh, that was someone else. And then there's like other, you know how like Tom Hanks, his brother, does Woody whenever it's not Tom Hanks. There's a version of that for Buzz Lightyear. Interesting. Okay. Is uh, it which is the one in Kingdom Hearts? Is it Bob Allen? I was gonna Ben. ben <laughs> I was one second away. <laughs> um, and you know what's really great is I get to talk about Patrick Warburton's performance in Buzz Lightyear Star Command. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's all my screen right work that happened this week. Um, but my final, the final link in the description is also the, the only other thing I published this week, which is a, uh, which is number 36. Yeah, 36 for revisiting the Infinity Saga, my series, uh, talking about the 50, what I believe are the 50th greatest moments of the MCU. I always knew I was going to fudge this one, and I, I figured I'd do it sooner rather than later. And I just did Stan Lee. <laughs> so instead of talking about one moment, I talked about 23 moments. Um, and I talked to talk about like how important Stanley was to the MCU's early success, how fun it became to see him, and how much you know his presence is missed. It was because after reading your article, I would definitely say it was always a happy moment in the in any Marvel film, no matter what it was, to see the Stanley cameo because it was always something that just popped up out of nowhere. You never knew when it was going to happen, but you knew it was going to be in there. And like part of the fun of going to see a brand new Marvel film, especially in the early days was where is Stan going to be? You got to keep an open eye out for Stan. And when he, ever he pops up, it's like, so good. What were you going to say, Ryan? Oh, oh, I, I already forgot it. Oh, okay. it, it literally was not important. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, that was, that was fun um, to write about. It's a little shorter than I, I could probably make a longer version if I really, if I really set out to do, but I wanted this one to be like kind of short and sweet. So um, I'm, 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 I've been toying with maybe making longer versions of them, of these things for my blog. I don't know if I'm going to do it yet. Cause I, I got to write this thing first, but I don't know. We'll see. Can That's a little... Max comment real quick. Yeah. 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 I was going to pull it up. No worries. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Just saw the thing from 1982 for its 40th anniversary today in theaters. Ryan. Most, Hero. most jealous I've ever been anyone of my life right now. Um, all right. That's all the links below. Check them out. Have a good time. We certainly did. Who wants to go first of the week? I'll start. Go on. 
So I talked about last week watching Chernobyl, and I watched the first four episodes of Chernobyl, and I expected that to be, you know, a six, eight, ten episode series. Uh, I had only one episode left. It's a five. It was a five episode miniseries. Um, it ends incredibly strong. Uh, the final episode is a trial of the people who who the people who were um, who made the mistake in Chernobyl who let it happen. Um, and it's it is so harrowing because it's the real life account of the trial. So all that shit is the real stuff that they presented and said. And like, when you put like a side-by-side -side of all the people, like a lot of them look really similar to the real people, which is always fun when you get actors who are really good, but also look like the people that are playing. Um, whether it's a mix of uh, special effects, uh, prosthetics or not. Um, just again, like that, that being a real thing that happened and seeing like how Russia handled it and how the government handled it and just the way that they killed their own people to cover up something um it's really crazy it's a really crazy thing um in the last 15 minutes of the episode you know how like at the end of movies they'll be like oh johnny went and played football and did this and like it's all the real life accounts of every single person and everything that happened over the next 30 years since the event happened uh and it's tragic this is not a happy story everyone died early everyone got sick from it it's just uh the thing that's like uh, it's just so well made. It's just it's an incredible, incredible show. And again, I watched it because uh, the again, this is maybe someone's first podcast listening. These people who made Chernobyl are making The Last of Us show, uh, and I am two hundred percent. I believe that show is going to be incredible. Um, if it's half the show Chernobyl is, uh, it's going to be it's going to win awards like no doubt. Like it's just it's so meticulously expertly made. Like I can't. There are very few TV shows that are like so precise in what it's trying to do and make you feel a certain way. And it's bad. It makes you feel bad. That's what it's doing. Uh, but it's it's so well done. Um, and that put me in a really sad mood. So I changed it up and I started watching One Punch Man uh, because um, there is a podcast on Giant Bob called Jeff Jeff's Bizarre Adventure. And they're doing a recap of the JoJo Bizarre Adventure TV show. So I started to watch that. But they also just started a One Punch Man rewatch show. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to start that too, I guess. So I started to rewatch One Punch Man. And it's been six years, five or six years since I watched that show. So my memory of it, it's very bad. Because, you know, I consume so much t uh, entertainment over the last six years, literally hundreds of things. Like, I remember the big stuff, not the minute stuff. I love One Punch Man, y'all. Who here has seen One Punch Man? Ben, have you seen it? Okay. You you, you need to watch the show, my guy. Um, We have news about One Punch Man actually coming up soon, which is really cool. Um, That is one of the most... Uh, it's just so fun, and the premise is so good. He is, he is the strongest person on the planet. He is so bored. He's a hero for fun. Like, he's sleeping until something, like, destroys his house. He's like, well, I guess I'll take care of it now. Um, it's just, the characters are so fun, and the more I get involved with it, like, the more I realize, like, this is a this is a show about the universe, and it's not really even, like, about him. Like, it's about him, but, like, he's just, like, going through the life. I'm like, I'm just a dude living life. And, like, there's so many other characters and everything's a 10 out of 10, and he's like at a 1 out of 10. And I love that every time he meets a villain, the villain's like, this is my backstory. It's the craziest thing ever. And then this, he just kills the villain instantly. Like, instantly. There'll be a four-minute monologue, and then he gets killed instantly. And that's like that for every single episode. And it's just like, it's so crazy to have your main protagonist be like the quote-unquote weakest part of the show. But that's by design. Um, it's just so fascinating. I, I, it's such a interesting take on having a main protagonist like Mary Sue character. Um, cause he's just bored out of his mind half the time. Cause nothing's ever a challenge to him. Uh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, and then I finished Asura's Wrath and I'm sure I did way more than the last thing I did, but, um, I started a hype train y'all and I got all of you to watch a great movie called RRR. Um, I'm not, I'm sure it wasn't me, but I'm sure it was definitely, no, it was definitely me. Um, <laughs> That movie, and we can have a quick little discussion here, y'all. Um, it's like the highest grossing Indian movie ever made. It's also like the most expensive, but like it was only $70 million, which is not a lot of money in terms of like blockbuster stuff. Um, 
uh, that top ten list, y'all, is getting getting cemented more and more every time a week goes by. I saw that. I I I also, as Ryan alluded to, I also watched RRR. Yes. Um, and I told Sparks about this the, the, because I saw you the next day, Sparks. I said the like, you know, that top ten list is gonna be real wrong. <laughs> the one that I the one that I said on the on the anniversary special. I mean, just like RRR is a three hour epic drama comedy musical action adventure movie and i could say all those words because uh indian movies tend to be long and they tend to be every genre possible because they're just trying to tell a complete story in any way they need to um rrr takes place in the 1940s during uh during the partition when uh colonialism is rampant in 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 india and it's about a freedom fighter and and an indian cop who end up joining forces to take them down and I know you also watch the Sparks. Um, it's it's there's so much hype behind this movie, and no amount of hype can prepare you for this movie. Like truly, it is it is one of the most accomplished action movies, while also being a funny romantic dramedy with real stakes, with real drama, while also having Dragon Ball Z fights at times. Like it's it's like one of a kind. It's truly one of a kind. Oh, yeah, bad. it's like it's it's one of the best anime adaptations of no anime. Yeah, ever, that's ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben, have you seen anything from? Because I'm sure I know you didn't watch the movie. Have you seen anything from RRR? I've seen. I want to say two clips from Ryan's Twitter. <laughs> yeah. The first, Very the good. first one being where I think they're doing like a square dancing battle. I don't okay, know. no. So what happened? What so what happens is so oftentimes <clears throat> Bollywood and Tollywood films are musicals. Um, uh, it started because they just really loved American musicals and they wanted to make them all the time. And that's just kind of become tradition after a while. I'm mm-hmm. guessing you watched Patrick Williams video, Brandon. Oh no, I dated, I dated a, a, Oh no, no. I'm just asking as well, because like he put up a video about it. So I just assumed you would have watched it. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. No. Cool. Um, but I, I, um, my ex and actually my current girlfriend, they told me like a lot of the history of, of that sort of, the, of that sort of, of that sort of thing. Love but it. so it's not a, it's not a square dancing thing. What's happening. It's a, it's a dance battle. A and, dance and I was, I was kind of sitting there going like, yeah, oh, this is really good. Yeah, this is really good. This is really good. And the dance battle started. I was like, this is the greatest movie ever. <laughs> and then it just never stopped being the greatest movie ever. It's the uh... other clip, the other clip I saw that really piqued my interest was one dude on another dude's shoulders and the dude on the dude's shoulders yeah. has two rifles and he's just like shooting. I'm like, it's, this is straight out of an anime. It's live Rom action anime. Is, yeah. Rom is very attractive. So it's the hot, they're all hot. Everyone in that movie is attractive. <laughs> but Rom so you, especially show, I must yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So you have definitely piqued my interest with RRR. And then the fact that all three of you saw it, I'm like, oh man, I missed out. Actually, Sparks and I watched it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we watched it at the same time, but not in the same location. That's yeah. Funny. That was funny. Would you, would you want to say something sparks about RRR? I I mean like what can be said at this point yeah. right like uh, it's it, it should be seen um, it, yeah. I had a wonderful experience watching it uh, completely um, I, I, will, I, I would not be shocked if we end up doing a special talking about it I don't know that we'll be able to help ourselves I legitimately watched it this week and I already want to rewatch it because uh, three hours is a long time. <laughs> I had the whole thing on earlier today yeah. while I was editing. It was on in the background. Um, and uh, initially, and, and a lot of people uh, uh, that I saw online, initially, because it's on Netflix, but it's not in its original Telugu language. It's in Hindi. Um, 
I wasn't going to watch it until somebody on Twitter told me the original actors dubbed their own lines in Hindi. So all of the actors are doing their own lines. Um, and I was like, oh, then I have no reason not to watch it. It's yeah. It's, yeah. So um, it, it uh, is. It's incredible. It's it's still worth doing. I do want to see like the the actual audio yeah. of their their performances because it does sound um th- there's a cannedness to it in in the mix uh, against the um, sound effects. Yeah, makes it just it doesn't sound like they I can hear that they're in a studio sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I and I don't want to hear that. I want I, it does. It is noticeable. Um, and I, I want to hear the original track. It doesn't mean like don't watch the movie because of that. Like absolutely watch the movie. But I'm definitely itching to hear like the original audio without that that can sound to it. I absolutely yeah. I agree. I, uh, I I agree with that as well. Um, Ray Stevenson is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Volstag himself. That was the be- fun. The best Punisher um yeah yeah man that that movie it's 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 a bromance it's 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 like it's like an incredible bromance that starts with two people ballet saving a a a kid from a burning lake and then ends with them tossing a motorcycle punching a motorcycle and tossing it uh the it is a bromance uh and i what i love is, is like there's there's no in like an American movie, they would not go as hard as this friendship goes. They no. are immediately like skipping through fields, doing piggyback rides. There's a friendship montage. There's a montage uh, of them. Uh, excuse you. It's an anime intro that comes 40 minutes in. Uh, yeah, be, right. be honest about what it is. That's it's point. also about their friendship, but yeah. it's an the song, anime intro. Yeah. The, the song that's playing is so on the nose. And they play like two brothers who are, who are mortal enemies. Oh. Will this end in bloodshed? It plays yeah. four times in the movie, and each time it's done by a different person. <laughs> uh, there's, there's like no, and this isn't a bad thing. There's no subtlety. Everything, no. everything. It's like theater. It's like watching a live action anime theatrical play, uh, because everyone is at ten. All the emotions are just there. If anyone has something that they're feeling, they just say it. They yeah. just say it, and it's so authentic while also being insane. And that's just like that's their industry and i'm like i'm gonna start little, i'm honestly gonna start watching more indian movies like i when i was a teenager i was such a film nerd and i watched so many movies from other countries and then i i reverted back to mostly american shit but i'm just like god like the world is so big and there's so many different different places that make so many different types of movies and i'm like this opened my eyes i'm like oh my god there's, there's also there's <laughs> to, streaming to be fair it's become a lot it's become a lot easier for us to find foreign films because it's they're true. getting much bigger distributions now it's true can i go now Braden? yes Okay, there's a streaming service for that those films that's uh, where you can get the original. It's the only way to stream the original language for this film. Uh, it just costs 30 a month, which is steep. That's why I haven't done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what I really loved about the movie is how hard it went. It's just it just as Ryan said it it's a 10 and it doesn't it doesn't ramp up to a 10. It starts at a 10 and then ramps up from there. Oh, um cool. I, I I don't think it's far-fetched to say we'll do a review special. So I don't know, Ben, get on it. There's one, there's one thing that I wanted to, Oh yes. Um, not necessarily about the movie, but, but just kind of my final thing on, I, because of who I dated in the past, my ex specifically showed me a lot of Bollywood romantic comedies. Uh, she really loved romantic comedies. I also really liked them. They're a lot of fun. There's this one actor that I really, that I really liked in them. Um, like not to, not to diss on them, uh, but because of who she was, she never introduced me to like the action film. So I've always been very eager to watch an Indian action film because I know how hard they often go. Yeah. And I'm really glad I finally got to see one and I'm going to start searching for more. 
Um, the the director of this movie's previous work is also on Netflix because like the thing that made him so big, he made these two uh, like other epics about this one like this one like Indian folklore uh, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so like yeah, it, I I just love being awakened to like an entirely like new thing, and I'm like, oh, this has been here the whole time. This is so great. Not just awakened, but see, just seeing such such a such a great and cool badass movie. And the scale just, of it, the scale oh. of it is huge. And it's like, there's obviously CGI, but like not with the people. There are truly hundreds and hundreds of extras in this movie. Yeah. The opening action scenes, a dude fighting 500 people at once, almost <laughs> like it's it's so stupid. It's, so, it's incredible. I, I adored this film. Yeah, uh, I I'm so glad it is like one of the biggest movies of the year, just a, 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 world, worldwide. Um, that's got such acclaim because like when movies like when movies from other countries can break out and do that, it's like it's really special that everyone gets to enjoy that. Did you hear that the two the two main characters of this have never actually never actually met in real life? Yeah. Uh, um. Oh, you mean the the people they're based on? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're decades apart. Yeah. Um, I think that's very funny. Yeah. Uh, it is a cool way of having two different revolutionary heroes combine into a like. It's an origin story of of revolution. It is cool. Um, Making them so such good friends. uh, Then the betrayal. Um, The last thing I did, which I I glad I remembered, was I watched two more episodes of Arcane. So now I'm at the point where things... Now Mm. I understand what you guys are talking about. That stuff happens. Because at the end of episode three, I was definitely crying. Uh, Really compelling stuff. Uh, I liked episode one a lot, but really by the time I got to episode three... um, there's this one part, and it's the, it's the end of the episode, um, when Powder is like, don't leave me, and she's crying. And, like, the animation, it's so good. It mm-hmm. almost, there's a point where it almost looks like real for half a second of this girl crying. And I'm like, god damn him. Damn. <laughs> this is this is so good. The animation, it's like, it really might be, like, the most, the, like, like the best animated thing ever. Like, it's <laughs> it's it's incredible. And I'm only at the point now, more stuff's going to happen. And, like, characters, like, betray, and characters die. And I'm just like... I don't even know what to expect for the next episode. And that's really exciting. Um, uh, so glad that second season is coming in 2029. Can't wait for it. I, I'm thrilled that you're here, man. Me too. I wish I came earlier, but you know, too much stuff in the world. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I played 30 minutes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Nice. Uh, I only wanted to play a taste of it because I eventually I do want to play with people. But that game is wow. exceptional. Yeah. Who else? I'll, I'll go. Next. Go ahead. I will. I will take that baton, and I will tell you, friends, that my summer of anime continues. Um, I watched more of that time. I got reincarnated as a slime. Uh, I finished the first season of Mob Psycho 100 and started the second. And I do want to touch on this because Ryan was talking about One Punch Man. Mob Psycho 100 is from the same author as One Punch Man. One Punch Man is great. One Punch Man is a wonderful, wonderful story. And to the author, that's when he was joking around. This is the story he really wants to be telling. So One Punch Man is great because One Punch Man is a satire on Shonen. This is a story in itself. So it has its own world, its own fully fleshed out character. It's not parroting anything. It's telling its own story. Um, But the main character has a similar thing of essentially being like unstoppably powerful. Um. And the, the like thesis statement that, that the author one uh, is chasing between both stories is that having the ultimate power in the universe does not mean you're happy. Mm-hmm. And that neither of the main characters are in pursuit of that as their thing. Um, and Mob Psycho 100 is doing that beautifully. Um, wonderful characters, 
really just incredible finale i i texted ryan specifically because i was like you got you got to get on mob psycho 100 because the finale is like tailor-made to ryan's tastes but i think everybody would enjoy it um what a what a show i'm very happy to be in season two of it uh i i really won't say much more because i think it's best to just go in and experience it i watched Um, i watched the trailer uh i absolutely i see yeah it's the same guy who made one punch man yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. uh the the animation is incredible the animation Mm -hmm. stays incredible between seasons one and two unlike um one punch man one punch man unfortunately it's season two got handed off to a different studio i never Uh, watched it because i heard it was bad it's it's not bad it's just visually the story is still the story and the story is still good it's just visually not as dynamic and well made visually as the first season okay mob psycho 100 actually gets better in its second season um with animation uh but that's a different studio doing it Uh, i started showing michael godzilla singular point because i was trying to share back with him about anime that he might like there's fun stuff there so we've been watching some of that um and you gonna talk about that's that's all the anime things um but i did watch uh i did watch a film that was about two uh brotherly figures that find themselves on opposing sides of a conflict and they they are drawn to each other and they find kindred spirits within each other but um they they end up uh having to forge themselves against their ultimate enemy and uh borderline romantically clinging to each other um and it's not rrr but it's basically rrr and it's promare uh from studio trigger um uh, by Uma Yushi, who does uh, Pill a Kill and Gurren Lagann. And Promare is incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, Brandon man. and I watched Promare uh, for the first time this weekend. I, I, so I'm sure this happens to you, Ryan. When you get high, art hits you different. It Bro, why do you think I'm always you. high? <laughs> yeah, like, it, like I mean, it, it, it becomes part of you. It wraps you in a blanket and, mm-hmm. and it, and it, 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 it infects you. It elevates. And I, we should not have watched, we should not have watched Promare when I was high. This is my God. There was halfway through the movie sparks. Do you remember? I had, we had to pause it because I was crying. Mm-hmm. That's some good, that's, that's the good shit. It was so, it's so Is it, is it, what is it on? Uh, I had it on Blu-ray. So okay. that's how we watched it. Okay. Um, I recommend high, watching it in the high de- highest definition possible. It's a 2019 film. This is also one I suspect Brandon and I will want to talk about somewhere in the near future. Didn't we plan uh, on it a while ago? We I did, we did. Uh, and and now I pulled the trigger. Um, I, oh. I, I will happily say like, uh, should you guys be able to watch it's, Premiere? It's on HBO Max. Well, there we go. <gasps> Uh, so, uh, Promare, um, I will only tell you the setup, which is that in uh, the world, um, there are people who are considered mutants. What has happened is that a geometric blue and purple fire that uh, forms in triangles has awoken inside of them, and they are called the Burnished. And the world blames them for being what they are and for burning things. And uh, so... Um, years go by and they develop a society that is uh focused on handling the burnished when they appear and that means that they prioritize really intense intense firefighters uh Mm -hmm. and that's that's where our opening heroes show up so uh promare much like rrr it starts at a 10 and goes from there yeah Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of similar emotional stuff going on between promare and rrr i'm not 
they made not... they made they made good both Brandon and I watched RRR one night and the next thing we watched was Promare and they companion pieced very well. Nice. Like a like a fine wine pairing with a fine meal. I would oh. I would love to watch Promare again. I would love to discuss it with y'all in the future. Easy that might one. happen. I'm it not... might happen with RRR. Who knows? I, I... I'm exaggerating because I'm exaggerating only because I am high now, but I was high when I watched it, but I am not kidding you when I say that I was sobbing by the end of that movie. Not because of the, obviously the emotions and all of Trigger, especially uh, the director's stuff goes very hard. That's kind of a staple of what I've come to love of them, but just the beautiful visuals and how the, how the story escalated. I'm in love guys. You know, when a movie changes your life, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. That's Promare. Hell yeah. Um, I also watched Miss Marvel, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and The Boys. Yes. I won't really say anything about them because Same. we are making Fake Nerds Watch specials, so <laughs> await those. Uh, Miss Marvel will drop soon, so you'll hear our thoughts on the first two episodes very soon. Um, Brandon and I also showed Shin Godzilla to our friend Michael, so I rewatched that. Great film. Excellent movie. Uh, and Strange New Worlds, I watched this week's episode. Really enjoyed it. Still, still like that show. Highly recommend. Yeah, I really want to talk to you about that ending. Oh, do you? Yeah. Am I invited? Well, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. But you could just talk to me about it too. Like, oh, sure. It's a, it's a big reveal that I then to for anybody. It's a bit pretty big reveal for anybody who doesn't who like has been following the show and is not sure where the direction was going. Well, it's a toilet. It's something that I, I was, I was shocked but really excited to see. Okay. Solid. Um. Yeah. And the last thing I'll bring up is just that uh, I did get to play a little bit of gaming, and the gaming was Aliens Fireteam Elite, which I thoroughly oh. enjoyed. And oh. there's there's a video coming in the near-ish future. I was very I excited. Too. I was very excited that we finally that we finally got to go back to Fireteam Elite. Me too. That level design is excellent. Top notch. Yeah. All right. Is that all, Sparks? That is. Why not, Ben? You want to go next, or should I? I mean, you can go. You can go next. I got a pretty long one. All right. Considering mine has already, <laughs> considering like half of mine has already been done, um, I'll go next. Uh, as Spark said, Shin Godzilla. We mentioned RR. Great film. Love that movie. One of the best of the year. One of my favorites of the year. Promare. One of my favorites ever. In love with that movie. Um, Strange New Worlds. Great episode. Some of the other things I did are um, I read, I finished The Mighty Thor, which is the entire Jane Foster run. Um, so now Jane Foster is no longer Thor again. Spoiler alert, doesn't happen by the end of the book. Mangog? Man, so the Mangog arc, yeah. That guy's goofy. I love him. <laughs> I, that was an excellent, excellent arc, arc. And the ending for Jane Foster, there's some, one of the things I really love about, I don't know if I've mentioned too much about this, but like, one of the things I really love about Jason Aaron's Thor is much like I've been saying with like RR and Premier, like it's always big. It's mm. always grand. They don't do anything subtle. It's all big and bombastic and everything. Everything is the biggest thing ever happening. Mm. And I think that, I think that really works really well because obviously that's the character of Thor. You need to, you need to have something like that. And so, and, but the way it's handled is, is in such an emotional way. It's very cool. The stuff with Jane Foster, it took me a bit to clue into it, what it was actually about, but it's about what, what Jason Aaron's whole run is, is, has always been about, which is what it means to be a God and what it means to be worthy of being a God, not just, and that's being done through Jane Foster being worthy of Mjolnir and Thor not. Um, and so he goes through this whole thing of like, 
well, what does it mean to be? What does it mean to be worthy of Mjolnir? And by extension, what does it mean to be a god? What does it mean to be worthy of the people who worship us? Great stuff, great storytelling. The ending had me crying. There's an excellent scene with Odin and Thor on the moon with the with the god of all storms, the mother storm that was once inside Mjolnir, and beautiful moment had me in tears. Love it. Uh, and then I started Thor, which is the finale of Aaron's run. I'm, I'm in the home stretch now. Odinson is back to being Thor, and he's got a bunch of hammers, and he's in hell with his brother. Um, and brother, it's it's great because Tyr, Od- Tyr, Thor, Balder, and Loki, and Loki are all in hell, and Tyr's like, ah, oh, the Odinson brothers are back again, and it's really cute. Reunion. And he's got this big mustache that Loki threatens to cut off. He's like, not the mustache. <laughs> Um, Hela is trying to take back Hell from Baldur. Uh, all the while, the War of the Realms is happening in the background, and Malekith is being a real son of a bitch. Yo, Spider Man rides a Pegasus in that in that in, in that Italian. I'm excited for that. Hell yeah! Um, so that's that's all the Thor I've read this week. I probably would have gotten through more, but I decided to read Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. If there's anything I've really liked about Obi Wan Kenobi, it's how it's handled Darth Vader. Um, I really do love seeing this version of Vader. It's a lot of fun for me. And so I was like, there's a comic I haven't read about it. So I decided to read that comic. It's Charles Souls. Um, I have it actually here so I can say that the writer, uh, the, the, the um, Giuseppe Camoncoli yep. um, is the artist. And so this is the third volume. I only read the first two volumes, which is the, the one where he gets his lightsaber, where he like uh, hunts down a Jedi to get his to bleed the kyber crystal and create a new lightsaber. Um, and then the one that introduces the Inquisitors and um, he has to fight Jocasta New. Jocasta New, I, I said the picture, he's got, she's got like a gun from the High Republic that you put your lightsaber in and like shoots like lightsaber blast. It's awesome. It's very cool. Um, great book. Um, Ryan, you said this to me um, or Spark said this to me and you agreed. That there's been no bad Darth Vader comic. Oh, yeah, there hasn't been. Yeah. Honestly, there's been very few bad Star Wars comics, which is insane considering how much there there have been so many Star Wars comics. Yeah. But like the Han Solo one and Chewbacca ones are good. Like the Lando ones good. Like the La- like they're all they're all quality. It's it's kind of incredible. Yeah, uh, I really like this run of, of Darth Vader. It's this is for those of you who don't know, this is uh, pre A New Hope, post Revenge of the Sith, really close to Revenge of the Sith. So we're seeing the Empire build. There's some Bad Batch crossover happening, which I kind of like. Um, and you're seeing Darth Vader um, kind of come into his own as Darth Vader. There's a whole bit where he's like, I feel uncomfortable. He like he feels uncomfortable in the suit and then he has to he, like rebuilds it in a different way. Makes it his um, own. Really great stuff. Really liking how that how that ties into the larger Star Wars universe, especially the one we're watching now. Um, uh, especially like how he's like he wants Obi-Wan like he, he longs for Obi-Wan to finish the job at this point. He wants Obi-Wan to kill him. Uh, so much so that he like fantasizes about it sometimes. Great. Um, so it's really cool watching like the Bad Batch and Obi Wan seeing how that tied in. Yeah. Speaking of, I finished the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished the first season of the Bad Batch, so all sixteen episodes. I really liked it. The last three episodes are excellent. Uh, Sparks, you haven't finished it yet, right? Nope. Uh, no spoilers, obviously. Um, but there's some really great emotional work happening in in those in those episodes. The, the the team really comes into their own um awesome awesome work awesome writing um 
really really ended up delivering a solid show and i can't wait for the second season very good um i finished marvelous miss and mazel won't speak too much about that other than to say it's a very funny show might this might have been the funniest season there's a great button on at, at the end where lenny bruce is just like you have to you have to do this because i believe in you because she's been being a brat the whole season um but it's very funny very relatable um I'm really, I really enjoy that show. The la- the next season is its last. That's kind of a bummer, but I can see how they grab it up. Um, I watched. We talked a bit about this when the trailer dropped, but Constantine, House of Mystery. Um, that's the Constantine short film that is set after Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that was really cool. I do wish it was longer. It's only about thirty minutes. I mean, I knew it was a short, but I, I thought it might have been like 45 or something. But um, it's got some really cool lessons about John and what it says about John. And then a lot of implications that lead me to believe that, one, I don't think Matt Ryan is done playing Constantine, at least not in animation. Um, and two, I don't think the two universes, the one that currently is going and the one that has been before, the one that we watched all those movies for, are as disconnected as we once thought. And I think that this 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 teases a pretty cool and surprising direction for the current run of movies. Interesting. Um, I hope that is. I hope that's how it goes. Um, and if so, I think this is going to be really cool. All right. They could fumble it though. Um. Okay, I watched the Black Phone. I did a pre-screening. There was a pre-screening, like investor screening at, at AMC, and so we got to see the Black Phone. I'm not going to say too much about it because I think you all are going to really like it, and we should review it next week. Um, I, I it's an excellent movie. It might be Scott Derrickson's best, in my opinion, and that's all I'm going to say on that. I was looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I watched the newest episode of the Orville. I have been really struggling with the Orville ever since it triggered me in the first episode. I don't think I mentioned too much about the first episode, but the way it handles suicide has been, no, you, you did. We talked yeah. about it. So the, the second episode, I wasn't crazy about either. And I feel like it might've been just been like residual. Like I was afraid to watch this episode because of <laughs> what happened in the first episode. Um, but then I realized that kind of what I was missing is I was expecting, you know, the Orville to come back, but the Orville has been pretty heavy this season. And I wasn't, and it, it felt jarring because the Orville was kind of like Star Trek's more lighthearted brother. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it's not outright a comedy anymore, but it was, it was definitely more of a kind of swashbuckling adventure story. And the first two episodes did not showcase that. They've showcased very hard, very, very emotional things. Third episode was a little bit more what I wanted to see, and I really like the third episode. That's the episode that just dropped this week, this past week. Um, there's some really fun sci-fi stuff. There's some pretty cool implications for like the the longevity of the show, um, and the show itself. Much more the kind of thing I was looking for, and I'm really happy that we finally at least got an episode to kind of reorient me back to the Orville. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, and then finally, I beat Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Do-do-do-do. Um, I just beat all the story missions. I, I, I did, uh, episodes one through nine. This is actually the second time I've technically seen nine. I've not seen it since theaters. Mm-hmm. 
So it's really funny to be like, oh, I don't remember this at all, playing through that level. Uh, very fun. It's a very fun game. It's got some excellent gameplay. There's some really, it's some big levels and some cool level design. Um, uh, really enjoying just doing free play now, galactic free play, just going around planets. Uh, the space travel is fun. The lightsaber battle is fun. The combat is great. Voice acting is great. Really like that Han Solo, you guys. That's a that's an excellent Han Solo voice actor. Um, yeah, that's all my week. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. <clears throat> so my weeks, I should say, uh, as you guys said last week very gracefully, I was gone due to uh, mental health reasons. A lot of shit went down last week, and I just needed a break, so I just unplugged and de-stressed. And by de-stressing, you, I you hit pause and just chilled. Half of that's yeah. true. <laughs> Half of that is true because, lordy, I played a lot of Elden Ring. I mm. think I played some Elden Ring with Ryan. I know I played some Elden Ring with Grayson. And, yeah, still a fantastic game. Absolutely love it. Uh, the big thing that happened this week was that it was me, mine, and Fanny's eight-year anniversary. Woo! So to celebrate, we went to Disneyland. And this was my first time going back to Disneyland since the pandemic happened. And I mean Disneyland proper, not California Adventure, because we went to DCA last year. And I missed it. I had fun. I had a blast. But bloody hell do I miss Fast Passes. <laughs> I miss those so much. So I didn't buy the, the Genie Plus. I didn't um, do any of that. And also, it, was, it, it became a pretty busy day. We got inside the park, I want to say, around 8.45-ish. I mean, there were some long lines to be expected, even early in the morning, a lot of the early risers. But the second 11 o'clock hit, it just, all the lines just skyrocketed. I'm talking, it was like over 200 minutes for Space Mountain at one point. Oh. It, and this is according to the app, so it may be exaggerating a little bit. But, I mean, Rise was circling the 190-minute range pretty much the whole day it was up. Man, that's uh, not weird. That's not weird for yeah. Rise, though. Yeah, uh, even Smuggler's Run <clears throat> reached over 120 minutes at one point in time. We, that is weird. Yeah, we actually were able to get on it right after after dinner time, and that was only uh, excuse me, that was like only it said 45 minutes, but it was actually over only 30. So, do you think they'll ever update Smuggler's Run to do like a different mm -hmm. track or something? Yeah, in the future, eventually, maybe. eventually, yeah. sure, I could see it. Eventually, sure. it, would, it would be it would be a long time. Yeah. Yeah, because this was the first trip to Disneyland I did in a long time where I didn't go on any of the big mountains, like Space Mountain, Matterhorn, Big Thunder. We didn't hit any of those. Pretty much the big rides we went on were we were able to finally get on Haunted Mansion at the end of the night when the parade and the fireworks were going on. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we still had a fun time. We still were able to hit up rides and do things that we wanted to do. But still, it was one of those days where I'm like, I, I really miss Fast Passes. I mean, I know the lightning lane is there, but at the same time, it still feels like just a Disney trying to, if you can afford it, you can do all the big stuff. But if you can, you either have to wait or you just can't do it. Sorry. It's a bad, it's a bad system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying the fast pass system was perfect either. I mean, there were flaws with the fast passes, of it course. It was much, much better. better. No, it, it was because then it's like, cool, I can go to Space Mountain and then go on. I can get a fast pass to Space Mountain in like three hours. The problem. And then go and do fun stuff for the, and then just worry about hitting up other rides and then coming back and not have to worry about a, a three or four hour wait. 
The problem with the Genie Pass system is that because guests pay for it, there's a pressure to accommodate them as quickly as possible. But the reservation system can back up so quickly that at a certain point, you're just holding your standby line for sometimes 10, 15 minutes at a time. And that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I was listening before I left, I was also listening to the Disney food <clears> blog. <throat> um, I mean, this is mostly for, Di- they normally only tackle Disney World um, cases but they do kind of merge over with Disneyland every once in a while. Um, and with G- G- Genie Plus, one of the reasons why I didn't buy it, because it's $15 per person, and it does not guarantee you any lightning lane. So if you were to, if you were at Disneyland and you decide to say, you know what, nah, I'm going sh- to shell out the money for a lightning lane, for the Disney Plus and lightning lane reservations, they're gone. You have to res- reserve these tickets. I mean, this is over Walt Disney World. I'm not 100% sure what happens here in California. You have to buy, you have to reserve your lightning lanes, and it's only one lightning lane at seven o'clock in the morning, an mm-hmm. hour before the park opens. Mm-hmm. No. The only time I was able to go up and wake up at seven in the morning before driving to the park was to try and get in for Web Slingers for the virtual queue. Once again, virtual queue, also not the perfect system, but it worked because you got two chances for it one in the morning before you showed up, and one in the afternoon when you were already there. So it gave you a chance. So I have to say, I didn't shell for the money. Um, I mean, it was already, it was you also. Know what? You know what, Ben? Ben? What? Nor should you have. Yeah. And I didn't, but I had a feeling I was just there to, I was just there to enjoy the park. I enjoyed the park. I missed it. And by God, my feet hurt afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I missed it. I missed Disneyland. I miss Disneyland a lot. Um, I miss it too. What else you got, buddy? Uh, besides that, actually, right before the other, I saw Obi Wan. I saw Miss Marvel. We're gonna talk about those later. And what else did I do? Oh yeah, I saw this really, um, this really cute uh, little YouTube semi-animated show. When I say semi-animated, I mean it's animated, but it's not like fluid animation. It's kind of like stop motion in a way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like when you when there's a character on screen, you could tell what which which character is talking, and it's a completely fan made um, show called Nintendo High. It's essentially recreating Nintendo characters, all Nintendo characters, but of course the focal point is Mario and Luigi, and it's them going to high school with other Nintendo characters. That's a good. And, and I really I I really like it. You see Mario and Luigi going out of high school. You see it when Mario. Meets Peach for the first time. Bowser, of course, is the rich kid slash school bully that that <laughs> not a lot of people like. And there's a bunch of other characters sprinkled throughout. And it's like, hey, there's Samus, there's Ike, there's Captain Falcon. Captain Falcon had this really funny instance where he pulls up a list of all the girls who said no when he was trying to ask him after homecoming. So I so that was something I really enjoyed. If you're a big Nintendo fan, you like some of those funny, lighthearted high school esque shows. I definitely rec- I definitely recommend it. The first season's up on uh, YouTube right now. Cool. And the other big thing, well, not big thing, because I only played it for about 25 minutes before dinner was ready, was also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Oh my gosh, that game. I only played three levels of it with Fanny, and it rules. What system? Uh, PS5. Nice. It's got combos baby that's a that's just it feels like a fighting game like in a brawler you could there's so many combos it's crazy it's, it's got combos it's got a lot of replayability to go and find secrets that you couldn't find in the mm-hmm. in other levels the pixel art is just phenomenal um i am probably gonna double dip on this one 
I bought it for the PS5. Um, Limited Run has the physical versions available for pre-order right now, and I'm probably gonna pick one up for Switch because I want to play this Hell on yeah. the go. I want to play this on the go. It just it looks absolutely stunning. And I was talking about about with Grayson, and Grayson's like, "Do do, do the other fake nerds have it?" I'm like, well, I'm like, they have it on Game Pass, that's for sure. <laughs> I am gonna have to buy it on PlayStation. Uh, uh. <laughs> and also, can't get on the Game Pass train. <laughs> and also, one other thing, I also decided to try out for the year because I have 168 days left on my PlayStation subscription. It was only an extra thirty dollars. It was a for me, it was a thirty dollars upcharge, so I figured I'd give it a shot. Is I upgraded my PS Plus subscription to like the premium tier where it gets where I gain access to all the classic PlayStation games. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try that. And if I don't like it, I'm going back to the regular one. To the to the to the regular one. Because I have heard things about the emulation being the emulation, especially with PS1 games for the PAL regions, which that was a big problem for the PlayStation Mini. Because yeah, because our, our TVs here in North America run at a different megahertz than the ones over in Europe. So I'm going to see if this emulation is any good. I'm going to see if whatever games they add are even worth it, because I assume they're going to be adding more games further down the line. Mm-hmm. The games they have on the service as of now, I they're pretty solid titles. There's Star Wars Jedi Starfighter and Bounty Hunter are two of them. So I'm like, all right, cool. We can play Starfighter. Yeah. Um, I like Bounty Hunter. Yeah, but besides that, some of the PS1 games are kind of like, I mean, I'm glad Ape Escape is there, but still it's like not a really solid, solid thing of titles, but we'll see. Ben, so. if you want something solid, you got to play Metal Gear Solid. Ben, mm. if you want something solid, you got to get an Xbox and get Game Pass because that's where it's really at. Honestly, Ben, like real quick, I watched a bunch of videos. Like all my, I have, I follow so many video game people. Uh, it's not great. Mm-hmm. The emulation is not great. Specifically, uh, kind of funny. Uh, they had a, a three-hour stream where one of the hosts almost had a breakdown with how pissed he was getting trying wow. to make the shit work. Uh, you, I hope you have the best internet possible. Even still, get game pass. Now, Ben, what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is that you spent all all two weeks not watching RRR. Um, fix that. He, Says we... the guy who saw it two days ago. Come on. <laughs> I had other stuff going on, so I was I kidding. I was kidding. I'm it's also sorry. extra long. Yeah. <laughs> they have, you know what's funny? Have they, they, they have an intermission, but the intermission is four seconds long. I was like, it oh, cuts to yeah. black. And I'm like, oh, yes. I'm gonna go take a pee, and I had to sit back down. I'm like, that's oh, no. that was that was so that's so funny you brought that up because that was exactly where when we were watching it, Michael was like, Well, if there's any intermission, that was it. So I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I was like probably pause it no i did but like i expected it to be like like an actual intermission because it cuts to black and i'm like yeah oh, yeah because it's yeah, a long in, movie uh, in lawrence of arabia i was surprised when i was watching my copy of it and all of a sudden a 15 minute intermission started and i'm like all right that was a standard back then cool. was, i love it it's like it's like a play i remember when i was watching i was in film class this was years ago back at CISA, and i was watching dr Giro. oh the island of dr Giro. yeah yeah, yeah yeah no no not the oh no was it it's the Alec Guinness is in the movie he, where he plays a Soviet guy and he's telling the story about this doctor. Is Am I thinking of the name Dr. right? Dr. Zhivago? Dr. Zhivago, that okay. one. Okay, Dr. Zhivago is, 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 is half people, half animals, uh, uh, scientific monster movie. Marlon Brando. Yeah. Not that one, Dr. Zhivago. Uh, Dr. Zhivago. I remember that one. Yeah. And the sigh of relief when we got to the intermission because apparently like a bunch of kids in the, in the because it was a three-hour long class, a bunch of kids in our auditorium were like, 
they're like, all right, cool. Well, we need to go to the bathroom. Hack the clashes up and runs. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> um, I just, because you brought up Lawrence of Arabia, uh, I just got literally yesterday my 4K 60th anniversary edition of Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, that The fidelity on that film is so high and that film so long that it's one Blu-ray disc, but it's two 4K discs for the feature. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that's a lot of that's a lot of data. Ooh. That's that's a lot of pretty, is what that's, that is. You can see every speck of sand. On the, I can't on wait the to watch that. Actually, that sounds like because my uh, Lord you, of the Rings Blu-ray. When you, in, when you were in dictating Doctor Zhivago, when we were in dictating Doctor Zhivago, I went through every Doctor movie: Doctor Strange Love, Doctor yeah. Who, Doctor Zhivago, <laughs> Doctor No. Uh, yes, yeah, um, Sparks my. Um, uh, Lord of the Rings uh, Blu-ray extended cut. They also have two separate discs, like the DVD ones. I'm like, ooh, 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 pretty. Oh, sure. I, guess, sure. I, guess I mean, I know, other... I, I, I have that too. Yeah. 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 And I guess the only other thing is I, I got a new cell phone, so yay. I think yeah. I, my point, my point was more because the 4K disc can hold more data than the Blu-rays. Mm. So the the fidelity of the image is so high, they had to split the film. They decided that it was better to split the film, and I'm sure that it wasn't like, oh we could i'm sure it split at the intermission and i'm sure it wasn't that oh we couldn't fit like a portion more of the movie on the first disc it's just that they knew they couldn't finish fit the, put whole, the whole film on there and keep it at the high quality so they're like let's just cut it in half just cut it in half and have it at mm-hmm. the full full image quality that's amazing hell yeah all right yeah. shall we do our bread and butter then if ben have done nothing else uh, the only other thing i played was just a bunch of uh card games with some friends All right, then. Let's do it. That little guy's so cute. I love that little guy. (laughs) I don't appreciate him. We don't appreciate that guy, that little guy enough. (laughs) We don't don't appreciate that butter murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Haha, who's going to eat me? I don't know. Um, uh, all right. God, catch me first. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely the opposite of the winner's sense of dog, that's for sure. See the way I see it, the way I interpreted that little guy is that he is that he stabbed a guy made out of butter to death, and that's why he's running away with the butter knife, oh. smelling like blood. See, I'm under the impression that like this is a sex thing, and he's buttering himself up and like who's right because ready? He's, because he's got it on him. It's like yeah. I'm all slathered up. Who's gonna get me? <laughs> the alien you have to find me. We have definitely different mindsets because I know. I love how tame your mind is, Ben. Yeah, Ben, you're 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 a sweet, naive child. I love it. Ben's like, I just thought that was a friendly piece of bread that just wanted to let me know that it had some butter. Yeah, pretty much. We're too twisted. Oh, oh my goodness, you're right. Here's your bread and butter. Here comes mommy. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. <laughs> All right, man. No, um, Grayson, he does not have a name. We'll, we'll think of a name. We can't do it on the spot. It won't be good. We'll think of a name for him. Isn't it B&B? Oh, is it? Bumby? Bumby? Bread and butter? B&B? Bread and butter? Burm. I don't think we ever named the dude. Bread uh, and butter. Call him Babs. Babs? It could be a girl. Sure. Babs. No, it's why a guy not? named Babs. Sure, why not? Let him live his truth. I mean, my Dungeons and Dragons character is named Mary, so... so Mine's Mary Hector too. the Well-Endowed, actually. Oh my! Yeah, good for you. <laughs> Roll on. Mar. These are all community jokes. I'm so sorry because we have to talk about some sad news. It's true. Uh, Philip Baker Hall has passed away at the age of 90. He was an incredible actor who I loved. And I 
always think about his role in Fired Up. Uh, ben, it's this gentleman. Oh, he is yeah. like one of the most like character actor guys. Shows up in so much shit that you, yeah, absolutely. He's the he's the coach who said was yeah. like, "How many shits do you think?" And the other, yeah. oh, I yeah. remember that guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, that that's sad. Fired Up is a very underappreciated movie. Check it out. Nope, it is. I agree. Uh, I, I could tell you his entire filmography, but literally he's been acting for so long. He's been in literally like a hundreds of things, like 90 years old. That's, that's so pretty good. Yeah. Prolific, prolific, uh, uh, actor. That's a shame. Yeah. Long, long life. But yeah, I love every, t every time he shows up, he's, he's either very clearly, funny or very sincere. Clearly a good successful career too. Yeah. Oh yeah. At least someone's got a memorable version of this guy in his, in their mind. Yeah. Uh, -huh. uh and then finally Tim sale. Artist extraordinaire passed away at the age of 66. Now, this one I did not know until just now, and I am upset. Oh, yeah? Oh, I, yeah. I didn't know. I had no clue. Yeah. Um, he was hospitalized earlier this week, and I was like, oh, no, don't do this. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, one of the most influential comic artists of our time. Like, yeah. Long Halloween. Like, that's the dude who made me fall in love with Catwoman. Like, his design of Catwoman. Again, I watched the Long Halloween, the animated movies, a couple, couple weeks ago, but like, it's based off his designs and stuff. And I'm like, he had such a unique style. He draws maybe my favorite Superman, the big Superman. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I'm sure Superman, Sparkster... Superman for all seasons, my favorite Superman comic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah his. You guys know my favorite Batman books, Long Halloween. Mm -hmm. It's mostly because of his art. Don't get me wrong. I love the story. Jeff Loeb did a great story, but my God, just the fact of just how colorful, but how dark that book is. Mm -hmm. Like I always love it when there's a when there's a panel and there's like just a little bit of color with Batman's ears, but it's just mostly his eyes, the white of his eyes of his mask. And yeah, his Superman for all seasons is absolutely gorgeous. It's a beautiful definitely the complete opposite of long halloween and that, i'm upset now I, I, remember, I remember seeing him at comic-con one year he had no one in line and i wanted to talk to him but i was rushing and i could have said hi and i'm mad at myself now i can't now i can't do that hindsight this is pretty sudden he still had work ahead of him um he's an incredible artist i always think about his his use of color um his uh marvel color series with jeff Loeb. Yeah, uh, Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray, mm -hmm. gorgeous Spider Man, gorgeous Spider. Oh, I've never read Spider Man Blue. Okay, um, excellent work. work and there. Cap Captain America White is that the other one? Yeah, Captain America. That's the yeah. last one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, I did also haven't read that one either. I thought we did that for a book, or was this before we started all had to read it? We definitely did it for a book club. I know uh, we did we? Captain America. I know we did Captain America White and Spider Man Blue. Oh, no, we, no didn't. we did. We did, Daredevil. we did. We did Daredevil Yellow and Hulk Gray. We've not done Spider Man Blue. Cause swore we did them. I could be wrong. This could we have definitely. Been... I bought Hulk Gray for Ben for a, a gift. We never did a comic. Yeah, we all put Ben on Hulk Gray. <laughs> yeah, but we know. we we definitely did that as a book club, and we yeah. also did Daredevil Yellow as a book club. I don't remember Whoa. Captain America White. And I'm certain we didn't do Spider Man Blue. Well, I know what my next book club is. There you go. There you go. So yeah, excellent work. Uh, still had work ahead of him sucks yeah yeah definitely one like uh, a legend all right some casting news spider-man across the universe nope across the spider-verse the beatles the beatles and spider-man spider-man across the spider-verse has cast jason schwartzman as the spot 
it, you know what? There's a funny joke there because Across the Universe was directed by the person who directed Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Julie Taymor. Oh. Seriously? It's right there. It's right there. Yeah, 100%. We did it, guys. Uh, Jason Schwartzman has been cast as The Spot, a Spider-Man villain. Ryan, how do you, would you explain his spots? Also... Also uh, a Daredevil villain, but it's also, uh, uh, he's a New York villain. But the spot, he is a character who you can write him as silly or as menacing as you want. He creates portals. He'll create a portal and he'll punch through the portal and he'll punch you in the face. He's like Blink from the X-Men, except he looks like a big spot man. Um, The Daredevil series from Mark Wade turned him into a truly sinister assassin, whereas he's kind of mostly been a jokey guy. Um, He's probably going to be a mix of both. Uh, because if taken seriously, he can be like a a super villain major threat with how he handles portal stuff. Um, I he's such a, like an obscure fun character that like it's he's perfect for this movie and they can do whatever they want with him. I, I'm so stoked. The the shot that they showed us has uh, Miles's fist going through his face and then coming out of another part of his body. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Love it. Uh, that was really cool. Shia Shay or Shay Wingham uh, Wingham. Has been cast as George Stacy. Um, if you don't remember this gentleman, I'm sure of all the things he's done, I can't remember the most recent thing. <laughs> he's everywhere. Uh, what's his name again? Sorry. Uh, Shay Wiggum. S H E A. Gotcha. Wiggum. Um, like I oh, remember. Oh, he's the guy who gets killed in King, in the King Kong movie with the grenade. Yes. Oh, okay. Because uh, yeah. I was I was like I was like this guy was also in Agent Carter for the first season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, anyway, he's been cast as George Stacy, so he's oh nice. Yeah. Dad. That's a perfect dad role, sure. Jorma Tacone has been cast as the vulture. One of the guys from the Lonely Island and one and he directed a bunch of their movies. Hell yeah, that guy's great. Love it. So this uh shaping up to be another awesome movie. <sighs> and that's the that's the one coming out next year, not the sequel. Yeah, that's the one coming out next year. Cool. Beautiful. Doctor um, Who knows. Oh go ahead, Sparks. Can I make an anecdote of casting addition right here, real quick? Yeah, I, I it, po- it popped in my brain when we were talking earlier in the episode, and I was like, oh, I should have made sure that was on the news. Um, Iman Vellandi, who plays Miss Marvel, she's now part of the Quantum Encounter for the Disney Cruise cinematic event, which means oh. she's going to be appearing in that that cinematic dining experience thing that's going to be with Anthony Mackie, Brie Larson, uh, Evangeline Lilly, and Paul Rudd. Oh, that's Isn't cool. Ultron also there? Um, isn't that the one where Ultron comes back? No, because Ultron was in the in the void thing, the VR oh, that's thing right. that 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 we uh, we don't know what else that's is right. happening in this one. Okay. Um, I wanted to only talk about because like, hey, this is great, like, good for her. This is very exciting. Congrats to her, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is the thing where like the Disney like the Disneyism of MCU bums me out a bit because I'm like, right now this is the closest we have to a superhero team up for the MCU announced. And you can only experience it at a dining thing on a cruise ship. Yeah. And that bums me out, man. Because these, these are all stars I want to see play these characters together, obviously. And the fact that you can only get that experience on a cruise ship, it's just sad to me. Yeah. I'll it, wait it for the... the next that specifically the next thing is the cruise ship. We don't have any confirmation of anything coming later. I'll yeah. wait for a a, a a camcorder version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there'll be, I'm sure, I'm sure at some point, hopefully there'll be some like HD access something available because it, you got to imagine it's going to be fun with all those actors getting together for it yeah uh just 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 like very cool like that all sounds awesome i just wish it was more accessible yeah, yeah. me too you guys remember when andrew garfield was in a doctor who episode 
Yes, I do. Yes. He played a British boy. No. He was an American kid in New York, actually. Oh, huh. just kidding. Um, yeah, the Daleks take Manhattan. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely during like olden times, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Neil Patrick Harris has been cast as the villain in Doctor Who. Sweet. So the 60th anniversary will have Neil Patrick Harris, who apparently worked with Russell T. Davies on his last show, Sins. Um, and so he's bringing him over to this. Perfect, uh, perfect cool. uh, guy to join that universe. I really like Neil Patrick Harris as a villain. His Count Olaf is awesome. So I'm excited oh. to see more of that. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Count Olaf. Uh, Series uh, of unfortunate events. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yep. I I remember. Watched, yeah, I watched the first episode of that. Yeah. He was Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jim Carrey was a film. He was a Netflix series. Got it. Yeah. Um, Joker. Last week we got a title. This week we may know a bit more. Oh yeah, I I heard I I did listen to the episode last week about the Joker news, and I'm like, hmm. Well, what's interesting is as there was two potential theories of what that title could mean: either Harley Quinn or a subs or another Joker. And people were saying, oh, William Defoe should be that. Now we know it is Harley Quinn. Uh, played now she is just in early talks, and there was make sure to stress this, Lady Gaga. Y'all, this is incredible for so many reasons. And it's a, um, wait, let me say the last thing before you do. And it's a musical. Yes. Um, so this rules because anybody who is a major fan of the first Joker will not be into this movie. Nope. <laughs> when I first, <laughs> I first heard that rumor that, I mean, I, I knew, I heard about the Lady Gaga being in early talks for Joker and my brain went, actually, she can probably kill as Harley Quinn. I don't know. Don't be wrong. I love yeah, how, do, how will she perform? <laughs> no, I think she'll be playing excellent Harley Quinn. No disrespect to Margot Robbie. She's also an excellent Harley Quinn, but I feel like in Todd Phillips version of the Joker, Lady Gaga fits and she, Lady Gaga's got some acting chops. She's very, she's a very good actress. The fact that they're now turning this into a musical. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm interested now. I want to know what's going on. We talked about it last week's, uh, 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 like, Sparks. And, like, there's two directions this, this movie could go. It would lean into the mental health stuff, which is not a good idea. Or it just goes away from that and just tries to be more of a Joker movie. Thank God they're they're going even beyond that. Even beyond that. Uh, I This movie could obviously still be, like, a piece of shit. But, like, uh, like, the quality level of, like, Joker is, like, that's a... It's, like, a well-made movie. Like, it's not, you know, it might not be the greatest movie, but it's a well-made movie. It's not, it wasn't shilled out, right? They put thought behind it. Uh, this makes me really excited because, like, in a world where I'm going to watch a a Joker musical with Lady Gaga, like, I personally would love to see that, especially with Lady Gaga Phoenix. Does, Lady Gaga does the music or else. I mean, she's probably going to be involved. I mean, she made a song for oh, Top yeah. Gun. Like, and she's mm-hmm. not even in that movie. So, like, she I'm did. sure she's going to be involved. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's good that the implication seems to be that they're not going to try to tackle Joker as a mental health figure. Um, but we talked about last week. It's not a good idea. Uh, and it's not handled well in that movie. No. No. Um, so it's the the implication of it being a lot more kookier, I guess is the word. Like a lot more going into the agents of chaos. Like this is unexpected. We nobody expected the sequel to a to a Scorsese drama film to be a musical. Yeah. Um, so that's I think that's that. This is the most interest that I've been in the Joker movie. Also, to throw my two cents in on the Todd Phillips poss- about Warner Bros. wanting Todd Phillips to maybe be the new head of the DCEU, throw my two cents in there real quick because I know you guys talked about that for a hot second last week. <gasps> no. Yeah, I think we're all pretty much against that. I'm give sure he, he's against that. Give it to James Gunn or else. 
James Gunn, no, want, no, James Gunn. We either. want <laughs> we want you to be our our guy, and, and he's like, no. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, you. James Gunn. James Gunn doesn't even want it. Okay. Uh, ben, to what you okay. said, Ben. You just don't need to copy a Feige. Just, just, no. just make good movies. That's all you gotta do. Just try to make a good movie one at a time. That's all you. Do you also hear the rumor that the guy, over, that the new guy at Warner Brothers is coming from Discovery, the guy who's saying all this, who's like, "We want a Feige, Feige," and he's looking to take Feige from Marvel. <laughs> That'll definitely happen. I'm like, dude, barking up the wrong sure. tree. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Feige's like, no. Feige is the is basically the president of Marvel at this point he, with all the titles he has now. He's oh. yeah, he like he like runs the comic stuff too. Like he's, yeah. he's the head of all like media. Um yeah, he's not he wouldn't take it anyway. Like No. <laughs> you want me to leave this yeah. for this? No, thank you. Um yeah. Uh, so yeah, cool. Hopefully this movie is good. Oh that's all, that's all I can hope for. Walking Phoenix does not have a deal to return yet, so this mm. film is still not like greenlit. Um, but uh, he's I've wanted him to do a musical since uh, Walk Hard mm. no Walk Tall walk. no Walk Hard um, Walk the Line Walk no, the Line no, it's, just say Walk Hard you're right uh, walk, <laughs> walk the Line where you play Johnny Cash I'm Ryan happy. and I Ryan I'm and like I just walk. like yeah yeah Walk Hard yeah I was gonna I say walk, walk Hard I was like yeah it is Walk Hard I was like nope that's Dewey Cox that's John uh, C. Riley. Walk the Line yeah 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 yeah. Oh, I I think he's good as Johnny Cash in that. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Quick little anecdote on another thing I did. Uh, Fan and I rewatched Anchorman, and that's a funny ass movie. I I loved it. Really. I also love Anchorman. You're, that's a good movie. How'd you get a harpoon? <laughs> Rick killed a guy. <laughs> Rick killed a guy. I th- I say that line a lot. Rick killed a guy. <laughs> your past, past week, Fan and I were like, I love Lamp. I love the, you're you're right. That escalated quickly. Came from Anchorman. <clears throat> All right. Guys, there's a Lord of the Rings thing happening. It's not that one though. Um, we actually knew about this anime for a little bit. There's a a feature length anime for Lord of the Rings called The Lord of the Rings: The War of the Rohirrim. Hmm. Um, if you recall from Lord of the Rings, those are Carl Urban. Um, I'll call it Carl Urban. They're all Carl Urban's. It's uh, all Carl just Urban. A, just no a whole else. whole series of men on horses going oi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oi! <laughs> All right, Lord of the Rings: The War of the Rohirrim will be set 200 years before the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, it's going to star Brian Cox. And this is the lead, by the way. The story is about this character. Brian Cox has been cast as the King of Rohan and the time Helm Hammerhand. Love Good it. Name. Love. Uh, I love that Lord of the Rings is coming to anime. Big fan. Huge fan of Brian Cox, especially after Succession. Uh, he's like one of the best working actors right now. Um, and it's cool that he's, he's going to like lend his voice to some animation stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, sure. Always into more Lord of the Rings. And the, mm-hmm. the other thing, the thing that confirms it's set in the film timeline, Miranda Oto will reprise her role as Eowyn. Probably Lord of the Rings, telling a flashback story or something. Probably. I think so. I think or I think it's, she's like, let's talk about your great 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 grandfather <laughs> from the journals of Phil Hammerhand. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's really cool. Uh, I I really like Eowyn in that movie. I'm glad. I'm glad she's coming back. Yeah, that that is cool. That it's that is it is tied to this this Lord of the Rings. Yeah. 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 Sparks. I am no I, man. I, I have nothing to add. Okay. All right. Oh, we got a stupid thing. I wish I had like a buzzer. Stupid thing, stupid thing. <laughs> Yo, man, future productions, I can have that ready for you. Well, Squid Game is uh, 
By the way, this already is a thing uh, in Korea. There is a Squid Game reality show. Um, but we're getting one now. Netflix is getting a competition show called Squid Game The Challenge. Uh, you ever seen Hot Lava? That, but Squid Game. Or if you just watch the show Squid Game, it's that show. Yeah. <laughs> I assume hopefully, people don't die. In hopefully with less murder. You, you just, you'd assume. Um, Wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that be... That's something I'd watch. If Netflix was just like, yeah. no, that's awful. Secret stuff? No, no, no. Um, there's somebody online uh, posted like, oh, so that's why Netflix fired all of us. <laughs> so they could spend $5 million to give away to some random person on a reality show. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, this is a bad idea. It's literally missing what the entire point of that show is. Uh, and that show is incredible, but it's straight up just going like, what if we did the thing they did? I'm like, wow, cool. Like, not only are you missing the point of the show, you're just doing this for money, which again, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to making things out of other things, but like, you're just doing the thing you did. And other people have already done that. Mr. Beast on YouTube has, he recreated all of it like perfectly. There's a YouTube video that has like one of the highest rated YouTube videos of all time, like hundreds of millions of views. He recreated all of Squid Game in like a warehouse. So this has already been done and probably better than uh, Netflix is probably going to do. So I just, I just don't, I just can't care. Something, something about the way you said it felt like Tony Stark built this in a game. <laughs> Mr. Beast beat this in a warehouse. Uh, Ryan <laughs> the box scraps. <laughs> Ryan just suddenly turns into Obadiah Stane. I could go. Tony! Ryan Mongers Tony! Iron Mongers Tony! What was I going to say? Yeah, this is this is a bad idea. This is a very bad idea. I'm, I'm excited for the second season of Squid Game because I know that show got super popular. I'm glad they're continuing, which makes me even more I need to watch that first season. So oh, I, I figured you watched it already. Nope, haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I just, I Osmosis. I haven't seen the end, so I don't know how it ends. But I do know about. <laughs> but I do know what the Squid Game is about. Here, here, come, come to the, come. I'll, I'll whisper it to you. No, don't. Okay. Don't actually do that. Um, but yeah, this making an actual like this is the Squid Game. It's like, yo, you're missing the point, my dude. I mean, it's, and it'll still be probably one of Netflix's highest rated things. When you mm -hmm. have. When you have the money that Netflix don't have, you just gotta spend it. You know, I was about to ask, what money does Netflix have to give to these to give to whoever wins this supposed Squid Game? What they money do they have? They're how much money in debt? All the all money they, they saved from firing the dumb people. Yeah, uh, it's sure, all but... yeah, it's all a, a scheme. It's all money laundering. Let's uh, let's uh, fire half right. our animation department because you know our animation stuff is good, and let's make a shitty reality game show. How much more? Know, how much more money do we need for the game show? All right, we'll fire you. We'll fire you. We'll fire you. <laughs> and honestly, what are we doing? How are we doing now? Realistically, like this is con this is considerably cheap to make, and it'll yeah. make them. It'll get it'll get hundreds of millions of views because people love Squid Game. Like they're not as cynical as we are. Um, and I think they should be. But that they're not. <laughs> That's the thing. They're not. Um, so it's right. you know, all right. It is what it is. Yeah. All right. No, we're not going to stop it. Unfortunately, let's do it. Let's stop it. Let's get in there and got, wipe it out. I got we, bad news. It's already been filmed. <laughs> we can wipe out the masters. Oh my god, you're right. Let's go to. The or studio. we get hired at Netflix, rise to the ranks, become the executives, and no. <laughs> Bro, I'm not going to pull a Riva. That shit does not work out. <laughs> I hope we'll, they, we'll pull a Taika Waititi and let's go ahead. If they really want to do it, I hope that they bring in like um, actual like uh, rich tycoons from the investment world, but like it, with their with their animal ladies and everything. They don't know what you're their talking about. Big animal mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, you do. No, you I know do. what I'm talking about. And I hope they do that. 
that would be wild if they brought real celebrities to be like yeah. disgusting sex yeah. burgers. <laughs> Jim <right>. Carrey. <laughs> what? Don't yeah, you haven't watched watch the show. One Punch Man. Justin Lin will direct the live action adaptation for Sony. Fast and Furious could suck it. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is great. One Punch Man is is I think it's a pretty easy, easily adaptable show. Um while it is big and super heroic, like it's not uh it's you you could do it. It's it's not it's not too crazy. Um I mean, obviously, like, buildings get destroyed, but you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is great. He's a perfect choice. Like, he's such a good action director. Um, and he has the character work down for this specific type of show, I think, where, like, characters are really elevated and really, like, extreme. And then one character is just like, yeah, that's cool, I guess. Um, I think it's a great choice. Why does Simu Liu come to my brain to play One Punch Man? Mm. I mean, he's not the worst choice. Like, shave his head. He could probably be a good side. Yeah, tomorrow. but you've watched the show, then? No, I just know his name. Uh, once again, osmosis. Here. Ben, then you don't know because he's not. He's not like that. You're, no. do, you're, you're doing a lot of things today, Ben. Uh, uh, he's seemingly fine. Um, I'd want someone who's I don't know, funnier. I don't know. Uh, I think it's. A, I think it's a hard role to cast, to be honest. Yeah. I think Justin Lin is a great director, and I'm excited for more. Honestly, okay. honestly, realistically, you know who it could be? It could be Han. Oh, yeah, I think it, I, I think he could he, he he has like the like the I don't care kind of mentality. I think Han would actually that actor's name I forget. Um, Sonic think, Kim. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's him. Yeah, I think I think he could work. That'd be fun. Yeah. Hey, anytime I can see, he he is in every Justin Lin movie. It's a good point. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Love it. Um, yeah, I'm studios, excited. I'm a... Studios wouldn't let him because he'd be the lead. Oh, oh, that's sad. I, I mean, I like. I'm just saying, like, they, they oh, do you think marketable enough? Do you think is this person white? Yeah. Do you think they'll American? They'll make this all American? Well, I mean, they're. I, I bet you they will. But like, do I you wouldn't think rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. That's a bummer. I I would at least think the the main lead can be diverse. I, I talked. To, I talked about this with. Uh, I I actually think like Saitama Saitama's slightly easier. I think in some ways too. Uh, I I think that it it can be it can be white whitewashed in a sense. Um, yeah. I I don't necessarily want it. If Michael and I did some fun speculating because we were like, if this goes in like the studio, the t- general studio direction that things like this tend to do, like who would who would be cast in it? And I was like, I can't let go of Joseph Gordon-Levitt personally. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Actually, sure. If, yeah. If he was if it was whitewashed, it's it, I couldn't. I, he came to my mind, and then I couldn't let go of him. No, I um, I think he could play that quite correctly um i think uh song kim would be great i don't think they'd let him just because he's not a household name yeah um because the thing is like uh, you want one punch man to be really successful because the budget's gonna have to be pretty big it's true um i think justin lynn's a great director for it i have yet to have seen a great live action anime adaptation so i've seen good and i've seen mostly bad so we'll see it's true yeah, people are people would like to talk about like Alita was a great anime adaptation. I was like, it's a good one. I really like it, but yeah, I wouldn't mm-hmm. call it like like in, like in, incredible. Yeah, and I think if anyone's got a chance of succeeding, I guess Robert Rodriguez would have been that person. But I think Justin Lin's a good a good chance. Yeah, I think I think, <clears throat> I think Shonen is still very hard to figure out how to translate Shonen to the live action film uh like format. Yeah, and I'm not 
100% sure if One Punch Man is the it's it's slightly more challenging in a way because it's harder to make a narrative arc for your main character that could, could be contained to a live action film. Ryan kind of understands what I mean from watching. Yeah, yeah, the show. yeah. Um I do agree. I I do think um I don't think it's impossible. It's a no, steeper yeah. hill than you usually have. Cuz you have to you have to limit how, where the arc is and mm -hmm. it's a it's a long arc. Like I'm still like only eight, eight to ten episodes in, and it's still like he's not where he's supposed to be yet. Like I see, I see what's happening. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an interesting way. I do think actually, in a similar way, it would be challenging. I think it actually because of how dominating the superhero genre is, I actually think this is an easy way for this one to be successful because it's about superheroes. I think I think the smart way to do it. Um, I haven't watched it for a while, so the character's name isn't coming to mind. But the guy who wants to learn from him, who makes him his master, Cyborg. Yeah, uh, so cool you you make him your your he's the character who has the arc for the movie i oh. think that's the way you do it because because it's too hard to do saitamas in a single film because Saita, the kind of the whole point of saitama's character is that like the entire story of one punch man is his arc so it's not like it's not as easily caught up as a lot of our other shonen heroes like uh dragon ball z or my hero academia where each each arc or season the character the character has a shift has a change mm -hmm. saitama's not really changing that much arc to arc but the characters around him are being changed mm -hmm. by his presence that's actually a really brilliant idea you make cyborg your main character and then saitama is like the like the hero like not sidekick but like he's like the legend that comes around um there's a one punch man video game and you know how that game works saitama you can't play a saitama because he's too powerful you have to play as all the other characters and mm -hmm. you have to survive long enough for saitama to get to the battle there's a little mini cam in the screen of saitama just running to the spot and you're just like survive don't die <laughs> uh incredible that actually that's a really good point sparks and, and cyborg is such a interesting cool character where he is the one learning um yeah that might actually be it that's Question. that's kind of got to be the way because like it's the characters it is truly the characters around saitama are the ones who are going through like changes incrementally through the arcs not yeah. saitama himself true question uh what if so he trained to be uh, to be able to 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 punch some to to knock someone out with one punch right yeah that's he did push-ups and sit-ups and drink lots of juice and he ran a lot yeah and 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 now he can he can kl in one punch yes um what if someone else did that? What would happen? Oh, is that the show? <laughs> okay. I'm Here's sorry. the thing. Like, I'm not gonna like I even I haven't finished it, so I don't know. But like very early on, everyone's like, What's your secret? How did you do this? And he's like, My legendary secret is 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 10 miles a day, drink water. And everyone's like, What? That's it? And he's like, nobody believes him. Nobody believes him. Cause it's is it that easy? No, what? I just want to. I want to. I want to see. Like, would they knock each other out? Would it cancel it out? It's questions I have. Would it create a black? It sounds to me. Out? It sounds to me like you want to watch and or read One Punch Man. I'll watch Premiere first. You did that. You've seen again. that again. I'll do it again. <laughs> um. All right. That's enough of that. Hell yeah! I love One Punch Man. I'm so glad we got to talk about that. It's cool. You know what else you love? No. What? Heroes that go from zero to hero. You you actually are 100% right. <laughs> Hercules, the Russo Brothers Hercules live action remake. Uh, Honey, has... you mean Huncules. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw um, a pin at Disneyland. I was like. <laughs> um, yeah. Guy Ritchie. 
Aladdin uh, is, is directing uh, this one. We all like Aladdin here, right? I or, like or, Guy Ritchie. Aladdin? Yeah, I, I also like Guy Ritchie. Um, if Jafar had been cast differently, it could have been a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, if he's going to make a Hercules in the vein of his stuff that he did with Aladdin, I don't want it. Because I care more about Hercules than I do about Aladdin. And I'm so close to Hercules, not just as a young man who loved it, but as a Greek boy who just, I can't get enough of, like, super good Greek shit. Uh, I don't want an okay Hercules movie. I don't want a good Hercules movie. I want a great Hercules movie. So, I, it's okay. It could it could be greater, but, like, I don't know. I think, I think Guy Ritchie, if you go for the for the right tone... Like if you like, I think a Guy Ritchie Greek mythology movie could be pretty cool. Sure. It's just with Hercules. Oh, he made King Arthur. It's kind of like a. It's kind of like a mythology. Yeah, movie. yeah, he did. He that is a movie that exists. All right. I'm speaking like visually. Um, yeah. like I, someone else is going to write this script. Yeah. Um, I think visually you could do something pretty cool with Guy Ritchie. I hope they let him. And I feel like the Russos have enough sway that we could probably finally get like a a standout one of these movies because up until now i mean come on i'll be honest brandon i don't agree because the rooster brothers have a movie coming out that looks did grayer we, than anything and it's called the gray man did did we all forget cruella did, did like everyone forget we that did. cruella happened mm. no he's and was, guy richie didn't direct it was awesome no no i'm talking about like that brandon's referring to a, a great di standout disney live action thing and i'm like cruella happened <laughs> i specifically didn't i specifically didn't count cruella because it is not directly remaking a film that already exists sure like i was i was referring to like i mean i like cinderella i always forget about cinderella actually i really like cinderella all right um but i'm talking like beauty and the beast lion king aladdin all good movies yep. still not, not not lion king um but like you know we'll get i don't want another one of those mm -hmm. i want guy Ritchie to like do something. I'll and be like, honest. I don't think Guy Ritchie's the guy for this. Like real quickly on on the Gray Man though, because I want to get into that. Real quickly on the Gray Man though, those are that's a film that the Russo brothers are directing, um, not producing. So like I can see them letting Guy Ritchie do his thing, and I would like to see that. Sure. Uh, you never know. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot going against it. Sparks, you were saying though. Oh, I just don't think Guy Ritchie's the guy for this. Why? There's nothing about the Disney Hercules that makes me think Guy Ritchie's the one who should direct this. Yeah. I think Aladdin was a fine, uh, like, I think his direction of Aladdin is good, but I wouldn't say it w he was the ideal choice for that either. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's the ideal choice for this. I get where this comes from because Aladdin and Hercules are spiritually very similar mm -hmm. in the Disney canon. Um, but I, I think some, want... I think he, I think they should have just gone with somebody else i just don't think you need one person directing all of your movies that's that's really what it is i don't want guy Ritchie directing multiple disney movies and it's like his style is on all of them i want them to be unique and different sure i don't this is only a second like i don't think it would be i think that i do think this is coming from a place of like aladdin is similar and yeah. uh in that same vein i just i just think like I, nobody is particularly coming to my brain right now, but I, Guy Ritchie's not the guy I would look at like Disney Hercules as it is and go. Uh, Guy Ritchie so, should direct. Honestly, this. I the guy real quick, Ben, the, the guys who make Miss Marvel who are making Batgirl, like I, they come to mind. Like they got a great style and they know how to do music. Like give them a shot. Yep. So but Sparks essentially, essentially Sparks, what you're saying is Guy Ritchie can't go the distance. Mm. <laughs> I don't have faith he can. You're correct. <laughs> I, I, I honestly like here's, there, I took it. <laughs> I like Aladdin. Uh 
I think Hercules is arguably more colorful and vibrant of a world than Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Guy Ritchie even made Aladdin as colorful as it should have been mm-hmm. for what the the Disney film is. So I I, I, I highly suspect that uh, like I I want my I want my Hera to be pink. I don't want her to be yes. wearing pink. I want her to be pink. That's my that was my thought. I want to see Hercules when he's glowing. I want him to be a bronze god. Yeah. We want like, we want Hades to be blue. Yeah, that'd be I yeah, that I'm not worried fun. about. I'm I'm sure Hades will probably look correct because they know they can't screw that up. I'm saying yeah. I want all the Greek gods to look like the Disney canon version of those Greek gods. I want the Hermes I want them with the be, glasses. I want them to be fun. I want them to be exaggerated because like we've had plenty of other Hercules things in the interim or Greek mythology things that interpret the gods in a more realistic manner. Yeah. I want the Disney cartoonish exaggerated looking gods in live action. That's what I want. And I don't have faith Guy Ritchie will do it. Yeah. I That's wouldn't fair. have picked him because of that alone. Yeah. I want that glorious Zeus beard. From, um, from the my area. boy. So it, it's, it's interesting. Um, Guy Ritchie, Shit. Direct- I know, I, I do know who should have done this, but it's mm. purely biased. Like the moment that Ben brought up Zeus, it's Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi mm. should have made this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. That um, the Wrath of Man and the Gentleman came up so same uh, came to, out so quickly with each other that I forgot that he directed both of them. The Gentleman is great. The Wrath mm. of Man, not so much. Mm. Um, oh yeah, like I, he's kind of hit or miss. Yeah, that's the thing. He's hit or miss, and like the one like. His Disney attempt, I think it's good, but like for me, I don't want uh, it's it's not enough of a sell for me. Can, yeah, can I be a little more Operation, specific? Operation Fortune is his next movie, by the way. Right. Um, can I be a little more specific? I think the reason why Taika Waititi so clearly jumped into my brain all of a sudden is because um, Hercules. I said colorful and vibrant. Hercules is very very queer coded. Um, it is there. It's with the it's with the muses. It's with the gods in their interpretation. It, it, that is there. Uh, someone who's willing to get behind a queer lens on the mm-hmm. film uh, should be directing it. That's not Guy Ritchie. No. Honestly, he should have just done the third Sherlock film. Where's sure. that guy, Ritchie? Good question. Dexter Fletcher is directing the next one. That's why. There you go. Um, yeah. All right. I'm just. I am. I am thrilled that we are here because, like, Hercules is is my number one. Um, I just. I pray for the best. Hope it looks better than Pinocchio. Oh boy! All right. Uh, yeah, Avatar: The Last Airbender. We all like that. Um, we know that they created Avatar Studios, Nickelodeon, to develop new projects under the La- Avatar: The Last Airbender brand. Um, well, we now know what those what the first three are going to be. There's going to be three feature length films. Um, the first one will be directed by Lauren Montgomery. Now, that's all that's officially known. But a report came out, a scoop came out, suggesting that the three films would be um, Avatar Kyoshi, then Zuko, and then one set after The Legend of Korra. I bet my bottom dollar that one of them is Kyoshi. Me too. Yeah. It would it would shock me if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Kyoshi is so popular. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, the, that's the one you do. That's the one you do. Ever you since... Think- Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, ever since Avatar had essentially this renaissance on Netflix 10 years after the fact, mm-hmm. everyone was like, we want more Kyoshi. We got some books. I heard the books are pretty good. 
And I would, yeah, I would, I'm the same with Sparks. If they don't release a, or if they don't announce an Avatar Kyoshi film as their first one, ooh, foul. I'll call them. I don't even, I, I don't think it needs to be the first one necessarily, but I'm sure it's one of these three that they're working mm-hmm. on. And Lauren Montgomery is a very good choice for it. She's very good. She's, um, obviously, she was one of the main directors on Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. Um, Voltron, the legendary defender. Uh, I love her work and I'm so happy she's getting this feature. Uh, and if it's Kyoshi, I'm even more down. Do you guys do you guys think that they adapt the comic story about Zuko and and his mom? Him and his I mom? thought about that because that was an animated movie that was turned into a, to a comic. I think I think they go back and do that because I think that that's something where yeah, the comics out there, but I don't think they have faith that everybody read yeah. it, found that that the audience found that. Mm-hmm. And also, that's a great story to get the the. The, the the gang all together essentially to get um Z- to get Zuko and Katara Sokka Toph everyone although Toph is doing a moment in school but anyways it's a good excuse to get the core of the group together because to I'm thinking with... I'm thinking like how do you how do you do it if Zuko were to be correct that there's a Zuko movie on this list mm-hmm. if Zuko were to be correct I'm like how do you how do you do that and not do the mom story I know it's been done in the comics but like a, a huge chunk of the audience has never seen that. Yeah, I got a feeling they're gonna do that, um, and probably, uh, and just incorporate like where he ends up into Korra. Uh, it'll mm-hmm. be the mom stuff. It'll be like a mix of both. Uh, but yeah, uh, I haven't read that comic, but like I know people like <clears throat> it. Um, it's a good comic. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really interested in a, um, a Legend of Korra movie, um, revisiting that world, seeing them together, again, seeing them specifically together. Yeah, that, 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 very. Guarantee. Very big deal because they did it in the comics, and the comics were a huge deal when they did Legend of Korra comics. That was a huge selling point that made that comic sell very well. Hell yeah! But to see it in 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 a live action and not live action and an animated feature is another thing altogether. And yeah, absolutely, would, honestly, like arguably a, more uh, important. Like a Marceline and Bubblegum. Like a Marceline um, and Bubblegum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. What I would like to see in a Korra film, I mean, obviously it's it's Korra and Asami, but like Korra, like the subplot is like Korra and Asami's relationship. Say five years later or five years in the future i don't even care if it's if if they walk out of the spirit realm having just finished their honeymoon or whatever it was yeah when we, when we see them at the end of that of that show yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah I would love to i'm happy about all this this it's all a, this is making me so so happy i avatar yeah. the last Airbender is like arguably one of the greatest cartoons ever made not arguably it is like it's it's like it's so so good and cora might not be as as tight but I love Korra just as much. I am a yeah. Korra stand till I die. I think the highs, the for me, the highs are higher, but the lows are also way lower, which is a problem. But for me, the stuff I with love... metal bending and the metal bending city, that, that is the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. Toph's daughter, would... Toph's daughter in that show and mm-hmm. um, Aang's son in that show. I forgot the, I forgot both names. Were my two favorite characters. Yeah, Tenzin that is a... and Tenzin. Lin. Oh, Tenzin. Tenzin and Lin, thank you. Voiced by J.K. Simmons. Yeah, he's so good. I always forget that's J.K. Simmons. Man. No, but just the fact that we're finally getting, we're we're not we're finally, but the fact that we're getting more Avatar, the fact that Avatar is now super popular. Because I remember back in the day, there were scarcely any Avatar toys. Not a lot of people at school watched it. I was one of it was going on in high school. I was one of the very few high schoolers I knew of who actually really enjoyed the show. And now, 10, 15 plus years later, I walk into a box lunch and there's so much Avatar merch there. It makes me so happy. Oh, it's very cool. Um, is that in response to this, the live action show decided to remind us they exist by saying they have stopped filming. They are I done was, filming. They're ready to go. I was just about to say, um, 
it's not like a, a complete it's a, not a complete correlation but i think these would be coming out a lot later if those if the guys who made avatar were still working on the netflix show yeah mm-hmm. if they didn't leave it to start their own doing their own stuff this could be potentially years later and, and we, I'm, just, I'm so happy we know that they that they left because they weren't let, let to do their own thing and they were like we're, we want to do our own thing makes me very happy yeah, I am. Um, um, I knew everything always comes back, but I'm glad it's coming back sooner than I expected. Ooh, yeah. I'm so glad you said that because speaking of everything always coming back, Kit Harrington will return <laughs> as Jon Snow in a follow-up series to Game of Thrones. So, um, like, I'll um, make you for the segue. Uh, well, you guys, uh... Um, this is all I'm going to say about that. I will believe it when I see a trailer for it. There's this bit in the Adam Sandler Mr. Deeds movie where he's at a dinner and there's an opera singer and he gets him to sing Mistake very loudly and that's um, all I'm thinking of. in my <laughs> Like, they, they can't even wait for House of the Dragon, which by all accounts, like, I think is looking pretty good. It's like shaping mm-hmm. up to be a good show. Um, it's helped by the fact that it's based on a book. Yes. Um, the pr- also the problem here is that George Railroad Martin is in full support of this show, which means if he has any ties to it, that's still, that's one thing away. That's one more thing pushing him away from finishing that book. So I just, <sighs> Jon Snow is a really beloved character. Um, I think he's one of the characters who, who, who ends up like the, in the best situation at the end of the show, as opposed to a bunch of other characters, whether they die or just end up in really shitty, weird positions, brand, like the Lord of the Lands. Um, if anything, honestly, like if there's going to be one character who gets a show after Game of Thrones, it's Bran. It's the king, right? Like to me, that seems like that's where the story is, but I guess it's Jon Snow just being a knight again because people like him, I guess. Or just, or just up him up in the north with the with the, um, the wildlings. With the wildlings because that's they close the door on him when he passes through the wall. They won't let I, him back in. And he's like, look, okay. I didn't know this was true until I just looked it up. But the last Game of Thrones book was published when the first season of Game of Thrones aired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's been almost like it's been like a decade. It's almost it's crazy. Yeah. And it, it's been more than a decade. It's it, been, it, it has not it has not been one week since George R. R. Martin looked at me. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I talked about it when we were talking about House of the Dragon. Like Game of Thrones lost uh, the show, lost my trust. Uh, that they know what they they know what they can do, and regardless yeah. of if the same people are coming behind to make this show, I I, I am burned down by that the handling of that finale. That I have zero interest in returning to the world that that finale gave me. I don't want to. The only reason I'm kind of interested in House of the Dragon is because it happens before the bad writing happens. And again, so, it has a book that it's based on. <laughs> exactly. So like, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I, I well, wish I did. It's it's totally honestly a pass for me. I it, it'll have to be like incredible for me to give a shit, and I frankly don't believe it will be. I mean, really, I don't even think this thing is gonna even happen. I mean, don't get me wrong. Good for on Kit Harrington for getting a job, for possibly getting a new job mm-hmm. as a character that he loves playing. But at the same time, it's like I'm also a Sparks. I do not want to go back to post brand take, being taking the, the the not Iron Throne anymore. I, I care about House of Dragon because that's the Targaryen dynasty. That, there's dragons aplenty in that in that era. And I'm like, that's what I want. Ben. And now it's like I don't was like, I don't want seeing Kid Harrington, Jon Snow being a sad boy in the in the cold anymore. I'm done. But who who has a better story? 
than Bran the Broken. He has the worst story. That's the... No, I, no, that's I the joke. The, yeah. I think the worst thing about it is that I can already see that in the show, they'll try to like justify and fix in hindsight Danny. Oh, yeah. And the way that they wrote her. And it won't work. There'll be some like flashbacks that give us more context and like, uh-huh. or, I will, or like, I or like just people it. telling stories that it's like, well, it's understandable because of X, Y, Z. And I'm like, no, it isn't. I watched her perform genocide on people. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm about to, I was just about to go into a whole nitpick and no, it, hole, but that's not, no. let's get off of this. Can we stop? Uh, I, I'm glad House of the Dragon is coming out. Cause again, Game of Thrones is a world that I really love and I would like to explore it again, but yeah, not, not in the future. <laughs> Yeah, in the past is cool. What if it's far in the future? If they in make the that, if age. they make that one thousand years in the future, where there's like people driving next to the wall, and the president has dragons. Yeah, I'll watch that show. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So uh, we all like Looney Tunes, right? I love, love Looney Tunes. It. Yeah. Well, cool. a new movie coming out called Bye Bye Bunny, a Looney Tunes musical, has been announced. Um, this is going to be a fully musical Looney Tunes feature length film. Um, screenplay and lyrics are written by Emmy Award winning Ariel Dumas, whose only credit is the late, late, the late show with Stephen Colbert for a number of years. Hmm. Um, so that's where she won the Emmy music and orchestration by Pulitzer Prize winning, uh, Tony and Grammy Award winning Tom Kitt. Um, who is a Broadway guy did uh, the Broadway show Next to Normal. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to feature original songs uh, and dance numbers and new orchestrations from the Warner Brothers Library of Movie Musicals. So it's going to incorporate some older stuff on Warner Brothers lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Jeffords is going to be a director and, a, and supervising producer. He was the co-director of Vivo, which apparently was pretty good. Art department. He did art department on Smurfs, The Lost Village, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And he was a storyboard artist, specifically this is the important one on the Looney Tunes show. Mm-hmm. So cool. he's worked with the Looney Tunes prior. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm. This is for HBO Max, and yeah. I'm hoping that it has a proper budget to make it look great because uh, the the 2D stuff of the Looney Tunes show that got canceled on HBO Max and that's a big shame looks really good watched almost all of that i think i had a few episodes left and it's so good the only reason i didn't finish it is because i didn't want to be done um uh i i really love it and so if, if it's got any amount of that charm to it then we're in for a good time i just I, much like disney and the muppets i just want them to be utilizing what they have yeah Maggie's yeah. Cast saying he's gonna have a ball with this musical i think we're gonna have a ball too um i love how they're they're kind of saying doing bye-bye um uh is it yeah it's bye bye dolly right no bye bye birdie thank you yeah bye bye birdie bye bye birdie is the high school show that i won uh best musical in the state and i gave the acceptance speech at the betty buckley musicals nice back when i had dreams i was the pimp in sweet charity that's a ryan fun fact i if we're naming enough musicals i did the bottle dance in fiddler on the roof Mm. You, if I was a rich man, I was in Fiddler on the Roof, but I didn't do the bottle dance. Oh, and we, I was halfway oh. down a bottle. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, we, our, our director, she made us balance a bottle too. No Velcro, no nothing. If it were dropped, it dropped. That's real anyway. acting. Yeah. Uh, this film is apparently about uh, Bugs Bunny, 
who is retiring from the Looney Tunes musical that has been playing on Broadway for a number of years. Um, he is retiring the role, and Daffy Duck is stepping into it, and someone kidnaps Daffy Duck, and now Bugs has to go and save him with uh, uh, all the Looney Tunes, all the Looney Tunes friends, and find his passion for performing again. Hmm. Yeah. The, the, the Looney Tunes show is on HBO Max, right? The one yeah. where Bugs and Daffy are, are uh, roommates? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. Yeah. So there's that. Oh, and right. there's, yeah, there's there's Looney Tune cartoons, uh, and then there's Looney Tune show, and that's, yeah. Both these things are good. These are quality Looney Tunes products. Um, I really, I really, I really hope for more good Looney Tune stuff, guys. Space Jam, blah, blah, Space blah, Jam. did us dirty. All right. I saw a clip from the Looney Tunes show where Lola's on the phone with Bugs. He's like, oh, I see a guy just like who looks just like you. I'm about to hit him. Huh? The Looney Tunes show is so good. <clears throat> All right. Comic book news. Star Wars Visions. Uh, we all know that show. We do. Uh, Takashi Okazaki, um, who was one of the head creatives on The Ronin, which is the, uh, the first short film on Star Wars Visions. Uh, this is the black and white samurai one. Nice. Um, is going to be writing and drawing a one-shot, it looks like, not a series, um, of, of that character again, but after the story from Visions. So it's a follow-up set, styled like a manga. Cool. That's very cool. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was neat. Yeah. I really like the Ronin story. Um, it's not my favorite one, but they keep they keep expanding that one. There's a book. Mm-hmm. I have it. There's a book about him set before, and now they're doing a comic set after. I think that's funny. I wonder if you look at like the views on Star Wars Visions, and it's like Ronin, twelve million, and then everything else is not as high. I wonder, because um, like I want to see like the twins get this kind of love. Yeah. All right. Uh, we all like Tim Drake as Robin, right? I sure do. I Remember like when him. he had the longest running Robin series? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, as Red Robin. He's the only Robin to have a ongoing series up until uh, Robin, Son of Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Tim Drake, Robin, is coming. This is going to be an ongoing series written by Megan Fitzmartin, uh, who is doing the Tim Drake um, stories in Urban Re- Urban Legends. Uh, that's the one where it was revealed that Tim is bisexual. And he's got mm-hmm. a boyfriend. Um, that's so she's going to carry over there and Riley Rossmo will be joining her on art and she does the art for Harley Quinn's ongoing right now. Riley Rossmo is a terrific artist. He's he's uh, 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 such a unique, very cartoonish style. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and basically the story is just going to continue from what Urban Legends is doing. I would absolutely love to pick this number one, number one up. I love to support Tim Drake uh, if I can. Uh, uh, although Damien's still my boy. Tim Drake, uh, I have a, I have a, I love Tim Drake. I think he's a great Robin. I think he's a great character, and I think he's been done dirty for a number of years. Um, the New Fifty Two ruined that boy. Yeah, uh, thank goodness, like Tinian's, like Detective Comics, like really good stuff there. But he, he's had a rough time lately. Tim Drake and Wally West, like they just like for for yeah. like a decade, everyone was just like, sorry y'all, sorry y'all. So I'm glad to see him getting another uh, a title again. Um, mm-hmm. Something that's pretty substantial. This is kind of what I always felt Urban Legends was for, also. Like, sp- like see what does really well and then spin off something. Because that's happened a-, a couple times, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so I'm glad to see it, you know, doing what it's meant to do. Yeah. Um, all right. Midnight Suns. Oh, also, uh, I like to support bisexual characters because it's personal to me. Um, Midnight Suns is getting a five-issue miniseries um, written by Ethan Sachs with art by Luigi Zagaria. Hell yeah. The team is going to comprise of Wolverine, Magic, Spirit Rider, Nico Minoru, and Zoe Lavu. Lavu? from um uh, strange academy hell yeah baby i am so excited for this book it's weird that they're naming it midnight suns from the game but it's just brand synergy i'm not mad at it because the book gets to exist uh wolverine's on the team because you need to sell a book i'm fine with that they put kushala the spirit rider the not just the ghost rider from the 1800s she's also the sorcerer supreme from the 1800s she's a double threat uh and she was relocated to side books in marvel unlimited uh uh, uh digital comics on marvel mm-hmm. Unlimited. um and she's getting a big push and i think she is the absolutely the coolest ghost rider that's been around like one of the newer ones um i just love the push and yeah nico from runaways being in there uh uh, uh the other one from strange academy i i stopped reading strange academy oh, a while ago can i ask you a question about the spirit rider Yes. Um, so it's it's a character from the past who's been brought to the present. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. That's a really cool character. It's a character from the past brought to the present. It's a ghost writer and it's a sorcerer supreme. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and her design is is so cool. One of the one of the absolutely coolest designs for a for a ghost writer. Um, like Native American inspired and stuff. Like love mm-hmm. it. Just I'm so down for this book. Uh, I wish Wolverine wasn't in it, but I'm not mad. I get it. I totally get it. Uh, Morbius. <laughs> Magic was like, we need, we need a friend. <laughs> we um, need someone with spikes. Yeah, so that should be cool. I might oh, actually yeah. pick this up for the Spirit Rider. I'm very interested in that character. Love it. And finally, uh, Planet of the Apes has been um, acquired by Marvel. What? Yeah, Marvel I... will publish Planet of the Apes comics. You know what that means. Is Disney making a Planet of the Apes movie? No, Probably. no, no. Well, maybe, but Planet of the Apes Marvel crossovers where it's going to be war for the planet of the Apes with Marvel. Oh, oh I watch the shit. I read the shit out of yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Imagine them with like superpowers and shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, I, I've read the Star Trek Planet of the Apes book. It's pretty good. Um, so IDW used that planet. What? No, I was saying I read that one too. You loaned it to oh. me. IDW had the Planet of the Apes uh, license for a long time. Um, and uh, this is just another license that Marvel had previously owned in the 70s and 80s, reacquiring. Uh, I wonder how many they're going to get. They're collecting like the Infinity Stones. We got Conan. We got Star oh, Wars. Oh, they don't have Conan anymore. They lost Conan so soon? Yeah. There were the rights. Yeah. There, there's a weird rights thing because um, none of the Conan comics are in Marvel Unlimited. And uh-huh. uh, uh, yeah, Jason Aaron, like he did his final thing and like the rights for some reason are being reverted back. It's really weird. Interesting. Because yeah. he's still in Savage Avengers. Uh, he is for now. Yeah. Because that book is, got made a month ago. Yeah, it's weird. Well, I, well either way, I mean, they had Conan. Um, yeah. I wonder if they're going to they're gonna get ROMs back. They ha- it's they do so much with the Space Knights. They honestly don't have to. But there's no reason that he shouldn't be a part of them. Except that he's Hasbro. Yeah, but I mean, it's like... I guess you oh, really don't need, you need wait, him. Cause like... If Transformers is lapsing... I wonder how many other how many other Hasbro titles are leaving uh, are leaving. Um, Eddie W. 
IDW. We could be seeing we could be seeing Marvel pick up Transformers. I didn't even think mm. about that. I don't need them though in everything. I was gonna say, did Marvel publish the Transformers comic books in the first place? That's what I'm yeah, saying. I think they're I think they're acquiring the titles they used to have again. You know what that means? Godzilla's Movies. coming. Godzilla's coming. Ooh. Oh, if if that leads to a reprinting of that old book, oh, Godzilla read... versus USA. What's his name? Kaiju Kaiju USA. There's like a kaiju with an American kaiju USA. Um, yeah, I remember that guy. Um, yeah, I've got that Godzilla run needs to be reprinted in beautiful color. I'd yeah, love to see it. Nick Fury loves him got some Godzilla. Because Godzilla is only, um, you can only get, I mean, you can't really, but like you can find the essential book for it, but it's in black and white. Yeah, that's the only why, that's the only reason why I want Godzilla to be owned by Marvel is to get those books back. Yeah. All right. Why don't you guys talk about some Final Fantasy VII? Da, 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 da. Oh man, this might have been like the best celebration, like oh. like best video game celebration, because like nobody expected this them to go this hard, and they went so hard it's like unfathomable the amount I, of stuff that they released. I am so happy. I'm so excited. I this was like they're doing they're doing something that fans have been wanting for a long long time. And let's let's bring it down. Hold up, I got the rundown sheet right here. What do we what do we do? Yeah, what do we, just a bunch of bunch of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Final Fantasy right Seven back, Crisis. So a new episodic single player mobile game that will allow players to experience the world of Final Fantasy Seven and its connected stories, including the original, including stuff from uh, Crisis Core. So this is a mobile game, which at first and there's Ghost Sparks. He said he'll be right back. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Yeah, so um, at first I was kind of, because eh, it's a mobile game, but at the same time, it's essentially a HD remaster of the original Final Fantasy VII with the story from Crisis Core thrown in. Yeah, it's no, like... This one doesn't have Crisis Core. Ever Crisis? Crisis, Core is a, Crisis Core is a different thing. No, 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 so, so the story of Crisis Core is in this one, but the Crisis Core remake is coming out. There's two oh, different... Yeah, yeah, there's two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, Brand. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's like two different things. Of course, this is gonna be confusing. There, so, so what? Real quick, I get like, it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Well, I'm gonna say it anyway for the audience. Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake is basically bringing in all of the old games to make all of it canon into the new universe and make it all seamless and transition. Also, like people who are new to it can just jump in and everything makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I haven't played I haven't played uh, Ever Crisis or any of that shit. So like I this is all for me. I'm so excited for all this. Well, ever, well, think uh, Ryan. Ever Crisis is essentially a retelling of the first game of the yeah. first of the first two games, Crisis Core and the original Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. done on your cell phone. But the combat is essentially the same. There's also, I'm going to assume there's some gotcha mechanics thrown in because you see characters in different costumes. You see Cloud in a cool samurai costume. Mm-hmm. Tifa is in more of a laid back uh, Valley Girl kind of sweatshirt. And Aerith is in this gorgeous princess dress. It's like, damn. So I'm pretty sure that there's like some room stuff to, to play around. But the, the cutscenes are essentially HD remakes of, hold up, let me get my visual aid here. Sorry. Essentially, HD remakes of the original low poly models from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So they look really good, and it's essentially it's telling the story from the original game. So, woo, the big one, which I was really excited for, is the remake of Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, which was a Green. PlayStation Portable prequel. 
mm-hmm. and it was exclusive to the PSP and arguably one of the better spin-off of the Final Fantasy VII games that we got during that time, which is, I want to say, 2007-2008-ish, give or take. Sounds right. Yeah, PSP. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That looked like a crazy good remaster, by the way. I watched the trailer. I, I was shocked that that was a remaster, not a remake. Yeah, um, that game has been touted by fans saying that's one. It's one. It's the best um, spinoff that we got from the Final Fantasy stuff because that time we got Advent Children, which I still enjoy. Mm-hmm. Dirge of Cerberus, which um, has seen mixed reviews. There's also a mobile game about the Turks that was Japan only, but Crisis Course told the story before, like it was. It was all about Zach. The main Zach. character was Zach. And you saw him and Sephiroth's slow descent into madness. And that was locked in the PSP for years. Now it's not. It's coming to modern consoles and it looks absolutely gorgeous. I can't. Bro, the, the thing that they did, uh, it's called like it's called like reunion too. Cause like they're they're mix, mixing it directly into Final Fantasy VII remake stuff. Um uh the stuff of Sephiroth, and then it changes his hair to short hair to show like younger Sephiroth. Do you remember that part? That was in the that was in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I'm talking about Crisis Core. Okay, I'm mixing these titles up like it's crazy. Never mind, keep going. Yeah, or maybe no, that was in that was in uh, Ever Crisis. I think yeah, that was in Ever Crisis. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That's, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, okay. Right, Ryan. I apologize. There's no, just so okay. much. Yeah, because that was part of the whole thing. Because I remember watching the trailer for Ever Crisis, and it's that's it's the scene of Sephiroth and Evilheim where he's bringing the the village, and it's like his classic long hair. Now short hair. Now it's not so long. And I'm like, oh my god, you change his hair. I would. I just wonder what that means. Like, are we gonna see? Like, are we gonna see stuff that we didn't, didn't see before? People are I'm, speculating that that's that's not Sephiroth. That's the one of the guys from Advent Children, and I don't I think that's s- it. I want to say that's just the gotcha mechanic of the game. That's just the gotcha mechanic of Ever Crisis, where you can change characters' outfits. That's okay. all I'm saying. You just change the skin, and that and but the main story is the same. Okay. So uh, let's see what else. It's yeah, uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion that's coming out. It's the previous beat psp prequel game if i remember correctly when i saw the trailer it is coming out on all major consoles switch xbox psp ps4 you name it it's coming out so in winter this this winter this winter yes this winter it's coming out so hallelujah praise the lord i know it's gonna be on my christmas list this year and that would have been that would have been enough for fans that would have been enough but they announced the second part then the first trailer for final fantasy 7 rebirth which is rebirth. part two of the ff7 remake of the trilogy mm-hmm. now we know it's a trilogy this game uh, better be long as hell yeah actually i want to let you guys talk about this on the last good question so go ahead okay um so this game is obviously picking up right where final Fantasy Seven remake left off which if you are familiar with the original game um it's then... different yeah it is different you're right. It's it's different. The um, when I meant the original game, I meant the remake game, mm-hmm. where Cloud, Barrett, Tifa, Aerith, Red Thirteen, they're leaving Midgar to go and set things right. And then you see the flashback of Zack carrying Cloud into Midgar, which never happened, because in the original in the original PlayStation One game, Zack died a long mm-hmm. time ago. Cloud may have barely made it there himself. Bro, so, this is this is Evangelion rebuild shit. This, this is, is they're, they're doing like new timeline using old timeline shit. That's so I the the trailer for Rebirth. Uh, I'm gonna start immediately playing Final Fantasy VII Remake because I only played I only played the first hour and then I had to stop and then I just never got back to it. Like uh, that trailer, I'm so hyped. I'm in such a Final Fantasy mood. I downloaded Final Fantasy 14 on my PlayStation Five, which is the MMO. Uh, I am 
I am so in the zone. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> so in the zone for Final Fantasy. That, yeah. that that 30 minutes of just like new game, new game, new game, remake, remaster. I'm like, ah, it's so good. Can yeah. um I, I'm sorry, I had to step away because I really had to go to the restroom. Um yeah. can can you tell me succinctly what exactly the, the mobile one is? By the looks of it, the mobile game is a HD version that melds together the stories from Crisis Core and the original Final Fantasy VII game into one seamless story. In like, into like a, min- a mini. Yeah, but it's done in this, but and it's done in the style of the traditional Final Fantasy VII battle system. But at the looks of it, you it's going to implement some gotcha elements where you can change the outfits of the characters you play as. Uh huh. So it's like a more it's it's like. Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy VII on your phone, plus the prequel, plus new stuff, basically. Yeah, sure. Is this a different build uh, than the uh, versions you can get uh, on mobile devices right now of just just Final Fantasy VII? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it looks if it's a different build. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it it just looks pretty. Change Change outfits. Uh, and also, it's. I'm going to assume it starts with Zach's story, unless they put in Zach's story when Cloud is telling about Zach. I don't know. I don't know about about that. But of course, the big. But I'm excited because Rebirth is definitely changing what Final Fantasy VII is. Would you I, say? Sorry, Brandon. Uh, would well, you say that um, this uh, mobile game experience is essentially designed to streamline audiences into the original story? To I would say register yeah. the separation between that and the the remake story. Mode. I would I would definitely say yes because a lot of because you can play the original Final Fantasy VII on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get it. You can. It's easy to play on modern consoles, but the thing is, it still looks like the low poly stuff. It still looks like that. It's a lot kinda of ugly. Kind of yeah. It, it came out in nineteen ninety seven. Doesn't look. I mean, at the time it looked amazing, but yeah, it didn't look good. So I would definitely say this is a very streamlined way to introduce. <laughs> To, to introduce new players into what Final Fantasy VII was before the remake. Because as we know, the remake started to slowly and subtly change things, and now we know Rebirth is going whole hog and they're changing things. Gotcha. I think it's really, really cool that you can make a three-game epic off of a game from 30 years ago. I just think that's really cool. Good for them. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we still... This is only the very beginning trailer... From what I saw, you there's a there's gonna be a section of when Cloud is telling about how he knows Sephiroth to the game, and there's gonna be a place where you actually get to play that battle with Cloud and Sephiroth walking through and fi- possibly find the dragon. I oh, cannot wait to see Sid and the other characters. I really cannot wait to see more gameplay. This is coming out. It's aiming to be coming out next winter. I will be okay if there's a delay until say spring of 2024. I'm not gonna be mad. But any long any longer though we're we're coming for your kids no, no no but the fact that we are getting something that we're seeing some game we're seeing some uh, some cutscenes it's i didn't it's I real watched, it's real yeah. is what yeah, it is it's like, real it's that's the thing. happening it, it's yeah. real it's finally happening it's it's real it's set they're like we're working on this we're good people expected this to be like with the trajectory of how long ff7 remake took to come out 
and then the silence on this on the sequel. People thought this was going to take ten to fifteen years to, to get done, right? It turns out it's probably going to be less than ten years for all three, which is which is really great. Uh, it takes mm-hmm. a long time. Like they don't want to like skimp on the second or third parts because people want them faster, right? You those are huge, huge, mm-hmm. high polygon, high quality games, and like they look insane. So like no. I don't mind waiting four years for every new one. That's not and also. I'm okay with this with the last two with the later two games being on brand well, well obviously being on the newer consoles because as much as FF7 is so ingrained into video game culture into video game pop culture, the fact that Square was like yeah a lot of people were complaining about oh you're only doing up to Midgar that's like ten percent of disc one what's gonna happen and now when you when they actually played the game they're like what are you doing this is yeah. this is a new experience it's like something you're you're it's something you do know, but at the same time, you're getting a brand spanking new experience. And I am for it. Cause... Something like that recently. <sighs> I don't honestly, I'm trying to put my I'm trying to put my words correctly and say the things, the the emotions I'm feeling when I saw this trailer. It's exciting. But, no, then it's like it's yeah. absolutely exciting. Cause like again, like we didn't expect to see this for a long time. No. I don't think didn't. anyone truly expected to see. It. And the fact that that even if it doesn't come out next year, if it comes out in a year and a half, that's still a year and a half uh, closer than I expected it to be. You right. know, like uh, they fo- they showed us a full ass trailer. So I'm like, that game is being worked on for real. It like it, it is really exciting. It is. And thankfully with the more powerful hardware of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and slash S, they can put more and they can make a longer story. They can make a longer game. They can add more stuff into it that they weren't able to put into the PS4. So I am... I mean, I'm not saying this is going to be a 100-plus hour RPG. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to be mad if it well, does. together it will be. <laughs> together it will be, yes. But I am excited to see what they're going to do, how far into the FF7 story we're going to go into, and what exactly is going to change and how they're going to play around with it. Uh, so you haven't seen the Evangelion Rebuild movies yet. Not yet. I fully suspect it'll go in the same trajectory, where the first one is mostly the same. It starts to change a little. The second one... Or, or third one, because there's four Evangelion movies. It starts to teeter way more off, and then the third one, it's a completely new thing. I wouldn't be shocked if the third one, it's like, how did we even get here? Maybe, like, I'm so if thrilled. they do that, I would assume they're going to, up to when you get the last party member, which if I remember correctly, is Sid. Like, we get the whole party, Yuffie, Vincent, um, everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, you get Yuffie, you get Vincent, then you get Sid. Once you get Sid, that's when things start to go off the rails completely from what you remember, and then it's a whole different story. It's a thrilling time for Final Fantasy fans. I'm I am so excited, and also uh, <laughs> I remember I was uh, I was having lunch at Disneyland when I saw that text, and I was like, ah! <laughs> I love it. Can you confirm, Sparks? I know you were there. I was there, and yeah, yeah I was. <laughs> All right. Oh, and also we Grayson. Were... Sorry, sorry, real quick. Grayson is in the chat. He said I got he got to play Crisis Core back on the PSP. Really fun game. Zach's journey during the game was a real fun one, showing the other three how the other three soldiers interact. I am excited once again. Excited to play that game on modern consoles. Never got to play on the PSP, and of course, Same. FF Seven Rebirth is coming. Yay! Uh, just real quick, since we brought up the Evangelion remakes, just a reminder for everyone that if you are interested, we are talking about those for our 300th episode. You got 11 weeks to catch up to all of us. That means Ben also. Easy money. Easy money. Only four movies. I gotta rewatch them. You got 50, you got 11 weeks. You got plenty of time. All right. We all like Funko Pops. We do. In some way, shape, or form. I I like it when my friends buy me ones that I like. (laughs) Um... We like Mondo. 
I love Mondo. I mean, I would say this is one of my favorite Funko Pops I own. Ben, we're on. We're off Funko Pops. I'm sorry. Yeah, where's your Mondo long. posters? I don't have any Mondo posters. We all like Mondo, their vinyls and their posters. Well, what if the two of them were one? Okay. No, holy matrimony that happened this week. Funko has purchased Mondo from uh, Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, sure this is a good thing. Mondo, no. I was encouraged when Mondo put out their letter saying, like, this is this is pretty much what we need. We need resources and we trust the Funko brand to treat us the way they've treated other subsidiaries they've acquired, where they just kind of let them do what they do, just with better resources at their disposal. So have a launch fly. Beautiful. Yeah, so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So basically what this is, uh, Alamo Drafthouse um, was, they're a small company, and they had Mondo, which is a growing company, and a company that, that has been growing for quite some time, and it's still about only 30 people work there. Wow. Um, so the, so giving, so basically what they said, the Alamo draft house was like, no one's getting laid off. They're just, they're just merging with Funko to get Funko's resources. It's the same people. They're very much, very, very similar. Everyone's saying we're keeping the team together. We're, we're not changing a thing. We're not touching them. What they're doing is working. They just now have our resources to continue to grow. Awesome. And good to hear. And Funko has, God, their resources are insane and i yeah i can only see this as a good thing because aren't the the mondo posters and some of the mon and some of the other things that mondo puts out don't they also become like really hard to get they sell out collector's items yeah 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 so i I would say this would this i could see this as a great boon for mondo so maybe more collectors can get some more of their stuff yeah actually that yeah uh because mondo puts out great product but they're also pretty expensive uh because you pay for what you get it's not a bad thing Um, it's not even it's not even necessarily like most of the time they're pretty reasonably priced when you consider it it's that it's that you do not have the opportunity to like you got to buy it now if you want yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like when they're going to drop it if you don't buy it now there's no guarantee you'll get it at a later date so if you don't have the funds now tough um and that's what that's what can make it kind of hard yeah um brandon remind me isn't your godzilla poster the one where it's all rubble but it's in the shape of godzilla is that a mondo poster it is i have i have four mondo posters my fourth one thanks to sparks is that the shin godzilla one no that's the one from godzilla 2014 oh okay um yeah i have the the leica one which is the four the first four leica films and then i've got a pacific rim one which i love yeah, I when, uh, have when, so many I couldn't even begin to tell you. When uh, yeah. I remember when Brandon first showed me that Godzilla poster at I want to say it was my very first Comic Con, Comic Con 2013. I got it there, yeah. Yeah, you got it there, and I was bummed because I wasn't able to. I didn't have the money to get it. So yeah, like Spark says, if you don't have the funds for something kind of tough, like for someone like me who would really want that Godzilla poster but wasn't able to get it. Right, uh, right when we moved, um, we got a absolutely gorgeous creature from the black lagoon poster from mondo that i cannot wait uh to frame and put up is our twin peaks stuff from mondo too or is that from a different yes place? our twin peaks pieces are from mondo our bathroom horror pieces <laughs> yeah uh this is gonna i think this is only a win-win um oh yeah hopefully alamo draft house can keep uh some deal in place that they can still sell mondo merchandise because it feels weird to not have the two associated with each other anymore yeah that is yeah, yeah that's a good point um but oh perhaps no. a deal will be will be reached sorry emma almost turned my computer off (laughs) no more dad (laughs) pay attention to me (laughs) all right 
trailers. Cheat talk. Actually, you guys keep going. I gotta go to the restroom. Hell yes. yeah. Because you two now have the floor to talk about Westworld season four. Ooh, I like this trailer so much more than the last one. Sparks, tell me you agree. I I do agree. I mean, like, because we we have much more context. Yeah. I'm still I'm still kind of sitting here going. I'm pretty sure two of you are dead. <laughs> I, I'm just like, well, this is gonna be wild. Definitely, one of them is for sure dead. Um, yeah. I I just again like my like my my love of science fiction of like what does it mean to be human and the lines in this is like we need to transcend mm-hmm. and I'm like oh god they're going so hard I love it and it looks like there's like there's like there's like flies that take over people's bodies and I'm like what and like they're going back to Westworld and they're going back to like World War Two world and I'm like all the characters yeah, have a, multiple uh, versions speak, speakeasy kind of time period world. Uh, seeing multiple versions of Bernard, um, multiple versions of other characters is is so fun. Um, uh, Tessa Thompson as Charlotte, I love her. She's so she's so spicy, and those two versions of her, I love it. I will say, and I just maybe you're not in the same place as me. It, it is low concern, but it mm-hmm. is concern. I think we might be drawing Ed Harris's character out beyond what he maybe should be. Oh no, I 100 percent agree with you. Like like I think I think we maybe should have dropped him by last season i think even last season was starting to stretch uh but but by now i feel like we probably should have moved on from him i uh so that he's still there i'm like i'm interested but i i think we might be pushing it oh i 100 agree i think i think his arc could have been concluded but i just think they they just want to have him because he's such a good character um for sure it looks like he's being rebuilt and like he's like an agent of chaos for them now yeah i have the perfect analogy for you i think he's uh he runs the risk of the siler treatment on heroes oh yeah 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 that's you know you you love him so much so they keep finding ways to keep him around on the show but i'm like "Mm, realistically we were kind of done with him a while ago especially because like the past stuff of like you know uh uh, the blame man of black's past like all that stuff's like kind of done with i believe so um yeah i i do agree with you um that's like I, my main concern going in is I'm just like, oh, man, I, I I don't want to get to the point where you kind of ruin the character. No, I agree. Uh, I am 100% with you. Um, I do like whatever the new way of they build robots. There's like weird stuff going through. It looks like the liquid stuff's going through a black suit. It looks yeah. incredible. Like, I don't know what's going on, but um, I'm love, very intrigued. I love Tessa Thompson taking center stage. Yeah. I, uh, oh, uh, the oldest Hemsworth comes back. I forget his name, but, but uh, old man Hemsworth. Yeah. I love him showing up. Um, yeah, I, I like that too. Uh, so, so excited that this trailer uh, gives more context. And it's like, uh, uh, I'm so glad Aaron Paul's back. I like that guy so much. Um, really, really, I'm pos- feeling positive about this season. And it looks er- like we got we got him teaming up with um, Fandy Way Newton's character, which is yeah. great. Um, early reports, early reviews for the first episode around, they're good. So uh, I can't, I can't, uh, makes me happy. Very happy. There's there's a vibe here. Um, there's this one shot where like a dude takes off a helmet, and it looks like we're we're going a little closer towards like some of the stuff they were doing aesthetically in the films. Specifically, like it almost looks like we're approaching Future World. Yeah, the uh, sequel film to Westworld. I I I was I, that's now that you say that that hundred percent makes sense. He looks like he's wearing like an astronaut helmet. Or yeah, something. yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That makes sense. it looks yeah. like it looks like we might be approaching the aesthetic from Future World, and I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah. Um. God, that line is like, we need to transcend. I'm like, yeah, baby, let's get, let's get wild. Love it. All right, Scavengers Rain from Titmouse. Uh, I want to let you know, in case you didn't know, Scavengers is a 2016 short commissioned by Adult Swim. It's eight minutes long. Mm-hmm. You can watch it on YouTube. Came out on um, uh, Adult Swim Tsunami. And this is a an, an expansion follow up show, uh, based off that short. 
heavily, heavily inspired by the artist Mobius. Um, mm-hmm. Looks, y'all. This is this is my favorite trailer of the week. Y'all, this, y'all this like right Annihilation? I hundred percent thought of Annihilation, like weird stuff growing out of people. What a beautiful hand, like hand drawn animated look. I love this. You, you know what else I thought of is um, Annihilation, and then the uh, the Vita Ayala comic that I can't remember the name. The of Wilds. That we read a while ago. Yeah, the the Wilds. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Good call. Um, yeah. There's there's just great imagery here. Highly recommend watching the the short if you haven't. Um, if this interests you, like watch that short. This is uh, going to be picking up from that, much as like many many animation projects tend to. Um, really cool. I'm I am extremely excited for this. What's the guy? Oh, the guy from Final Space is trying to get a kind of Kickstarter. Oh, going. you. Oh, god damn it! You know what? I should have made sure we put that in the news. Yes, Olam Rogers is oh, uh, yeah. trying to get uh, a. <laughs> A, a short made on a Kickstarter for a short made. Uh, I think it's already ma- made its like initial funding, so it will happen. But like, there are stretch goals for making the animation longer and adding uh, in other things. It is, yes, Godspeed. Um, it is, it is its own short that is not at all a spiritual conclusion to Final Space because he doesn't own the rights to the characters or anything. Um, so it's its own, it's its own thing, friends. <laughs> Didn't he say in his video, because I watched his video, it was like, look, I got Final Space because of this, and if this leads me to be able to finish Final Space, I gotta try. Yeah. Um, so this is this is a spiritual successor, um, but it's him wanting to show the hunger enough that he might be able to get some back-end project to just give a conclusion to Final Space, which yeah. um, was... Uh, it, he's he's very honest about it that like his show was canceled purely because of the uh it was a decision made in the um at t merger, merger in the merger decisions and that's what cost him uh is the merger decisions between at t and discovery and mm-hmm. that's awful because final space is a fantastic cartoon so uh, and his first major show uh it was the he was asking for eighty thousand dollars it only made three hundred and fifty thousand dollars yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, that show's uh, gonna look good. <laughs> I highly recommend. So it's it's gonna be a short. Uh, I highly recommend if you can to uh, help support Godspeed um, from Olan Rogers. I, uh, I really love Final Space, so anything to help him is is great. Thanks for bringing that up, Brandon. You're welcome. Matilda the musical. I have no affinity or connection to Matilda, as I have never seen it. But this looks cool. I've seen Matilda once and I like it, but it's been, I've watched it when I was a kid, so I also have no real connection, even though I've seen it. Um, I think this looks great, though. I, I hear the music is really good in this musical. I was immediately drawn to the song where the kids were like, "We're we're shitty kids singing shitty songs, being shitty to each other," and I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Uh, I I'm really into this actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, once again, I have really no affinity towards Matilda. I was just like, "Oh yeah, that that was a movie that Danny DeVito directed." And that was also oh, yeah. a book. And the, that was it. This is the first Roll Doll project to come from Netflix since they're since they're since they bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad it is because the musical is very well regarded. Everyone loves the, the stage show. I saw the movie a few times as a kid. I always found it to be very strange. Um, oh yeah, that's like Roll, that's like Roll Doll's thing. That's why I love um, it. I remember quite enjoying it, so I'm excited to 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 see another one. 
I'm definitely now that because again, like I I don't remember uh, uh, much of it except for the cultural you know osmosis of it. But um, I'm definitely gonna rewatch it because like I remember liking it and like I can I can support Danny DeVito again. I'll support my guy. The girl from Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. Not Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> can you imagine Mrs. Doubtfire as Matilda? <laughs> I could, and I want that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Kung Fu Panda: The Dragon Knight. Jack Black's I, return. I have personally oh. nothing to say on this. Not nothing against Kung Fu Panda. Just like I saw the first movie and I liked it, and I never, never did anything since. So I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick. Go, go do it. Um, he's not muted, so we're gonna hear the whole thing. Okay. Um, what do we think about this one? I actually did not. I missed this one. To be perfectly honest. Oh, that's fine. Sparks. This looks no different to me than the other Kung Fu Panda shows that have been made, except Jack Black is doing the voice. Yeah. I just, I, was, I, I have no attachment to this. I love Kung Fu Panda, the Kung Fu Panda movies. I think those movies are really great. Those are great um, movies. And they've got incredible villains. I was hoping that with Jack Black being in this, like we'd get a different caliber, but it just looks like all the other ones. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, between this and the other show, I'd rather watch the other show where he's bonding with his dad because that's a, at least a more interesting story point to me. And also Christopher Swindle's on it, which is frankly more appealing to me right now than this because like, also like, it doesn't sound like Jack Black's like in love with this script. Yeah. It kind of sounds like he's phoning it in. How do you, sorry, how do you guys feel about this trailer? Yeah. No, I'm not crazy Okay, about it. okay. Because like I, I not just because I don't like Kung Fu Panda, I thought this trailer wasn't very good either. Didn't see yeah. it. Uh, but Brandon's point is that, like, with Jack, Jack Black coming back, he kind of hoped that the quality level of it was going to be more on par with the films, but it seems to be just like most other DreamWorks shows yeah. uh, that are spinoffs of the films. Like, it, it just doesn't seem of any quality difference from the, the Kung Fu Panda show that was on Amazon. In fact, I would argue that that one seems more appealing to me, personally. You know what the premise of that show is, by the way? Isn't he training the young... Yeah, pandas? It, the reason is is because the young pandas all have a special ability from a previous kung fu master like Ugwe. <sighs> see, There's that's no just idea. see, it's just a more logical follow up to where Kung Fu Panda three left off than this. This yeah. this feels totally this feels totally disconnected from the Kung Fu fan, Fu Panda films because like none of the characters, with the exception of his adoptive father, appear. Mm-hmm. It's like he's just ostracized out of the canon of those movies I, to do this show. I'm not even familiar with like with the, the 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 universe, and even I could tell like I don't recognize any of these people from those movies. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's the same way in the they're not in the last show, the Amazon show either. But that was explained because of geographical distance. Right. That's the thing. Is like if he's staying with the pandas, I get it. Yeah. And then you know, like it's still the attachment to his dad and everything, and that that was following up on plot points from three. It made sense. But here, this just feels like. He's removed from everything to be removed from the movie canon. Yeah. Not that I'm saying it's non-canon, but like it kind of doesn't care where it's at. So I don't know why I should care about it. Mm-hmm. I really Ryan, like you those. would really like Kung Fu Panda too. Yeah. Oh, Kung Fu yes, Panda. You would really like that one. Uh, I think, I think Kung I, I think Kung Fu Panda 3 is also good. I think Kung Fu Panda 2 is the best of the three, personally. Mm-hmm. I think you'd really like it. No, two is the two is the only one I've seen and I loved it. Interesting. Yeah. Why? I'm just curious. Why? I'm not someone who would ever watch a sequel without seeing the first. That's just not who I am. So um, sure I, I, 
I was with someone who had free passes and he really wanted to go see Kung Fu Panda 2. So I was like, I'm not going to turn down a free movie. And I saw it and I was like, yo, this is really freaking good. Free movie is actually makes sense. I will, I will, I will also back up Sparks by saying, I do believe Ryan, you'd really like two. Ben, I think you're going to, re- I think you really like all three. And you should I, do I that. would, I was interested in wa- watching the first one and the third one when it came out, when it was Gary, coming out. The, the whole story of two is good, but Gary Oldman's Peacock villain. Yeah is exceptional he's the reason why i love the movie so much is because of how quite honestly quite honestly kung fu panda the whole trilogy have great villains they do i don't i don't disagree is jk Uh, simmons one of them mm, mm. isn't he the third one is he the first one no that's ian mcshane he is you're right he is the third one he's the ox in the third one yeah ian mcshane is the first one oh really ian mcshane yes ian mcshane is the first one the villains in the Kung Fu Panda films, the last time I was watching, I was like, you know what? They've always been well-rounded and and well-developed and their motivations make sense. And like salt, like sometimes some of the best villains in cinema, honestly. The, the, the Kung Fu Panda films are shockingly quite good. Yeah. Um, okay. Unfortunately, this one does not look on par. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's go. Dragon Ball Super Superhero. I want to get this right out of the way of this is a bad dub trailer. Uh-huh. Like, like this is clearly like they're pulling the lines without having synced them to the film yet at all. Mm-hmm. So like nobody looks in sync or emotionally correct. So it's like, it just looks disjointed and bad. It's a bad dub trailer, which is a bummer because Broly had fantastic trailers, Japanese and dub. Um, this, this does not, this is a bad dub trailer and that hurts it a lot because when I've watched the Japanese trailers, I haven't been as bothered. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll be honest, y'all. I'm really noticing this animation. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's bumming me out. If I'm being honest, um, I'm. They're hoping... relying on it a lot. It seems like. Well, it's like the whole movie. Yeah. The whole movie is is this. They made this choice. Um, yeah, I, wanna... I don't think it was. I don't think it was the right choice. I wanna, I wanna say something about the animation. Yeah. Um, because I had to look this one up. I had to look this up to be sure. This is a 3D 2D hybrid. Mm-hmm. to an extent um because toriyama's designs don't always work in a 3d space um so you have to enhance with 2d and i think that looks like still images i quite like because they look really dynamic and i'm i you can notice like the 2d elements and it looks pretty it's when it's in motion that it's odd it's a shame that it's a movie yeah <laughs> i'm oh. i'm hoping that when i'm actually in it when it's when i'm not like watching clips and small snippets that if i'm actually in it after i adjust it will work for me for the context as long as the story's there i don't think it will bother me as much it's certainly not going to look as good as as good as broly and that's just that's just the way it is yeah the the one positive i want to give this trailer is that and i'm obviously from the other trailers we knew gohan was the main focal point of the story but seeing gohan get back to form again see him wearing his old piccolo outfit again yeah. and what i think is him going super saiyan 2 again is like finally put gohan back front and center make him the badass he always was i'm really i'm really interested to see um slight slight spoilers for super ben but i'm really interested to see how they've progressed gohan because the last time we really saw him trained with piccolo he was like i want to learn how to do how to get stronger without going super saiyan uh actually that's when he was training with his dad and he said i'm gonna i'm gonna find a way to be stronger than you my own way my own way oh right yeah. and then he goes to piccolo yeah 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 
uh, to, to Piccolo to train, but he told yeah. his, he told his dad after he trained with him, he's like, I'm gonna find my own path, um, rather than doing what you do. And I'm, uh, I'm interested Gohan. to see that go on. Mystic Gohan too. Yeah. Uh, uh, we definitely see Mystic somewhere in this movie. Yeah. Um, his, his enhanced form that he used to fight Boo is mega, mega Mystic. Um, uh, I'm still intrigued on the plot. You pretty much can't convince me at this moment that it's not either Cell or Android uh, 21. Uh, it's one of the two. I'm positive I, is in that damn thing. I'm feeling Cell. I felt Cell in this one. Yeah. Um, where where did Cell touch you? Uh, when they <laughs> Honestly, put in the, anywhere he when wants. they put in the dialogue line that said Calamity is back. Uh-huh. I was like. Mm-hmm. Now, Ben, Yo. I put I put this in the news because I think it's kind of cool. The new voice actors have been announced, and the only recognizable name that I saw that I thought you would like is Charles Martinet. Yeah, voice of Mario, Crazy. Magenta. Good for him. Cool. I mean, he. I mean, obviously, the when you hear his name, the big the big thing that comes up that comes to mind is, of course, is he's the voice of Mario. But that just shows that he is still a voice actor who's like, yeah, I can do other voices and I can do other roles. So the, I'm watch like, it just be Mario. The team, the team <laughs> that is that is uh, behind these dubs is just cheeky enough that I would not be surprised that if that character gets smacked to the side once, he's gonna go <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like it's gonna happen. Probably uh, I, to try to be positive on this animation uh, in Broly. They used a lot of 3D during the fights, and, and it looks good during like during some of like like the the high intense fight stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure the fights are gonna look good. I just wish we could have just because it's I know it's more expensive. Obviously it's more expensive, but like mm-hmm. it's just a shame that like the entire movie is gonna have to look like this now. I will say I will say like I really hope the story is strong for this. I really do because I think right now it's running. I'm working so hard not to pay attention because this is out in Japan already, and I'm trying yes. not to pay attention to what's up. I um, found it online already. And yeah. I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna wait. Uh, yeah. I want to see it in theaters, but like, uh, I, I'm avoiding all that shit. But um, I think this runs the risk of being feeling like a side movie venture, uh, like some of the older, later Dragon Ball Z films did, yeah, rather yeah. than um, an adventure with the with our cast. Because like, it, it's a known fact. I'm not spoiling anything. Like, pretty much what you're seeing of Goku, Vegeta and and Broly is the amount that they like they're not going to show up for the final fight. They're staying off for their own shit. Um Good which seems to be point. which seems to be very exciting that they're they brought Broly to be trained by on Beerus's planet which is I'm jamming. I'm oh jamming my god. feeling boy. Imagine Broly like going like like super god, super mega god, super saiyan or whatever. Uh, he doesn't so, need but, to. His base super saiyan is stronger than super saiyan god. Oh yeah. But that's but that's kind of the problem is like you're explaining why we're not getting those characters in this film which is cool and fine and I I get it, but it's also making me like, yeah, but is there any way I come out of this movie not itching for the thing that does more with those guys because of that? Yeah. Um and that's going to be tough. Like that, that makes it so the story has a big hurdle to overcome. And I, I really hope it clears it. I believe in Gohan. I watch Dragon Ball Broly again. Yeah. Broly. Broly. I, haven't that's seen, movie. I haven't seen it since theaters. That's a, great that's a mistake. That's I know. Just a mistake. And every time I see it on the store on Blu-ray, it's like, I should get to pick this up. But it's like, no, I don't have the money. I got to pick up other things. That's true. <sighs> All right. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Yeah, this looks great. Boy, Spider Verse was the best thing to happen to animation, y'all. For <laughs> real, like this isn't this doesn't look like exactly like Spider Verse or anything, but like 
it's it's not the Shrek 3D style. Um, it's doing this like incredible, almost kind of like the what's the the bad guys, right? Was that the bad guys? Mm-hmm. The bad guys, yeah. Where it's like a a really good look and like it looks funny. My one critique, I I hate three minute trailers that show you a lot of the movie. I feel like I saw like a lot of like the plot, which is fine. Um, I just don't like three minute trailers; they're way too long. Sure. Um, I I love the two D animation hybrid stuff we're getting here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it looks great. Um, this I think this was the first time I saw a Puss in Boots trailer on the big screen was before Lightyear. I don't think I'd actually seen one in theaters uh, before that moment, and so um, it looks great on the big screen. I can really see the 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 strength of the animation. Um, I love Puss's stupid beard. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I I'm I'm here for it. I'm very happy. Uh, I yeah I uh, I haven't seen Puss in Boots, so I guess I'll have to watch that. I haven't it's, seen. It's worth doing. Yeah, I haven't seen the solo Puss in Boots movies either. Um, but this animation does. Oh, what? Excuse me. I haven't seen the the solo film because when it came out at that time, I was kind of done with the Shrek universe. I was done with the. Sh- I, I would say I was done with the new Shrek ones. I still haven't seen Shrek Forever You're or fine. Shrek Four. You are so okay. You're yeah. so fine. It's not even funny. <laughs> but I must say, I do love Antonio Banderas' Puss in Boots in 2. 2 is my favorite Shrek film. It's an amazing film. That's a great uh, film. Yeah. 2 is um, the best Shrek film. Yeah, it is the best Shrek film. It is. Um, it, I but, agree. Yeah, but I will say this animation is gorgeous. Like, I love what he gets, gets the espresso and just the fight scenes. I'm like, man, this looks rad. I really like the first Puss in Boots film. I'm mm-hmm. very happy we're getting a second one. Oh, God. The voice cast, real quick. The voice cast for this is insane. So, obviously, Antonio Banderas, Selma Hayek. Uh, Florence Pugh as Goldilocks. Mm-hmm. John Mulaney is in it. Um, Olivia Coleman, Ray Winstone. Come on. Crazy. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm i stoked that this looks as good as it does. Yeah. And it really does. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. All right. Main topic? All right, full spoilers for Pixar's newest film, Lightyear. We are back in theaters for a Pixar. You've been warned. What we think about this one? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, cool. I'll go first. <laughs> I I really liked this film. I had an absolute blast. The more I sit on, the more I love it. Mm. Um, really, my biggest critique is that there are some parts of the movie where just it just felt a little awkward in some line in some line deliveries but other than that it was it looks absolutely stunning it was a really good i thought it was a really good sci-fi film and i had fun i had an absolute blast with this movie i'll go next i think there are a lot of really emma i think there are a lot of really great elements in this movie that i really like um when i look at it as a whole i think it's i think it's good i think it's a good movie it's definitely not top 10 Pixar, not maybe not top 15 Pixar. Um, I don't know how many movies, how many movies I made actually. That's not true. Um, 26. We just had a 25 20, film discussion. You're right. Absolutely. This is, this is in the middle. Absolutely. This is a middle Pixar movie for me. Absolutely. Um, I didn't hate, I didn't hate watching it whatsoever, but especially after turning red, mm. um, I was like, man, this just feels like a, just like a movie I'm watching half the time, which kind of bummed me out, uh, to be honest, but, uh, I enjoyed it. Sparks. Yeah. I, I had a really good time. Um, I, I definitely like had ramped down my expectations a while back, uh, mm-hmm. because I was getting too hype and I knew it and I'm like, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to be upset. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I pulled it back and like, um, it's not everything I think I would have envisioned the light your film to be, but I'm still pretty darn pleased with it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll get into the to the minutia of it, but I I really like the space ranger venture feel of it and i really think that it executes on the story it's telling well um yeah i think i fall with you sparks i pretty much echo everything you said i really enjoyed this one i had a good time with it um it's not as grand as i would like a light year film to be as i as i kind of always envisioned what something like that would be um but i was happy with it i totally watched another one honestly they wanted to make a sequel um, all right, so that's why we dive in. Dive in. What do we want to start? I don't. I, I don't know. I'm definitely the lowest on this movie. So you guys start. <laughs> all right. Um, what we've talked about this before, and I'll I'll, ex, I'll extrapolate on this again. But what I love about Pixar films and Pixar trailers specifically is that they never fully tip their hand mm-hmm. on what the film is about. Because with the trailer, especially the second trailer, it felt like, oh, Buzz goes back to his 60-some years in the future, and it, it's like from the now to the then, to yeah. to the future. Right. But the fact that Pixar decides, like, no, this is him constantly, they're trying to test out to see what crystal, what's the right mixture, I love that. And you yes. see Hawthorne age. You see her go through her lives. You see her engagement, her wedding, her son, her son's graduation, all of that, and the I could have swore in my theater there was a few people sniffling when she was giving the last hologram message to Buzz, sure. and you see a little baby Izzy. It was us. It was us. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it no wasn't wonder. the theater. It was us. No, no wonder. Um, I I think that um, that decision is my favorite decision about the whole film. Yeah. Is uh, the the narrative choice that this is Buzz making a choice. Mm-hmm. to do these four years and not weighing the cost on himself uh, and punishing in, in, in essence, punishing himself for a perceived mistake mm-hmm. and co- co- costing himself life, mm-hmm. uh, like life with people he cares about. Um, and that felt so much more rich than what I thought we were going to get uh, out of the time uh, jump from what we got in the trailer so to, to your point ben i think that was a, like i'm so glad i didn't know about that yeah uh because like in in the moment of watching it i'm like oh buzz what are you doing bud oh buddy oh here you go i talked last week about the buzz lightyear little mini documentary on on uh, disney plus a reason why i felt like it'd be best for you guys to watch that after is because it tells you that it tells you that story beat that oh, okay. he's been jumping four years oh that's I knew awful. That go- I knew that going in, but it didn't impact my my enjoyment of that. I still think it's one of the best things that the movie incorporates. Um, I really liked what that meant for Buzz, what that does for the story, uh, and how you see all the the place just expand over time. Yeah. I quite I quite like I, that. I love how every how it does expand. I love how um, of how the base grows, of how the how like the turnip is the main building, but then you got all these other buildings popping up, and even. I know jumping, we're jumping ahead to the end of the film here, but when they blast off and you see a much more greener planet, a much more tamed and um, I want, I, maybe not tamed, but more agricultural. There's like a more lush green fields, like farms that are growing there. And it's like, so they really are okay with making this planet their home. And um, I kind of dig that. And that's, like, the, and that's the thing of like, that's Buzz's punishment, right? He, everyone is living their life and realizing like, 
well, you know, actually, we've got a life here and I wouldn't want to lose this. I wouldn't want to trade mm-hmm. what we got. And he never understood that because he keeps jumping four years. Right. And Buzz Buzz is the only one who's truly who truly feels like being on this planet has become a mistake. Yeah. And other people have accepted it. And Buzz mm-hmm. refuses to accept it. I think what's really good about Lightyear is that they do a great job of extrapolating backwards from the toy to create the character that would have made that toy Mm -hmm. um because up until the moment when buzz sees the toy commercial in toy story there's a lot of connection between that character and this character uh they're both so stubborn so so overconfident so locked into their own uh sense of mission and what they need to do that i think they do a great job of expanding on that character and then it doesn't feel wrong to me that buzz would need to be hit over the head with the lesson right Mm -hmm. for most people it would be enough when hawthorne passes away Mm -hmm. for him to be like okay i i have gone off the rails with this yeah uh but buzz has to literally be faced with his himself uh, going off the rails with it to recognize, oh, oops, <laughs> um, yeah, and and I think that's very good, and and I think to that point, I think that that was a great way to play the the anticipated like. It was one of the things I was really curious how they were going to handle it because Zerg being Buzz's father is a Toy Story two joke to Star Wars that doesn't actually like mean anything more than that you know yeah. it's just a fun it's a fun reference to star wars toy story is full of references to star wars uh and it's one of those and i'm glad they didn't stay married to that concept but i am glad that they tricked the audience with yeah. it so when he first appears and he says dad uh you're like oh dang they're really doing that and then it's like <laughs> nope way more complex than that um is and- it is it that more complex uh more complex for the character i'm not gonna say like a complex storyline okay but but it's a more but to that point it is a more complex uh it is a more complex character uh in uh confrontation in this than uh in the sense of like this is this is luke when he um slashes the mask and it's vader's uh instead of vader's face it's luke's Mm -hmm. this is going directly for that this is going for the heart of that uh, completely and having him have to be like I see that I have gone completely into this uh, rather than like using the parallel of the father um, mm-hmm. and I think that makes it a deeper character analysis that Buzz has to create for himself yeah, um, yeah, I I, that. yeah going into going into that moment I really actually enjoyed that how they kind of twisted because when he says dad I'm like part of me was like oh no they're actually doing the joke because I once again like Sparks said Toy Story is full of jokes and references just for jokes and reference sake and I was like, oh shit, is that actually a thing? And then the fact that it's like it's hit, it's an older version of him, I'm like, oh, we're really going into this like time travel thing. Okay, I can dig it. I always then, really like I always really like that trope. Uh older, screwed up version of you meets younger, different path version of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I oh immediately I've got a bias for that that sort of plot line. It's honestly the only reason why I like the Lost in Space movie, which is awful. Um <laughs> but I I really like how that how that creates a situation where you really see why, and almost like James Brolin, James Brolin, Buzz Lightyear almost accidentally made this version of Buzz Lightyear, right? Because he went back in time. 
So he's seeing so he's seeing this other character when he says like, "Well, what about Izzy?" And the other and the older guy goes, "Who's Izzy?" Mm-hmm. Really like seeing the two different. It's such an effective, an effective simple moment to differentiate the two paths that they went mm-hmm. on. I absolutely agree. I it is also a trope I love. Um, my problem with it from the devil's advocate perspective is the execution of it because we are we are the mystery of for for a long time like what is zerg who is zerg right um and i think some of it might be coming down to is like we discovered this information in 1995 but like zerg is like this random enemy for the next 30 years for buzz so that's a problem for me that's a a little issue um that it's buzz lightyear as zerg right um buzz just goes to the future and finds a zerg mech suit randomly yeah that pisses me off that sure. you're telling me the the origin story of Zerg from this from all of this is oh I found the ship. There's no logic. There's no. It's it, you're just supposed to not think about it. Just don't think about it. Don't think about it too hard. And unfortunately, I'm a thinker. I like to think about movies. Not I'm not saying you guys did. That's right. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just like I the logic is not there for me. It 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 felt like a twist for just being a twist for me. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea. This this could have been. This could have, like they could have done the same thing, but like show me your dark descent into into madness. Show me all of that. Don't show me I found the ship and I came back. Like that's that that I I I I had a problem with it real hard, and I like his performance and everything. Like the the situation itself, I like how we get there. I think it's I think it's lazy as shit. I think you've got. I, I won't disagree guys... with that point real quick. I, I just no, I, I won't I won't disagree with finding the Zerg suit. I do think is lazy. I won't disagree either. There's the other thing of like. You say like show that a slow descent to madness. You're right. Like the, you know, there's another version because he says it in dialogue. You know, I uh, how show are you me. So, don't tell me how are you so why are you so old if you went back? Well, it's because it wasn't an exact science. Like this is the furthest point I've been able to get to because he was centuries in the future. Yeah. He says um, so. Coming back, he had to come back incrementally, which caused him to age. Um, I think that's pretty cool. That I think you could have done visually with the narration even. Even Absolutely. if you want to keep the narration, that could have been pretty effective. Honestly. Absolutely. Show the thing that Buzz was doing earlier, but show mm-hmm. instead of it like him doing it happy mission, he's okay doing the mission, he's getting worse and worse every time it happens to him. So you see how he gets there. Because like mm-hmm. he, we're just supposed to we're just supposed to accept this is evil Buzz, but because we know Buzz Lightyear, that's just like we don't have to think about it any harder. And I'm like, the, the stuff you talked about sparks of like how he is different than Buzz, I do like. But again, like how we get there, I'm just like there's like no real effort there's no there's no effort he literally walks into a ship in the future a zerg suit opens up i expected him to fight a zerg to be taken over by a zerg like i expected more uh because again this is his darth vader and i'm just like this this is the origin. this is what you gave us i don't disagree with the um the origin of the the zerg outfit and all that being very lazy i i think that's i think that's valid i think that's totally totally fair um what i do think is that i i find the character of Buzz up to that point, right? The the fraction point between them in time is not the best dude, right? Yeah. Like, I can believe that without the optics that push him specifically, like, like if we want to be simplistic, it's, it's Izzy, right? The existence of Izzy is what changes Buzz's mind. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's all for, sure, go back. Let's just make it so I never screw up. Yeah, he, he is so says, selfish. He, he is so. so selfish and egotistical that he would easily, without the evidence to push him in another direction, go down that path. 
I yeah. do believe that if he pushed himself, you know, all the way to the end of the universe in, in the future uh, and and was convinced of that, like, I, I think that that works. I think that that buzz up to that point, as he's presented to us in the film, our main character feels like he's riding that edge of he could go down a really shitty path or he could go down a good path. And which yeah. one is he going to do? And Absolutely. and for me, that that like that works that I don't think. I don't think James Rowland's future buzz necessarily needed much of a big push to be an asshole. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I really, I really like that um, Izzy is at the the center of that, of uh, that, that change in Buzz's mind um, yeah, for, for a lot of reasons. I like it because of the relationship that's developed between them in the film, but a really great thing that I really wanted to spotlight about it um, is that, you know, there's all the talk about the, the same sex uh, kiss scene in light year and that is a that like in general like we kind of talk about that as like a small accomplishment you know like it's it's a small thing they got to put it back in it was going to be taken out of the movie but they got to put it back in and yay it's there and and good good we get some same-sex representation but what's all the more valuable is what pixar did so sneakily is that not only is it present it is marked as important by our main character because essentially what he comes down to is I can't go and do what the villain is saying to go back in time and undo my mistake because I would wipe away that same sex relationship. Mm -hmm. That is too important to erase. I think subtextually that's awesome. This is the most progressive movie of the nineties. Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another, 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 cause we've been really positive and I, I gotta be me real quick. Uh, you're telling me this movie came out in 1995 and socks didn't became a, a household item for everyone to buy. Yeah. If you're going to do the dumb thing of, this is a real movie in 1995, but Andy saw it. This is a toy. You can't put other better, cooler shit that we know would be popular. Like, that. That's it, like, it would have been cool if, like, we saw socks in, like, the background of a movie and, like, nobody remembered. It's like, oh, my God, it's that thing. Like, but th here's the big marketing push of this movie. And, of course, it only exists in our world, not in the toy world. And it's, like, it's just a little attention to detail thing. I'm like, okay, that's. Socks rules, by the way. I love socks. Oh, no. Yeah, socks is great. No, socks I got yeah, no complaint about the character. Movie, it's just opinion. one of those. It's just one of the things where, like, they had the 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 picture of Andy with all the toys at the theater. I'm like, wait, why are the claw guys at this theater watching this? And I'm like, I can't. This is I can't. I can't think about this. It's a road I can't go down. I bought you five minutes. <laughs> I bought you five minutes. Yeah. Socks. Socks is great, and I was I was kind of into socks for uh, a lot, like in the beginning. Um, we see so little of it. I was like, oh, okay, so we're probably not getting a lot of it. It's it's. When he's like, oh, by the way, I figured this out. I figured out light speed. It only took me seventy six years, um, and and then the I was like, okay, oh, yeah, he's pretty cool. He's pretty helpful. And then I bought you five minutes. <laughs> my my favorite part of that bit is Buzz being like, wait, was that for me? In case I got out of line, I bought you five minutes. <laughs> That's probably the hardest I laughed in the movie. Yeah, that was real good. It was that very was... unexpected. I loved it. It was also such a great callback when older socks does the same thing to older Buzz. Oh yeah, I bought you yeah. five minutes. Yeah, like when at first I thought Socks was just gonna be like this plucky little cat who was like, okay, yeah, he's cute, he's adorable. I see him on marketing. Now after this movie, it's like I am totally fine oh. with going to the store and buying a Socks toy. You know what I, I thought care. was, you know what I thought was very funny also when he did Lightspeed and he and he's, and he's landing, <laughs> the confetti comes out of his console. But um, out of I also like the. That was, that, was 90, that was a great 90s reference. Um, what else was? That, was... No, no, no. That's that's that. Stay. Um, <laughs> don't move off of the point because I really want to talk about um, the technology in the movie. Mm. Um, how they visualize the technology is very of the time. 
it's very 90s with like the small screens with the green with the green screen with all the big buttons and mm-hmm. um i thought that was very very uh, was a very nice touch even like mm-hmm. buzz is like even like the 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 hmm space suit, ranger suit? the proto space ranger suit the one that we thought was the original but that's at the end um looks very 90s very retro oh, very retro future something you would see in like alien mm-hmm. um i thought that was very cool and a very nice touch yeah You're i right. think i have no problems with the movie at all visually i think it's i think it's i think it looks great i think all like the foliage and like the, the alien creatures look great um i love the way that their camouflage activates it's like it's very like old school dune but like the big blockies things happen i saw yeah. that too yeah very yeah dune. yeah yeah i, I um, thought as we were getting through it that i'm like kind of bummed that like his outfit doesn't look like you know Buzz's outfit. It's Give it time. The the jetpack isn't there. The laser isn't there. Um, but what I liked is that as the adventure goes, like he utilizes those things and goes, you know what? We should make these standard issue. Uh, yeah. These these are things all space rangers should have. Because if you notice, there's an interesting thing happening throughout the movie. He loses every single weapon. Yep. Except for the 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 wrist gun. So like he's like yeah these these guns don't work this sword thing doesn't work we got to get this thing yeah uh there's there's the the old lady character who can put anything together to make it explode I and they don't you. they don't utilize that enough in my opinion they do it once yeah. at the end and I'm like that was her whole thing there were so many opportunities where she could have MacGyvered her way out of there um I thought that was just again like sure could could have been used more like if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna introduce that element of a character and not use it until the very very end I'm like okay that's cool I guess. I, I thought Taika's performance was pretty subdued, considering. I, uh, I'll be honest, Taika when he's not in movies he's directing. I generally I'm like what, fine on. He's fine in this movie. He's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I did like that the old lady. Uh, every time she gets you know like hands on a weapon, it's always like it's getting progressively bigger and bigger weapons, and she's like, "This is definitely violating my <laughs> parole." <laughs> that, is, that is good. Why did you? Why are you? Why did you get arrested? I stole a ship. Well, everyone yeah. got it. Well, actually, you know what? I I thought that once too. I get I, that. I really, I when when Zerg. By the way, Giacchino's score. I really like Giacchino's score in this. Uh, his Zerg uh, theme that plays when Zerg is like chasing Buzz and like the, the big like operatic orchestra happening is awesome. Yeah. I agree. Um, and uh, uh, Zerg has this moment where he like asks like beckons Buzz over. I thought it was going to be the rookie from the beginning of the movie. So did I. I was like, who? I was like, is it Fetz of is it, is it Feather, Feather, Feather Hammerstein? Feather Hammerstein, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is it going to be that guy? He lived 100 years as a robot? Um, I, I think, honestly, like my favorite scene in the movie is when uh, the yellow Zergbot comes, comes to attack them. And like, uh, Buzz is trying to fight him. And uh, Taika Waititi is trying to throw shit. It's not working. And everyone just it sucks. And he's like, wait. Y'all aren't space rangers, are you? Yeah. Uh, I was like, that's that's a fun scene. Um, I think the strength of the space rangers is incredible. They're able to not only twist uh, parts off of robots, but also giant intergalactic ships. They can just uh-huh. twist screws off because you know screws are definitely not hard to pull off. I thought that was, I thought that was a fun little touch. I'm like, wow, they got strong fingers. Good for them. Wow. <laughs> it's, the, it's the gravity. It's the it's the gravity, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a denser gravity at this on this planet. It makes you so strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, the um, I, I I think the the guy reminds me of some the the, the guy who replaces um. What's his partner's name? Hawthorne. Alicia um, Alicia Hawthorne. Yeah. The guy who replaces him uh, her reminds Burnside. me of another reminds me of another character in a similar position that I can't recall. But his 
he has my he has one of my favorite bits in the movie, which is actually post credits when he just goes <laughs> laser shield. Mm, that yeah. was pretty fun. Reliant on that was very funny. Very reliant on the laser shield. Yeah, it's just like because he's doing the oh, you know what he reminds me of. The way he said, the way he does the laser shield thing, I remember it in my head as very similar to um, uh, the the old man from Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Okay. Yeah, it's been I don't too know long. why. Sure. Oh, it has been too um, long. Yeah, I think I think visually the the film is a treat. Um, it, it's it, like I enjoyed just mm. excuse me, I enjoyed just watching the space the space ranger venture. I do think like um the lesson for Buzz is really, really heavy-handed. Uh, like, you see it coming at all times. Like, you, you just watch him going down the wrong... But I th- also think that's, like, the point, is that Buzz is... is He's too stubborn to realize too, it. Yeah, way too in his own in his own shit to, to get it. And he needs to, like, really have it hammered at him over and over again. I, I So I was starting to get a little annoyed. Because, like, I was like... Like, Buzz sucks. Like, that's the thing. Like, he sucks until he gets better. Like, that's, like, the thing in the in Toy Story and in this, right? So, the point when they're in the cone shields, yeah. and Buzz is like, if I if I join you, I can't save you. And they're like, Buzz, we don't need you to save you. We need you to join us. Yes. And that's the moment where he's like, oh, all right. And like, I was like, that's that's good. That's a good scene. Yeah, um, I I agree. I like I like those cones. I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, um, the, the way they visualize that, and I think like they do physical. that. I think they do that in good increments, just, like, constantly challenging Buzz to get him to recognize, like, the problem is that you don't believe that anyone can help you. Mm-hmm. When he's when he feels like he fails when they lose the when they lose the hyper hyperspeed fuel, and he's got this moment where he, um, where he you know he, he thinks that all is lost, like he's forever he will never be able to save everyone. Uh, and he even says something along those lines, um, still refusing to believe that people could be happy there now. Mm-hmm. It's been so long. That the people who you were trying to save in the first place are dead. Yeah. Everyone, everyone there is at least second generation person who lived on that planet. Right. Mm-hmm. And there, and I, I like that they like thread a very real line of that. Right. Like there, there is still an amount of sadness, and like even on Hawthorne, like she's like she had a good life. She's happy. She yeah. did still want to be a space ranger again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she didn't feel the same way about as Buzz did, where like that's the only way I'll matter. Yeah. Which is what Buzz feels, but she did want that. Like, like mm-hmm. that's not absent. It, it didn't just like go away. And I do like that. That that's still there too with her character. Um, yeah. But I, but I do think like they do, they do a great job. That God, that like that 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 time jump montage sequence is very good, just to illustrate Buzz's fixation and how he's just totally missing the point of what's going on around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really do like. Um that montage because you know you just kind of see you see everyone around him change and he's so stubborn he doesn't notice that people are getting older mm-hmm. you know he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and we're all gonna get off he can't even at the end i still think he's still trying to, to he's still trying to believe he can save his partner he can save yeah. hawthorne right it's very maverick it's, yeah, it's very maverick in the way that, like, you know, by no mistake, I'm sure that there's a lot of inspiration there. Um, it's very, it's very much that in the way that he's so about the mission, um, because it, his, it, there is a good heart within Buzz of I'm doing this to help others. Yeah. I'm trying to make life better for other people, but there's a an obsession, an unhealthy obsession with being the person who fixes it and being fixated on doing that. That 
that that I think creates like both both like the rich uh, development of our main buzz throughout the storyline, but also makes it possible to believe in the uh, older alternate future buzz. Yeah, uh, um, his existence anyway. I wish that I wish that they had explained how Lightspeed worked um, prior to uh, the time dilation because it's a surprise. When he comes back, there's like, hey, time dilation happened. Like, oh, what? Like, they didn't expect it. And they were traveling light speed in the beginning of the movie. So I, I want to, I wish that they had given us like a, a point of reference of where, yes, of where, where we were in the beginning of the movie. Was there time dilation happening? Was there not? How did they figure that out? And I'll then, be honest. Here. Uh, one of my, one of my biggest problems with the movie is, is the, the fixation on the plot of the, the fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my honestly, like it, when it happened in the movie, I was like, "Oh yeah." Uh, so can you can you guys tell me what socks is? Is socks something that you can give to everyone? Is it a super sophisticated thing that only one person is allowed to get? Like I, I'm. I got the impression that it was built by Hawthorne. Okay. For so, Buzz. Okay, so there's no other socks in existence, right? Yeah. Okay. That that was that was a, a first question to help my other question. Uh, they spend sixty years trying to figure out this formula, and then the cat is able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and all it is is four numbers. It's like, it's a ratio. It's like 22, 10, 30, like, and then it gets destroyed. He's like, oh, the formula's gone. You're telling me a super sophisticated AI cat can't remember what that formula he's been working on is? He's a computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Also, my other problem with the space stuff, they focus so hard on this exact thing. It has to be this fuel. There's a giant spaceship up there that's inter- that has intergalactic travel. Why don't they just use that ship when they try to kill Zerg? Like that's a ship that's fully operational, has technology from the future that can help them way more than a tiny shuttle that might work. Like they had a completely other opportunity to, uh, they just really wanted it to be, you know, a Buzz Lightyear Star Command ship thing. Um, when I was like, you guys got a perfectly good working ship up there. They're like, like I, when they got sent up to space, I thought that was going to be it. Like, oh, we're going to use this ship to escape. But they just go right back down after. And I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, they need, the, so the the I get the impression that they, uh, that they were able to remake the fuel because at the end they're, um, I just assume socks still would know the formula. Yeah, because they're they go they like put new formula into the new into the box ship that they that they designed. So mm. I just assume socks socks didn't forget the formula when he when he lost but he, the thing. But he freaked out. And he went, "Oh no, the formula like it's lost." Oh well. I don't know. I I, can't, I don't have an answer. Okay, no. I mean, that's this is not me like attacking you. That's me like yes. The plot it's not as thought out as I wish it was for me. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Um. Anything else? I um, think it's. I think that's more to add tension for like. I think that's more to add tension because like they can't leave that behind for them now because where Buzz and Socks are going, like they don't know where they're going to end up or mm-hmm. if it'll succeed. But he's always and, had the formula. So, for, he's always had the formula, though, and he only he only recites it when they need it at the end of the movie. Is what I mean. Right? I'm no, I'm I'm saying like the reason he freaks out because the device gets destroyed. Is I think they were going to leave the device for the people still there in case they fail. Mm. Oh sure, sure, sure. I guess. Or like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't personally get that intention. They could have also like said it like, oh no, the people. But like that's a good point. Yeah. I really liked. Um, I really liked the uh, message that socks. Uh, had corrupted in his file uh, from Hawthorne that mm-hmm. he, he that 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 he plays that does a the, a cool a little slight reference to the help me Obi Wan Kenobi bit uh, when it glitches yeah um, I thought that was a sweet speech um, 
the Infinity and Beyond stuff got me a lot more emotional than I thought it would. Uh, specifically at the end when um, Izzy says it mm-hmm. and they do the thing. That yeah. was very cute. I really liked that. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I, I like the I visualization like... of those new suits too. I think that that I think that rules. I do too. Uh, I like Izzy a lot. I'll be honest. Like if Izzy wasn't as strong, uh, I'd I'd probably be more down because like the other two characters, like they were just fine to me. And there was also like a third robot that just totally gets left behind, which is sad. Oh yeah, Derek. <laughs> Derek. Re- realistically, like you don't totally need the old lady and Taika Waititi's character. Mm-hmm. Like I, I no. mean, like you you could have told a story that just relies on like Buzz just being able to trust in Izzy. But I think it, I do think it is valuable for Buzz to recognize the value in trusting even in people that he sees as screw-ups because he wouldn't necessarily see Izzy that way, but he definitely sees the other two that way. Absolutely, yeah. So, like, I, for the lesson you're going for, like, I think I think that is valuable. Um, yeah. I will say that, like, their characters are very, like, they're, they're shallow, you know, you know what the, you know what their trope is, and that's what they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, they have, they have their characteristic, and that's their whole personality. It's just, generally, in Pixar movies, the side characters are really great, and I just found them to be just totally there. They're, 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 they're cool. The food that they consume is funny. Uh, I especially like the bit when they're talking about how they make sandwiches 100 years in the future. That's how a sandwich Uh, should be. uh, Meat, meat, bread, meat. Everyone's like, what are you talking about? Bread, meat, bread. That's too much bread. It's I know I I am I once I saw this movie I'm like I gotta start a petition y'all. There's too much bread. <laughs> He's like, what's but it's so it's so it's so juicy. He's like that's the best part. Juicy, juicy fingers. Juicy fingers. <laughs> um, yeah, I like this movie quite a bit. I really like socks. I was surprised as much I like socks. Yeah. Um, I, I almost thought a bing bong was going to happen when he was left in space, and then that movie would have made me cry, and then they didn't oh, do it. Yeah. So, oh yeah, um, if he if he drifted away, I would have been like, holy shit. <laughs> See, that's right. that's that's what I wanted this movie to have. Uh, um, I not that I again, I don't, I don't. This happens, it's happening a lot. Like, I don't need death in movies, but like the the emotional highs for me were at the beginning when when uh, Hawthorne does the the hologram finger that sure. definitely got to me and then past that the highs of the emotions were, were, were not high for me not very high until the very end of the movie um so to add a little more drama although that scene the scene itself of izzy in space breathtaking <sighs> love it yeah. i thought it was harrowing with her love it with her astrophobia yeah mm-hmm. i love that i love that and, um, and socks is like exactly it's the most direct path there's yeah. nothing in your way no <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna stop talking now um I'm glad it is like we did see uh, Nega Nega uh, socks die, which uh, was just oh, sad. So when socks has when socks is in the is in the helmet and he's just like, no, nope, this isn't working. What do we do? What do we do then? How about this? Yeah. <laughs> you just oh. see socks floating um, in the air. He coughs off a hairball, but it's a it's a it's a torch. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. Everything I mean, when he turns I, I like, uh, like the, the laser eyes on, I'm gonna get <laughs> yeah. you. Ooh, I'm gonna get <laughs> you. Socks. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um. He he uh, he starts getting pet by Izzy and is like, "Do you like that?" And he's like, "I do." <laughs> why why does he make that noise? Don't break my cat. Yeah yeah uh, yeah. Socks definitely from the trailers. I was like, "Oh, I really hope it's not one of those characters." But it ended up being so much better. Like definitely yeah, MVP, the, MVP. Yeah, being one of the best characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else we want to add? Do we want to rate? None of the none of the Toy Story references bother me. No. Nope. Um, the lines that are buzz now quoting this movie is supposed to be the logic but like mm-hmm. the 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 reverse version of that um i really love that uh they they really focus on him saying blast 
They say mm-hmm. it a lot. He says a lot. Yeah, no, I, it's great because that's like that. That is Buzz's curse word, and he doesn't do it as much post Toy Story mm-hmm. uh, in in those films. But like the the fact that it's a, a frequent point here, um, I think Chris Evans is great. Oh yeah, I think he just delivers a great performance. I like him as Lightyear a lot. Uh, I think he found a good way to have the voice of Buzz, but also make it more. What yeah. What was the name of Old Buzz again? The guy who plays her? What's his name? James Brolin. James Brolin. James Brolin. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. For this movie, I thought it would have been cool if Tim Allen was the Old Buzz. Because he's 70. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been incredible and like a fun like uh, uh, Easter egg. And I'd be like, this is who I become. I'm actually a conservative and racist. I'm like, no, Buzz! <laughs> I think that would have been... I think that would have honestly like... Uh, elevated the movie a little bit because i'm like this is who i become <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna knock it that probably would have been a pretty neat choice yeah i, I think I, in a different yeah. in a world where tim allen hasn't said some things that tim allen has said i think that would have happened absolutely yeah he still got has a, a better sense gonna, of humor got a disney yeah. plus show coming out they don't care yeah yeah um yeah well pixar probably was like mm, uh, pixar I, yeah, yeah i uh visually i love the cute reference to buzz's first appearance in toy story when he yeah. puts the space ranger suit back on again in front of socks and it does the socks is in woody's position comes up from the legs comes up to the suit i thought that was cute they do yeah. the the when, it, the when they're in the helmet point of view we see the mm-hmm. helmet reflection mm-hmm. like in toy story yeah, no, yeah i thought the, they were all all handled very well yeah i was gonna say all of the toy story all the toy story quotes or we know from Toy Story, they were all very organic. Not a single one felt out of place. Even when he yells, not today, Zerg, I was like, that's organic. That worked. Or, you know, I always go back to, like, the one where it's like, uh, Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. Come in, Star Command. Why don't they answer? Mm-hmm. Very well, much like Tim Allen. They call you Zerg. Why do they call you Zerg? Because they can't say Buzz. <laughs> Guys, what is, what's going on there? What co- Where do you get, where, do you, where does that come from? What's happening there? They can any, only say Z, I guess. Like any actual answers, because like I'm just like his name's Zerg, so he's got to be Zerg. There's no real reason. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. No yeah, answer. Okay, got, okay, okay. Anyone got an answer? Well, for I that? mean, like I, I like like what bullshit would I make up? Like they wrote. Well, no, it, I, I no, I like I was actually like I wanted to know if there was like something I missed or like or, but it mm-hmm. just okay. I'm just making sure. Like yeah, the, the buzz. I wa- the the idea is so good, and when I saw it happening, I was like, oh, this is awesome. But then it was just like they did nothing with it, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's a bummer. That's that's say, me. I was gonna say something. I can't something. recall. I think I think that like um, the movie like zigs away from evil emperor zerg representation. Um, that's more like what what the next thing would be, right? Like it's mm-hmm. all it's all the setup of him becoming that figure. Sure. Uh, and I I. There's a part of me that wishes that Zerg was anomalous from uh, an old Buzz. Like, I still want the old Buzz story. I think that's a good story point. I think that 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 fact is very good. There's a part of me that wishes that that was a separate element from the fact that Zerg is there. Mm-hmm. I I um, I wish he was like he could even been like working for Zerg and not knowing he was evil and like he's gonna help me change the past or whatever like sure something like that like he could still be wearing a Zerg suit too like and that makes sense um uh-huh. just him being the Zerg like I, I it's like I have to go back in all of Toy Story and be like wow that's evil Buzz and I'm like and for me I don't I just I don't buy it I just doesn't buy I don't buy it mm-hmm. yeah I wonder, I, I, that, I wonder if that Zerg toys from the sequel. The, but from well, Lightyear, from Lightyear Two, 
oh i mean yeah you know like he becomes evil emperors or like that's the whole setup right like where yeah. what 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 context we have of buzz with his ship with his look for toy story is where the movie ends off so whatever whatever the future is that's that's what they're marketing to with the toy that they make of buzz mm-hmm. for for toy story um uh yeah i i i kind of i kind of wish that those two things had had been separate like i didn't I didn't need Zerg to be. That's the, I guess that's the main thing. It's like I didn't want Zerg to be his dad. I didn't want them to chase that road um, yeah. because I'm like that's just not gonna feel genuine. Um, but I also didn't need Zerg to be anybody. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like I, he's like evil intergalactic emperor. Like that's all I need him to be in a way. I, I guess you know. Yeah, but I, um, I I don't I don't mind it too much outside of like what we've talked about like the the laziness of how he gets the technology and things like that the the arc of like this buzz who who took that that one step too far that our buzz is riding the line of taking i think is is still a good plot point yeah i think what's i think another thing that i would have liked to see in this movie is a little bit more explanation of what star command is um because there's no like because they say at the end of the film it's like we're the we're gonna be star command galactic division which i think is actually a sly a sly setup for the for the animated show mm-hmm. um because that's i think i'm pretty sure that's what that was star command yeah star command well because they, they they're they they're in star command no i mean the show then, was called buzz Lightyear of star command right or yeah whatever. yeah that's yeah. what i mean yeah um and like slyly setting up a potential like obviously they want to make that show again but like that's kind of like the idea of in universe they came up with that show idea mm-hmm. um yeah i i I kind of wish that we had more of a like what was like if they weren't deep space rangers what were they I would have liked to have seen more exploration of that I honestly got more of like Star Trek vibes mm-hmm. like like they're they're like explorers more than they're like Green Lanterns you know what I mean like like galactic policemen like yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get the sense they were policemen in this they movie. seem to they seem to have a known destination but along the way they're charting any habitable habitable planet sorry habitable mm-hmm. planet on the way um because that's the whole thing is they have a course and then there's this planet that might be habitable mm-hmm. so they have to go check it out um interstellar because they're, <laughs> they're trying to chart everything as they go it mm-hmm. seems for where they could stay um or where they can they can make bases or homes um so it seems like they knew somewhere they could go but along the way they have to keep kind of an open mind and the space rangers are there to do the uh dangerous exploration of the planet before the scientists can come in and uh, make their analysis and i think that that's kind of a cool idea this idea of like it's very like star trek exploration sense but like if star trek had a like uh uh indiana jones type team that's ready to like get into action if it's need be when they go down to explore first mm-hmm. uh and then pull the information back so that the scientists can get on the ground yeah i agree um all right anything else we want to rate it uh mag's in the chat saying that old school sounds of aol and blowing air into a cartridge feels refreshing oh as sure. soon as he took that and blew i was like oh ben's gonna love that yeah <laughs> me too um all right final thoughts rate who wants to go first i'm gonna rate it a 7.5 i think it's i think it's very good wish it was better sure vanish sparks no i'll i'll say i'll say it's a solid eight i do agree it's not like super high up there in the pixar echelon for me but it's still i still had a good time um maybe if i 
uh, once I do watch it again, I'll probably have a different opinion about it. Um, all the things you guys said, the negatives def like definitely do makes are valid. Like the more I think about it, I was like, yeah, the whole Zerg thing is kind of a bit of a cop out. Like, how did he get this suit? How I wish it wasn't valid, Ben. I really do. <laughs> I, I know, I know. But um, those, yeah, I would stop. But I still had a really good time with this movie, so I'd still say it's a solid eight. Beautiful. All right, cool. Sparks? Yeah, I think it could have been, like, it's it's not necessarily the Grand Space Ranger adventure I, I would have envisioned. I think in, in many ways, like, it, the my biggest, like, knock maybe about the movie is that it, it almost demands a sequel to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of wish it didn't. Yeah. Uh, I, not because like I, I don't think that would be good. I would love would love to see a sequel. I just wish I didn't feel like it demanded one. Yeah. Um, that I felt like I got full service of things in this film, and I'm like I got close. Uh, uh, I I agree with with you know like a lot of the Christmas criticisms we were saying earlier. Um, I'm not gonna be right through them, but like I, I think they're there. I just think like uh, uh, the charm of Chris Evans as Buzz and and Kiki Palmer as Izzy and like the the lesson as uh ham fist says it is in the way that it goes that buzz has to learn really works for me as a storytelling point so i i go with i i go with uh yeah eight out of ten yeah i'm the same i will go with an eight out of ten uh, much the same reasons um I had, a, I had a good time in this one i think it's a solid sci-fi film i do wish it was a nine out of ten but an eight out of ten is not too bad if like like if they had to make if they had to make this movie smaller and safer to give them the opportunity to make like a real ass, like big space opera for the next one. And like, that is the trajectory that I'm happy for it. Um, I just like the hype around this movie. And it's like, it's like the first that's like, that's this kind of thing of like, we're going into the universe of toy story. And I'm like, I just like kind of expected more. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's not, a, it's not a bad movie, but I'm just like, I feel like this is the one that should have put all of their baskets in. And it feels very conventional. Uh, sure. As opposed to something like a Turning Red or a Soul, where it's like wild and incredibly inventive, and and like, uh, I just found it to be like conventional in a way that I didn't expect for a Pixar movie. Which again, it's it's supposed to be a '90s action movie, but even then, I don't feel like it's a 1995 made action movie. I feel like it's a 2022 Pixar movie. You know what I mean? Like, I don't that aspect of it, I didn't I didn't buy either. I, this was like a '90s like <laughs> Shane Black '90s like uh, action comedy. Hell yeah, that'd be dope. But that's not what that is. This is a Pixar movie that came out in 2022. It's more. It's mostly trying to be Mission to Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that. All right, so shall we? Shall we book club? Ben. Yep. Take it away. You. All right. You got it. So my book club this week is. From the Journal of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is uh, from Star Wars, written by Jason Aaron, the 2015 run. And it includes issues 5, 17, 20, and a whole bunch of other issues, which the numbers are kind of... 26 through 30. That one. Thank you. 26 through 30. Also material from 37. Yep. Yeah. So these are, um, these are like... I don't want to call them filler issues in the main star in the Star Wars line that was relaunched in 2015, but they are looks into how Obi Wan was living on Tatooine. And since we are almost at the end of Kenobi, the show, mm-hmm. I was like, Sparks said, "Hey, I was hoping to do the the, the journals of Obi Wan Kenobi." I'm like, "Yo, that's a great pick. Can I steal it?" And he let me steal it. So it. here we are, gentlemen. What did you guys think of the journal of Obi Wan or from the journals of Obi Wan Kenobi? Have y'all seen the TV show Obi Wan Kenobi? Yes. It feels like that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Honestly, 
it, it's I, I I liked it. I'm not gonna say I love every issue. I think I think they're all good. I, I enjoyed every one of them. But it's like it's that it's the thing where like what do you do in the time period where he's not being the Obi-Wan that we know? And these are just like stories of him helping people, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But like it's not doing a lot for me. Yeah. You know may, I mean? may I may I just real quick interject? Yeah. All these issues are written by Jason Aaron because I just wanted to cover this first. Mm-hmm. Um, issue seven is art by Simone Bianchi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got Mike Mayhew coming in for the next two. Uh, and then um, we get... Uh, sorry, I gotta find it. Salvador, uh, Salvador La Roca. La Roca for a big chunk of them, the 26 or 30 chunk. Um, and then uh, Andrea Sorrentino for the last little Ooh. snippet from 37. Hell yeah. Uh, I just wanted to get those out of, out there because like we got different artists. They're all written by Jason Aaron. Um, every thank single the, one. Thank you for the credit. Art credit. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like the first one. The first little snippet is nice. Mm-hmm. I think it's a nice little little taste. Uh, it feels like it, it blends into the, the show pretty well. Like... Um, that they were thinking about this being like kind of where he gets to post post the show. Uh, and I think that works. Um, there's particularly an excellent part where um, when he's meditating with bones and mm. he says, you never trained me for this master Qui-Gon. You never taught me how to fade away. Yeah. Uh, in a similar line, um, the last Skywalker I tried, the train was gone. They were all gone, all the Jedi. And sometimes I wondered if I should have gone with them. Yeah. Obi-Wan's sad this whole, the whole time. Like in line with what the show's going for. Yeah. Um, this is a sad point in his life. Just helping out water people, helping out Luke when he can. Um, I I thought that that was a really great, uh, just a really great line. Just acknowledging how he's feeling in the in the time he's trying to help uh, people keep their water during a drought away from Jabba. I really like when he does the um, Jedi mind trick on some of the raiders. Yeah, and uh, part of it, what he includes is, and I should mind my own business. So that they say that. <laughs> was a really nice touch yeah it's I, I really i really like that as an introductory to this yeah. to this idea uh it's fascinating to see the direction they took with how much of the force powers he has in the show as opposed to the comic because in the comic he's just still doing tons of jedi shit non-stop he's always yeah. using force powers um even lightsaber stuff he's doing lots of lightsaber stuff too um and i actually prefer pr- for me the more sad version where he has lost connection to the force yeah because that makes yeah. the vader stuff so juicy uh right. but it is nice for the comic that it's like he has to he has to uh protect luke well uh, and like it feels like this comes later because at this point he has his his house which he does not have good point in yeah the show yeah. Yeah. yeah i would i would definitely say i do as i was rereading this cuz i remember when i was buying the star wars comics back in 2015 I was really enjoying the bits of Obi-Wan because, you know, that's a part of Star Wars that we didn't see and then now we do. Um, I kind of, rereading this, I really do enjoy seeing the Obi-Wan show because, you know, he's cut off in force and all that. Pretty much all the same stuff you said, Ryan. But the story that I liked the most what, as uh, with, with Obi-Wan was him fighting Black Crescent. Yeah. Now those, you know. Now you know how he got the scar. Those mm-hmm. issues are really good. Not just the the story is good, but Mike Mayhew's art is just like cool. that. Is that is like what I remember as a child picturing like Star Wars art to be. His um, facial expressions are top notch. He like he has the most expressive like ah, oh ah, like really like yeah Luke specifically Luke in, like flying a plane like yeah uh, he draws he has great smiles terrific mm-hmm. smiles he does. 
the one story which I didn't, I really enjoyed it, but at the same time, it just felt kind of, uh, was Yoda. Oh yeah, that Black Rosan scene was so good. But so I really I just I want before you move on to the Yoda one, I want to mm-hmm. talk about the Mike Mayhew ones and then yeah, let's talk about Mike so Mike. I want to talk about the Black Chrysanthemum stuff because I really Java. like I really like the relationship between Owen and Luke being put at the front. Um we get the the great uh discussion where Owen comes to the house, uh which it feels like the show kind of also is is ripping on instead of dropping parts for the ship, it's dropping the toy, which is the same <laughs> ship. Yep. Uh uh and that just that that energy that owen has like owen's just a piece of shit um <laughs> he says before you got him killed talking about anakin haven't you murdered enough skywalkers already kenobi jesus oh, yeah. owen give me a break yeah. bro yeah his burns just got sicker oh god mm-hmm. yeah mike mayhew's like faces are just top notch like beautiful yeah. digital work here and like, joel edgerton's not looking too good no sorry joel you're not looking this good no the whole time i'm reading this i'm like oh emotional damage <laughs> Uh, yeah, Chrysan looks great. I forgot this is like this is his first appearance, right? In this one, no, he shows up earlier. No, he showed in, up in Vader. The, he showed up with um in in Vader. He shows up. That's with, right, in Vader. Uh, Boba with Boba at the beginning, looking for who Luke. blew up the Death Star. That's um, right, and she and he's he he ends up teaming up with uh Doctor Afra. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but this is still a great appearance. I love uh Obi Wan having to save Owen uh, and the combination with Luke coming in to, to catch him with the so speeder. Awesome. I think all that's really cool. Again, like Mike Mayhew's art makes this just like a, a joy to read. I think um, it's just gorgeous front to back. Yeah. Uh, so I really, really love those two yeah. issues. I, I, I highlight them highly. I um, uh, uh, real quick, Ben, uh, my favorite page from it. It's at the end of the battle. Like, like Luke saves Owen and stuff. And um, he's like, next time, Luke, I suggest not cutting it quite so close. You know, before we finish Chrysanthemum, I want you to know you're without a doubt the rudest Wookiee I've ever met. And then he starts talking to him and Chrysanthemum mid sentence just hurls himself off of the thing. Saying like, you know, if you don't treat yourself better, he's like, oh! he's like, I gotta get out of here. And like, that's comedy. That is yeah, comedy. That is. Um, Brandon, did you get to read these two issues? I only read the first two issues. Okay, okay. so you got so you got one Mike Mayhew in. Yeah, All yeah. Right. You, you get what we Mike. mean about the art being like what yeah, it is. I, and I read the third issue when it came out long mm-hmm. time ago, so it's been quite a while. But yeah, I really like the art in the second issue specifically. Yeah, yeah. My, I think Mike Mayhew is like. God, Mike Mayhew honestly is the person who I want to see draw Star Wars all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he captures the Star Wars of Star Wars of my childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Mayhew art, the Mayhew art is phenomenal. And when I was re when I was rereading this, because I also read these back in the day, yeah, I I got confused because I was remembering the Mike Mayhew art. I'm like, where the hell is? Oh, then then when I get to issue two, I was like, oh, there he is. Like one of the lines for some reason just stuck in my head is when Obi Wan is like. Master, thank goodness I'm strong in the force. So I couldn't keep down my snake. And then Owen shows up, drops the parts. He's like, Owen, come in. How do you like your snake? Mm-hmm. Snake, snake. Yeah, it would, it's, this, be... it's this bit. It's this bit where I've, I've got all these collected in the, in the single issue trades. Sure. Um, but it's when he's got, um, when no one's at the door and he calls his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yes. Over, uh, over, over and yeah. just kind of holds it, holds it by the door. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, I love like where Cassantin ends up. Like he fled off world. Uh, 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 Jabba like feels betrayed by a bounty hunter. It would be a long time before Cassantin was ever on Tatooine again. And there's the hardest image of Cassantin I've ever seen. Dark hood, scar over his eyes. Yeah. God, Mike Mayhew like draws beautiful people. 
beautiful Wookiees. Um, there's a great bit in there where uh, Kenobi does a favor for the Jawas to um, scare off some Tusken Raiders, but he's trying not to use his Jedi abilities too much. He's like, I gotta find a better way to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which will be the Crate Dragon howl later. Yeah. Honestly, now that I've seen a bunch of Star Wars shows with the Tusken Raiders, like when the Tusken Raiders are going in, I was like, no, don't fight them. But yeah. Yeah, I, I I also got that vibe too, where I'm like, uh, oh, you mistreat them, but I I do like that later, yeah, uh, later piece that that's more kind, yeah, uh, to them, yeah. Um, oh yeah, look at that. But before we talk about that, we should talk about the Yoda, uh, the Yoda piece, the Yoda arc. So I don't hate the Yoda piece. I want to make that absolutely perfectly clear. I think as a story in itself, it's a great story with Yoda in the in the early days of Jedi. At part of the story of Obi-Wan, though, I do feel that this is definitely mismatched because when I read something called the journals of Obi-Wan, I want to hear more of Obi-Wan's story, not a secondhand tale that Yoda told him that he is telling to Luke. That is a weird so, that is a weird thing. Yeah. So I mean the story of Yoda on, on this planet with these these stones and feel the stone, I actually like the story quite a bit. And then when Luke shows up and he's like, oh, and then it's like and it's this whole thing. Yeah, but I still didn't really understand the point of the story. I didn't know if the stone was forced for a second. I thought the stones were maybe kyber crystals, but no, I didn't know it, it's a living. It's yeah, a living it's a living breathing, entity. Yeah, well, I well, obviously when we got there, I was like, oh, they are living breathing things. Yeah, but I was talking about when we first, like, when you first see those blue spears. My first thought was, holy shit, those are kyber crystals, aren't they? And then how ah, they're moving yeah. rocks. I'm like, oh, these are all force sensitive. They're, they're all willing with the force. So it's like, ah, oh, that's are... like a planet full of Jedi. Force or, rocks. Or possible Jedi. And it's like, nope, it's just a giant mountain monster. Stone throwers. Isn't that what they're called? Stone throwers? Like or stone, stone power? Rock, rock hawkers. Rock and, hawkers. Um, they, have, they have stone power. power. They have stone power. That's what the force yeah. is. Yeah. Um, there's, there's something that I really like about uh, the Star Wars comics specifically um, that I just recently read in... in in Darth Vader, it's the idea that Luke went searching for, like, knew more about the Jedi going into Return of the Jedi than 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 audiences thought he did, because yeah, he yeah. went searching for a lot of this stuff. In the Darth Vader comic, it's revealed that he found Jocasta Nu had created a, a secondary archive to train the next generation Jedi, and that was that was locked up when she died, and Luke finds it. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. having, like, also, he's got this journal that's telling him about a story be- before the Clone Wars mm-hmm. is kind of cool mm-hmm. so i i i was really enjoying uh the first this is like about a four or five issue arc uh, I, I enjoyed the first half of it quite a bit um yeah it's, it's a five it's, it's a five issue thing once we get to like uh, like more than the halfway point and we start being introduced to like i think his name's garros who's like the guy who trains uh-huh. yoda once he yeah. becomes an adult and the luke stuff comes in that's where it starts to get a little like messy for me um, I really like the stuff with Yoda, like being a mentor or being a trainee to someone else to learn a different way of using the force. Yes. I think all that stuff is really cool and a really cool invention of the force and like the giant mm-hmm. force mountain. I think that idea is insanely cool. That's like the stuff we see in like clone wars and shit. Like that's, I want more of that kind of like, which is actually giants, which is really great. Yeah. They're literally giants. Um, it's really cool, but it's the stuff where like the, the warring tribes and the parent stuff, it starts to get a little messy and well, it I think, focus. I think the story could have been told in half the time. Yes, absolutely. It felt too that's, long. That's part of my that's part of my thing is I just feel like it 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 goes too long. Another thing, um, is Salvatore La Roca known for tracing? Yes. Okay, yeah, because the Yoda's almost always traced, and he's the guy who me. traced the on the alien covers. I thought I, so. I yeah. thought so. I wanted to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I asked you, but I was pretty confident of it because I'm like Yoda's almost always traced, and you can tell. 
and it looks bad because he doesn't look consistent yeah. with the art of the others most of the time that he's in there, panel. There like, I a... know exactly what moment this is traced from. This is when Yoda's looking at Palpatine in episode uh, two and is suspicious of him, and they traced it right in, yeah, and yeah. he does not match the art style of all the other characters. There he is... looks out of place. He's hyper-detailed when the others aren't. There is also definitely a, a, a panel where he looks like the puppet from yes. episode one. Yes, I know exactly which panel you're talking yeah. about. And yeah, like, he was and I'm looking right at this like, why does he? Because then there are other ones where it's like, okay, this looks like you know the, the CGI Yoda that we knew or that we've known ever since the, the prequels, and now we get to a scene. It's like, why does he look suspiciously a lot like the puppet? How'd you guys like how you feel about this one, Yoda on all fours? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's traced from when he's reaching into the little uh fridge thing that luke has yeah uh, uh it's wait where, the... so there's a there's a version of this yoda that's just the puppet from episode one yes it's well, when it's, he's with like Qui-Gon and obi-wan yeah that's it's fun. traced it's a mm-hmm. it's one panel where he's like looking up uh to the sky and it's clearly the puppet from episode so one. salvador salvador Ro- laroca who draws my favorite iron man run he can't he he's very hit or miss with people his he is exceptional at drawing anything that's armored, like Iron Man, Darth Vader. He did Darth Vader with Kieran Gill. Uh, Kieran Gill. Oh my god! Um, Just he's really it. he's really good at drawing cars and like things that aren't real. So that's what he starts to trace. So the Yoda is hyper detailed when the rest of the humans are just like, yeah, just like open mouth agape. And I'm like, it, there's like a di- there's like a dissonance between these yes. two characters. Yeah, yeah, it really drives me up a wall a little bit. Um, it, I found it distracting, especially when I was like, I know what frame of Star Wars this is from. I know what frame of Star Wars this is from. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, just just really kind of drew me out of it. Um, and then I, I just thought, I like the story. I like the idea. I like the idea of the giants. I even like how it is connecting to something with Luke with Garros. I just don't think it's as clear. And yeah. I think it takes too, way too long. Yeah, I agree. And then the final thing, uh, just it's just a couple pages from thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah. Andrea Sorrentino, baby, doing some yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, this was this was a this was like okay, where was this the back the last three issues? Once again, <laughs> I still enjoyed that Yoda thing, but at the same time, I came here for Obi Wan on Tatooine. I got Obi Wan on Tatooine. Yeah. yeah. So he and this is definitely where, like Sparks was saying, he is better treating towards the Sand People now that I've seen all like Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and Book of Boba Fett. Excuse me. I am like now when I watch Star Wars again, it's like I like Sam people. They're they're maybe Obi Wan deserves to die. What? What? Due to his his treatment of Sand people. Oh. Yeah, but in issue thirty seven, he treats them better. That's yeah, he, yeah. He, treat, he treats them better. He saves a little sand. He saves a sand youngling from stormtroopers. Yep. I know. I was just making a joke. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> uh, I really like the section where. Um, it's Obi-Wan in the journal talking and he says the sand is their everything, their cradle, their grave, and their life's blood in between. But the Tuscans Oof. must always remember that there is one thing the sand will never be, their friend. Oh, so, uh, so good. I thought that was so good. Like, this is such a nice little, like, snippet. Just a beautiful little mm-hmm. snippet of, like, life on Tatooine. It's very favorable to the Tuscans. It's it's nice to have Kenobi be put in that light. I just really like it. Yeah, a little Tuscan yeah. Force-sensitive kid, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I just thought it was a nice little. It's a nice little, mm, nice little tasty treat. I think there's a Legends, uh, 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 Tuscan Jedi. Jedi? I don't think any new recent stuff, unfortunately. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Oh no, I still enjoyed reading this or 
most of it was me rereading it. Same. Yeah. And I forgot that this came out seven years ago and I'm like, oh, I definitely read this and it's been erased from my memory. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, all right. Ryan. Hey. Your book club next week. It sure is. Let me pull her up real quick. Hey, guys. Um, we're watching Miss Marvel. And I'm not going to pick just volume one of Miss Marvel because I feel like, one, that's just like coward thing to do. It is. No, <laughs> th that's why I'm not doing it because that would be easy. And also, that would give away some of like the plot elements that are happening in the show. And like, I don't, if you guys haven't already read it, then like just be fresh to that stuff, right? I don't want to ruin a potential thing that you like you're going to speculate on. So read instead, so instead, oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to be doing Marvel Team Up with Spider-Man and Miss Marvel, written by Al Ewing, art by Joey Vasquez, colors by Felipe Sobrero, and letters by uh, C uh, VC Clayton Cowles. That is a, I believe, a five-issue miniseries. It is a re-relaunch of the Marvel team-up from, I believe, 2019. Uh, and the first arc is uh, Miss Marvel and Spider-Man and Captain Marvel and stuff. I, I collected this series in uh, the singles. Hell yeah. A nice one, yeah. Hell yeah. I didn't I didn't get to read this because uh, I don't usually uh, pick up the stuff that often, the team-up stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted a Miss Marvel book that wasn't her volume one where we'd have the whole story uh, ruined for us, basically. Sure. So, this is a this is a solid pick, man. Hell yeah. Uh, I read the first issue yesterday uh, just to test it out. And a uh, spoiler, it's a body swap issue uh, where they're going to really swap bodies in the next issue. So I am very excited to read that. <laughs> so do you think they're going to do the bird in Miss Marvel? The bird. The bird villain, Einstein. Oh, oh, he's the villain in the first volume of Miss Marvel. Oh, that's I, I haven't read that in eight years. I would love them if they did the if they did so, the bird. So, um, Ryan, I just want some clarification. Do you want to yes. do just the Spider-Man part, or do you want to essentially do the first volume? No, just do the first five issues. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because well, um, so issues one through six are the first volume. Okay. There's three issues about Spider-Man and three issues with Captain Marvel. Uh, let me just pull. Sorry, I have it on Marvel Unlimited real quick. Um, it's okay. Yeah, Marvel. Oh, sorry, uh, so much stuff. Marvel team up, Spider-Man, Miss Marvel. Um, just yeah, the first volume. Just like, they'll collect all of them, so it won't just be Miss Marvel stuff. Okay, okay so one, so one through six. They're they're all with Miss Marvel. It's just three with Spider-Man, three with Captain Marvel. Oh yeah, then I want all Miss Marvel. So yeah, do all. Let's do all. Six. So all six. Okay. okay. Three issues is not enough reading. All right. Um. There you go. So next week. Um. We'll probably also do Black Phone as a review. Um, I think we're all pretty excited for that one. I will try to read the book club and send you some thoughts before I am out of complete contact. Yes. Love mind. Um, Ben, pull up, Ma pull up Mags. Will do. You stay safe as well, Mag. Take Goodbye, care, my sir. friend. Thanks for stopping by, always. All right, guys, make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. Uh, you can check out all sorts of shows we got. We got Fake Nerds Watch. We got tons of shows coming to Fake Nerds Watch. We have Star Trek Strange New Worlds, uh, The Boys, Stranger Things, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we just started Miss Marvel. It's coming soon. So stay tuned for all of that juicy, good stuff. Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade pause menu. Check both of those shows out as well. Fake Nerd Book Club and Anime Station are also on this channel that you can check out if you like this video and you, and you subscribe to the channel. We have a Patreon like to support us financially we have a patreon and a t public appreciate it those links are down below um or you can find them on our website at fakenerdpodcast.com hmm. thank you to everyone who listens i greatly appreciate you guys thank you to everyone who watches the live show and thank you to everyone who watches the rewind um we love every everyone here um thank you to jeremy Bellucci for our music well, i've heard 
I walked. All, he walked past me six times today. All the music you've heard here tonight, that's from him. All the music from our shows, that's also from him. Um, you can find him on Instagram at Jeremy Villucci Keyboards. He also does a podcast called Suburban Proctologist, which you can find on iTunes and, of course, Facebook at Suburban Proctologist Official. I got, a, I, I got a scoop that I'm not supposed to say. Oh, are you going to say it anyway? No, because it's not me to say it. It's not my place okay. to say it. <laughs> um, thank you to Mike Matola for our uh, logos. He did a couple logos for us and some collaborations over the years. We love that guy. Um, you can find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks, Grayson. Have a good night. Ben, Bye, Grayson. Before I get to yeah. the finale here. Yep. See you next week, Grayson. You the best. All right. Um, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All the Fickner Podcast. Fakenerguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find my writing for Screen Rant, Atomic Geekdom, where I do some Infinity Saga pieces, and uh, uh, media.com. I'm the editor. Ben? No, I'm going to let Sparks say that bit. You can find me hunting down all the socks merch I could possibly find, especially socks with socks on them, so I can wear my sock socks at Ben Magatoy on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, which my first ever art printed article in the magazine is here in issue to number 28. So, yeah, it's been a long time coming. They told me I was finally going to be published for them back in January. It finally happened. You can also find me getting published in fusion gaming magazine my latest article and then i'm going to be coming up in issue number 33 so if you subscribed issue 32 should have gotten to you now or at least will be that doesn't have one of mine in it we had to push it to 33 but 33 is coming 34 is also coming so yay and also i read for GoNintendo.com about two weeks ago i put up a thing about uh pokemon scarlet and violet so go ahead and check that out it should still be up on the on the front page of the blog sparks uh, you can find me going to infinity and beyond at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, SPRKZ Witty. Ryan. Hey, y'all. Uh, you can find me everywhere on the internet at DJ Tony Snark 616. Uh, I think I'm going to start streaming Final Fantasy VII Remake because I just really, I just, I'm so effing Jones in for that game. I want it. All right, guys. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Subscribe to this, like this video, subscribe to our channel. Until next time, you see us, guys. Stay fake, nerds.